0: People of Earth, how are you? Better Fasten Up It's going to be a bumpy ride.
1: Yo, this told a referee, you know what I mean? And I'm about to bring y'all some history. We got the best of both worlds, and I got the get-fresh crew.
2: Poop, poop. Hey, baby, wake up from your sleep. We have arrived onto the future, and the whole world is become...
0: Welcome back, one and all, to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm American sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics podcast, episode number 361.
3: 361, Eric, here we Still are. Still having fun. Still having fun, we are. <laughs> you, you asked me, you know, earlier before we started recording, when I'm finally going to catch up to the amount of episodes with the amount of professionalism. That I yeah. display, Eric. You do something
0: be- for like a hundred thousand hours, whatever, ten thousand. It is supposed to become
3: is. something. You're supposed to be like, you know, an expert on that. No, it'll never happen, Eric. Because I every treat, time's like the first I time. Every time, like the first time, because it's so special, so special to talk to you, Eric Shea, America's sweetheart. But we have a bunch of books tonight, so I don't want to lollygag. Too much as they say down at the rec center, but I do say that down at the rec they, center, they do all the time. They mean I it do. in a totally different way, though, Eric, and so do
0: you. As you they, better alley gag on this boy,
3: that's like when I hear that, oh, I no. think that you're eating like one of those really giant lollipops I that have all the swirls you know, those those are no. weird, like almost like you're, you're going around on the good ship lollipop with them things going on, right? You
1: got I like that. that ship on the good ship, hey
3: there, big boys. That's
1: said. good ship
0: lollipop is the like the stranger's van of the sea. That is actually of the sea. <laughs> you say, "R, <"Ar, laughs> get in me, good ship good lollipop. Good ship
3: lollipop. Do you have candy? No. You're like You're a little misleading with the ship there, pal. Yar. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. But yeah, we have six books tonight, plus a couple other sections, some mail. That is a lot, Eric. I think that this is going to be something of a... Maybe a shock to some new listeners, because I do believe this is going to be one of the longer uh, podcasts, not quite as long as we used to have. I ended up having a guy message me this week. And it's weird. The idea of, hey, I've been listening to all your shows started at the beginning. He's getting to what I like to call no man's land. Eric, you're getting to Uh where you go from six hour shows to eight. Now we're going to. twelve, And he actually said, is that true? The time of it, or is it, you know, something that went and was a snafu or something? I'm thinking, why didn't you just turn it on and you'll see here? I I don't know. And I said, no, no, that is real. And then he just said, thanks. I'm going to go listen now. I'm like, all right, I'm glad to help, Eric. I I like those sort of easy, easy deal. Now, one of the things, too, another person ended up getting a hold of me because at one point, I ended up taking out the the just-for-the-hell-of-its that turned into the necessary nonsense because we do that on the Patreon. And I didn't realize that we talked about them the show before and the show after, so he was real confused about where these things disappeared to, but I told him and whatnot. But let me tell everybody, not just that this will be a long show, but, you know, I know you go more with the thick show, but that's fine with you. You play things a little different. Uh, Yes, but you end up where you can go and follow us over at Twitter and talk to us and ask us, like, hey, is there really a 12-hour show? And I'll say yes, I will. He doesn't (laughs) stop talking about it, everybody. (laughs) Over at Twitter, we are at Weird Science DC. We also have a website where we have reviews for all of these. We don't skew things there, just the reviews, I think. The skewing comes later, I think, maybe. But you go over to the website, weirdsciencedccomics.com. You can read all the reviews for these books we're going to talk about, not even just by... Me and Eric, but a plethora of other Writers, writeists And then you can go to our Patreon Patreon.com slash weird science Where you can get a bunch of other shows It's not just supporting us for nothing We end up wanting it worth your while We have a bunch of shows, including each week Having a weekly DC Comics Spotlight This past week, picked by the badasses The Get Fresh Crew, Beep, Boop, Boop, Boop. Mr. Miracle, The Price of Freedom, number one And the Stargirl spring Bake Special One-Shot, and I'm going to tell you right now, Eric Shea unveiled that big brain of his during the Stargirl Spring Break special. I I did, Eric, and it was one of those things where I think that people would appreciate hearing that deep dive into the history of the Seven Soldiers and Stargirl as well, Eric. I thought you did a really good job. I want to commend you. you on that, right? That's <laughs> that's a little. You. We don't often compliment each other, Eric, but I think that it is special for me to bring up sometimes when you do a good job, okay? <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you next year. But we're here also then, the badass of the Get Fresh Cook that We did <clears throat> mention picking those books. I thought they did a good job with that, but that leads us to the badass roll call eric here we go i just want to mention i think that i'm on point this week already i think that that was one of the best intros that i've done so far didn't even fumble or stumble or anything right i'm not i'm not even going to talk too Pretty long sure here and run out of the spring deal. bake special well what? no that was not true that spring <laughs> bake that's some Everybody holiday that and act. listen <laughs> zach black josh murray from not a robot podcast ted probes I love punchline, Eric. Uh, We'd like to welcome I love punchline to the badass too. roll call. Went from five bucks up to the badass level. So thank you. Forrest Lolly, Optimus Prime, Cam, Joseph Wojcik, Matt Razor, Demon 3000, All New Dave, Lady Abby, Red, who we'll hear from later, Matches Balone, Niels Tior, David Fink, Joey Bear, Casco, Stephen Baum. Tony Walton, Jason Kobe, Sue 42 to you and me. Michael G, Ken Halleck, Comic Boom Rocky. Check out his YouTube channel. Seller Dweller, Mark Jaeger, Eric G, Aldrin, Stoja, Nick Adams, Bill Beer from the Abat Odd, Ruben, Carlos, Lone Wolf Marv, Luke Hollywood, Simon, Luis, Manship. Um, uh, Manship might be in the mail later. I have to decide huh. of his nonsense. Andrew Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Joshua Millen, don't need him from NYC. Why do those
0: people have to get, like, fast forwarded over that? Uh, uh, see, this is just the plan.
3: Uh, 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 uh. Anthony G, uh, 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 <laughs> Josh Familiar, uh, Dalton uh, Edom, uh, my men, keep from NYC, Sailor Moon, Mark, our men, Rob Lewis, B, Mirror, Brandy, uh, I Mary. Mean, see, don't change this uh, name here. Why would you do that? Double A, Ron. Uh, uh, there we go, Do You like that? Are you like dinner is, is, is there huh <laughs> i I was trying to get that sound but see all uh, everything i I shouldn't have jinxed Feels myself, like the but first time it is who sings that Eric
1: oh <laughs> my
3: <laughs> ah yes but yeah we have a bunch of stuff to talk about on this here show so we're not gonna delay any more with my nonsense even though I was gonna tell you about my fruity pebbles uh creamer that I have for my coffee which is Complete and utter nonsense, Eric. But with all of that, we're gonna go off and start the books. No It's yes, time for Jim and Eric's reviews here, and I'll just mention to everybody that if you want to read uh, some written reviews on these books, once again, go to weirdsciencedccomics.com for that. But here we are, Eric, with a section that seems a little classic. We've got Detective Comics and Action Comics together once like again it. for the first time. You don't like it. You know, you're not down with this. You switch back and
0: forth with that whole thing. Actually, comics and I don't like it both coming out the same week. Okay. Well, then I'm going to put Harley in this section now. we'll switch it around. It still around. comes now, out the same
3: week. We can pretend, can't we? Can't we pretend? No. That's what we do. We've, we we've already all talked about pretending it. Pretending <laughs> through life. Ah, yes. But we are going to start with detective comics. You know, something where we'll talk a little bit about in a bit uh, during the mail section the idea of the $25. You were list and you had said that this would be your Batman book on yes. the pull list deal. You know, I said that I'd have Batman with Tyne and Just it, it drives me nuts, but it seems like a lot of big things are going through that, and that's going to be kind of my whole thing by
0: the end. Yeah, of this every issue discussion. you're going to have a new character show up. So exactly, yeah, real big Eric, things. Who
3: knows? I, I'm a speculator, right? Here I am. I, I'm surprised that he hasn't come up with that villain.
4: Just speculate. <laughs>
3: That'd be pretty cool, right? Detective Comics no. number one thousand thirty-six, right? But you have the speculator who ends up seemingly thinking everybody he sees is like the greatest thing ever until it isn't, and then he drops them. That's why he's a villain, Eric. And then a- ends up, you know, jacking up the prices of things. Yeah, this is cool. I- I'm jacking going with prices that. of things. Yeah, that's what they do. They end up buying it all up, and then you have to go on eBay to buy so that thing. And it's like ten million dollars, people. He's trafficking, Eric. You know how it is. Detective Comics number 1036. Probably maybe eggs, bread, and, and milk, too. Oh, that, so, you know, we
0: got a storm coming tomorrow. I got you.
3: And that's his sidekick, the storm coming tomorrow. That, that's the, the whole. blizzard of uh, 95. <laughs> there you go. That would be Awesome. Detective Comics number 1036, written by Mariko Tamaki, with art by Dan Mora, Jordi Belair, and Adida Bidikar, and backup art by Clayton Henry, but also with Jordi Belair and Adita Bidikar in that as well. Mariko Tamaki continues her detective story with a, a little less detective work and a bunch of force plot advancements for Batman. And his new partner, Huntress, Eric, she's in here full out. A lot of the pieces don't add up well for me, but my overall problem with this book is trying to figure out what exactly is the main story going on. It's still a great looking book, but I wish that there was a little more focus, especially to do with Mayor Nakano and what looked like the big deal. And oh, yeah. Uh, the backup shows that Huntress might be the worst interrogator ever, and we'll get to that obviously by the end. But you Crosses start cross
0: crossbows; that's all she knows, baby. That is, she doesn't know
3: math. Is what she doesn't know, and it, it's odd. And I actually, even in, in my review, when we get to that part, you'll hear what we're talking about. But the idea, my, re- I thought because sometimes we'll get, you know, the idea that they switch things and stuff. No, no nothing got switched, and it was very odd. But still, you end up starting off this issue where we thought we had the zombie outbreak. Eric, you told me the zombie. Well, that's that no, no, not talking right? about
0: the zombie outbreak. When we ended the last issue of detective comics, we saw Sarah worth walking around the corner, looking like she's dead. Like, Oh my God, I need like to know what's happening in the next dead, issue. Right. It looks like the somebody walk- who came back from the dead. It doesn't have to be the walking dead, dead or the, the zombie apocalypse. The funny
3: is the last time you saw this her, is how it starts. Now. Well, yeah. Well, even with this idea that she came from the sewers, that's where she was before. Well, the the weird thing about this is is you really go right away with the idea, hey everybody, Sarah's body is in the Gotham Morgue at this point. I know that nobody's checking in on this, but you have to like it almost spoils the joke right away. And the joke is this is Lady Clayface. This isn't a zombie. This isn't Sarah Worth. Now Lydia who's coming home from maybe the gym, right? She sees, like, is that Sarah? I mean, really, the idea that you would think that is odd anyway, and it seems like the way she's coming up, I don't know. But you end up also seeing more of the sewage or mud and whatnot. But that makes sense if Sarah
0: did kind of... Appear from the I just sewers, know where but Lydia is walking down, looking at this person who looks just like her, na- like you know, used to be neighbor and friend Sarah. Yeah, she's dead, but it's, that's why it's so strange. Lydia is so put off because it looks like not only is her friend still alive, but disheveled looking. But Bruce Wayne is trying to hide her away into his house. Well,
3: that is weird. But sh- look how fu- what what she's Superman with this vision. She's looking all the way down. If she recognizes, maybe the outfit. But when Bruce goes in, you can only assume that the the transformation didn't completely happen. Now, as a cliffhanger, it just looked like Sarah as a zombie. But by the time he gets her into the room, she just looks like she's just covered in mud and gook or whatever. I don't know how Lydia lady clayface. I I almost go with the idea of how they say, how could Superman... Get away with glasses as a disguise and it's that you would never think that superman's there next to you i don't know how much i think zombie sarah worth has returned now with that you do go a little more of a step with it to say well i saw bruce grab what looked like a woman and bring him into the house or whatever but she does kind of jump to a conclusion here or whatnot she's like oh my god hey what the f sarah bruce bruce he grabs her and pulls her in uh, and you see right away, something's not right, right? I mean, after two that panels, she's lady Clay- Clayface? something is that late. But he doesn't know that right away either. He's trying to figure it out. Is this Clayface? Well, no. Well, Clayface ended up leaving during the Gotham night. So what could this be? And it is Lady Clayface from that same detective run there. Uh, seemingly that at one point she then went to She Arkham was in that detective run? Yeah, yeah. You ended up having, she was part of the first victim's uh, squad. At that was point, I thought, yeah, that was,
0: yeah. I thought that was I thought that was like the Mudface. No,
3: that was. But I think, uh, well, I guess maybe. I was thinking that they were just going with Lady the Clayface, same deal. I think the last
0: time we saw was in the Gotham City. It's Monsters. a weird deal because I wish that they ended up a differentiating.
3: Because Lady Clayface was completely with, different than yeah, Mudface, was who was a victim of Basil Carvels. Because it seemed as if they might have been going that route, but yeah, it is Lady Clayface. She was Clayface, transformed so by right. Cobra. Well, here's the problem with Lady Clayface. Here is, I mean, at one point, you know, Bruce pretty much looks like he puts her in a duffel bag, which he, he does. does. And, <laughs> yeah, so it's gross. so weird
0: and so. This <laughs> Just imagine Lydia- though, this whole thing. Even when Lydia calls the cops, talking about Bruce Wayne has pulled some woman who may be Sarah Worth into his house, or maybe house. a bunch of clay. And mm. the thing is, I don't know how much she's telling the cops. It's the idea. Look, I got Bruce Wayne. He's holding a woman hostage. Get down here quick. The idea that the police are going to go in. get you know, hey, Mr. Wayne. Hey, can we have a look? We got a, you know, call a disturbance going on here. Just Imagine walking around if they did have the wherewithal just to open that double bag, they don't they have couldn't the right to really, do it. But, they, no, no, but they don't have the they right did, to yet, but just to see that hideous monstrosity a hideous of a freaking that, face
3: of mud right
0: there. Would but be, if they
3: it's did, a that, movie. if they did that, you know, you would probably be able to you'd still to have my questions lawyers. about Bruce, but <laughs> the idea that they'd be like, oh my god, this is a little bit, but again. They know that it can't be Sarah. Sarah, they she, Mariko got you don't says, know nothing. Sarah's body's in the Gotham morgue. So we're being told that through the narration or whatnot. Not that's Bruce saying it, but we, we had go bodies
0: getting out of the morgue during night of the monster. Well, Madden, and becoming giant baby
3: What I was waiting for is the idea that they call and say, can you verify the body, whatever? And they're like, no, she's missing. And it could even be Mr. Worth going to get his daughter to bring her back. You know, sometimes dead is better, but you don't really go that far. They're looking around. Now, the thing I have a problem with is Lydia, who is just there yapping and a yipping in the background. You know, the police go up. Hey, Mr. Wayne, yapping is the, and a yipping. <laughs> Gotham City Police. Lord, don't you go in when somebody's like, she's just, yelling. please, ma'am, can you just step back? We, we can't have you here doing this. She just walks in with them and starts investigating. She is on the case. She's in another room, and I they're not telling her to leave. a
0: Lydia character, yes, yeah, there's so no ridiculous. way they let She's her in, in like this. There's no way. But you, you see no it all way. the time in different TV and movies, like this, especially when you have a character like Lydia who's pushing aside to get into this whole thing because she knows that something's going on. I needed a Lydia to stay lo- around in this detective comic series because I wanted her to be the nosy neighbor that Bruce always had but to that's watch the problem. out for. That's
3: fun. I'd like that, but it it is that Lydia is. Just the here,
0: well, start.
3: She's dead. Lydia saying, is and the this idea. Would be the I oh, know that's yeah. the oh, so yeah, yeah. I want her stick Only here to force a narrative. A lot of things happen in this book, this issue, just to force things in a direction that I think Mariko Tamaki has no other way to go. Because you have already, there's no evidence or whatnot with Sarah because they had already concreted it up. So how is Bruce going to get any connections? And I think that that was. To show that somebody's there behind the scenes trying to cover their tracks, obviously, even though it it kind of is a weird deal. But also then, what does Batman do? There's no evidence anymore. So what it is, is as a deliverer of evidence, is Lady Clayface, who just ends up saying to Bruce and Huntress, Neil, I mean, there's no other connection. Batman would have been done. There's no way that he could have connected this. Well, Lady Clayface just says, Neil, what they wanted her to kneel? No, no, that's a friend of hers. Neil, boom, boom, boom. Let's go get Neil. But even before that, you have the di- a nice thing. Lady Clayface, not nice, but Lady Clayface is in Arkham. Yeah, they did. Why is she so, in Arkham? Tying that in, she said that she was there for some sort of like no, no, I'm sure no scam or whatnot. No, that a, doesn't a mean Arkham, right? A
0: conspiracy right? charge. The thing is, she is a monster. I, I don't see her being out of her mind. Yeah, right now she is a little bit out of her mind because the whatever the Joker, Joker poison that went through Arkham had affected her molecular structure, stuff like that. So she can't maintain her shape and she has some kind of weird amnesia about what happened before. That's how she wound up in the sewer trying to escape Arkham, which, which I, I like I, all I, that stuff. I don't like it because
3: she can't t- – she says, if I could have turned into myself, I would have. But something – with and even Batman, her molecular construction, it was changed. Her DNA must have been changed by that Altered gas. composition, But – but then she can change. Why can't she change herself if she can change into Sarah? She sees Sarah and turns into Sarah. How? Why? Because she couldn't turn into herself. She was just goo. Sees her. It's only to make the last issues cliffhanger to go into this for Lydia to get. nothing really jives in my mind fully with the what they're saying. The idea, oh, I couldn't turn into anything except Sarah who was being murdered. I could, See, you know, I'm fine it, with
0: all that. I just want to know why she's an Arkham on a conspiracy charge. Well, again. Like
3: I said, that's the way that you have to tie the A-Day. I think that a lot of this is forced. And I I do
0: think it's Tying forced. Tying A-Day is fine, but I just need to know why she is there. Like, if you tell me that she is in an asylum for a good reason. If you tell me that Mariko
3: Tamaki has thought out anything beyond the idea that she needed her to be in A-Day so that she could get gassed and then turn into Sarah Worth, I'll tell you you're crazy because I don't think there's any step past that. There's no other level of thinking. This is just to have a dupe of a cliffhanger to get to this and then have Lydia think that she grabs Sarah and pulled her in her apartment. Uh, because even like I said, everything is revealed right away. Oh, my God, Lady Clayface. Then Lady Clayface says, Neil, oh, my God, Neil, this is all just right in a row without any detective work whatsoever. And that's what gets me in this, where you're setting up a mystery about, oh, my God, these girls are getting killed. And then she might be a zombie. And all it comes down to, it was Lady Clayface, who then gives the clue for them to go to the next step. And with all of that, you even have other crazy things in this where the penguin sends out his guys, his goons. The penguin said to look for something suspicious. That's all he's told these guys. So weird. Was he busy getting busy with the penguin and needed some time? Eric, is that I don't know
0: what why happened? why you have to think the penguin fucks penguins.
3: Because that sounds like something like a you know a boyfriend and a girlfriend do, or a, you know a mom and a dad. Like, hey, go to the movies or something. They're walking around Gotham with bats. I'll mention too, with masks on, just walking around looking for something suspicious. And that suspicious thing finds them. But it only is the exact thing that you need to continue with the story.
0: A it's crazy guy comes out. part of the out. story in my mind. Like, I'm I just, okay with Lady Clayface because I like the character and the idea of connecting her to Arkham is fine. I don't mind even that. Even the idea that, hey, we have a witness because that's enough detective work for me where somebody saw something that went down. Yeah, but
3: they don't even really know that just like, you know, please, please. Everything that goes with that is them saying it, not, not Lady Clayface. Oh, she must have seen Sarah. That's why she looks like Sarah. And then she just says, Neil. Up, oh, that must be Neil. That that's not enough for me. And also, again, just for one last time, how could she turn into exactly Sarah's doppelganger? But it's they say she couldn't turn into her own self. Because well, because she couldn't see herself. Well, she doesn't need to see it. It's saying that it was her <laughs> DNA was changed that she couldn't do it, and say she was blind. And, and so you have all that, but you have these guys. Okay, let's look for something. They even think it's ridiculous. What the hell does that mean? Oh, I don't know. That lamp post that looks suspicious. And then a the guy just comes out of nowhere. Ah, starts ah. Yeah, and, and attacks him with a knife. A knife fight's
0: going on, and you end and up. That, ha- that's the whole thing where we we've seen people throughout this arc where they have like you know these headaches. Like Neil, he was acting weird. The violence and stuff like that. Even you know Nakano's assistant and stuff seemed like he knew more than he was saying about what's going on. Even with Neil and stuff, where we have this whole thing where. These people have these weird eye worms going on, almost like a fungal like infection of the eye with this pink stuff going out that's causing the, like their brains to act weird. I'm like, this is such a weird little side that we're not dealing with, but I don't know what it's a part of overall.
3: Uh, well, it seems like that's going to be like the disease that caused the, it. Seems like Neil might have killed
0: all these went, but it's not necessarily his fault. I, I don't know. But like, Neo seemed like he was affected by this whole thing. But, like, who started that infection? I don't know. Maybe this dude.
3: I don't know. He looks like some, like, 1890s prospector. This guy comes out, right? No, nah, he, he's he comes a hipster. Out. This is what yeah, the look I is. I don't know. I don't know. It looks really good. Get but, with it, Jim. So, since Penguin said the look for head, something. Shave to, your
0: head and have a curly
3: mustache and a long beard. This idea, though. The Penguin sent us out. Me and you are the guys. Hey, Go out and look for something suspicious. I, I do uh, love those penguin ski right. masks. Yeah, those are okay. But he, they go out. A guy attacks them. They bring them back. They don't say, hey, was this what you meant? They just said, hey, uh, Penguin, this guy attacked us. And then says his he's wallet, a his wallet. <laughs> his wallet has suspicious. a Gotham savings card. Maybe he's a straight or he was. I don't even know what that line means. Maybe you can inform me what that means there. I have no idea what they're talking a straight, about. What, what's a straight? I go, what? What's going on? And then they're like, yeah, we're going to kill him, but we thought you'd want to look at him here before. If I'm the penguin, I'm like, what the hell are you bringing me here? Like, take a picture.
0: I don't need so, this fungal you, deal here. When you when you have the Penguins guys in their, like, Penguin ski masks, like this, like they used to be, like, in Batman 66, which I really enjoy that. But you think anybody on the streets get upset like, oh, my God, it's the Bane Letos? <laughs> might be. Like, do you think they could? love this. Yeah, really? I, 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 oh, I, I love this look, but, like, whenever I first see it because of what's really dealt with with Bane and stuff in the past, and we don't normally have that with Penguin hood, like, goons, whenever I see it, I'm like, oh, no, it's the Bane Letos. So what you're telling me is that –
3: penguin oswald he needed to have some time i won't even go into why i think Eric, but he ends up like hey go look for something suspicious and they're like i don't know what that means he goes by the way put on these bane leto masks he hopes a drive-by comes you know he just wants
0: these guys done but there's not <laughs> there's even a penguin mask what? it's just whenever and i look at him i see bane immediately and I then know. i realize oh what is it? it's a penguin the, mask?
3: but also you're throwing masks out and about when this book really was going with the nakano no mask stuff and but with all this going on, why do you set it up as he wants us to look for something suspicious? Why couldn't you have just had Penguin say there's word on the street that people are acting bazonkers? And I want to know why. They go out. They're looking around for some people. This guy comes out. Hey, this must be what he's bring him back. But something suspicious might be the most craziest setup for them just to find a guy to have something that will push the narrative forward. Because Penguins like, oh, what is it? Oh, man. That looks screwed up Only so that we can know that this is happening Around Gotham because we go right To Neil then who is on a rooftop Batman ends up Pretty well, that's much one of going, the things
0: as well, though. But the idea that we don't know what Penguin's up to, but with him being in high society as he is with the cobblepot pot money and stuff, maybe Mister, like he is friends with Mister Worth and stuff. And the idea of Sarah and that, like the upper echelon of Gotham society is going down. He's on the case right now. He's doing his civic duty as a but Gothamite. You have to set up more than go look for something suspicious. You well, he doesn't get know these what's going
3: guys. on. Well, I'm saying then he just thinks something's weird. You go walk around Gotham and tell me if you see anything weird. Unfortunately. Gotham has a lot of weird shit going she down does. most of the time. So these guys are probably the biggest Now we got big worms. Yeah, really. He's like, I don't know. I saw the Riddler there. He's making some crossword He's doing building. some meth. <laughs> he's messing it up. I saw this one. He said he'd blow it- me for a head. I'm like, <laughs> Edward, get back yeah, on the like really, man. Get yeah, out of here. He's been doing it that much. I saw a truck go by, a pickup. It looked like it had poison ivy and a big giant freaking glass container. Uh, but it's just a, everything seems worse to me. And so you end up where, again, not even looking into it, you end up having Batman say, Neil, no, that doesn't mean he needed the money. Eric, they they meant that, where's Bob? They meant that, oh, that Neil, I know that Sarah knew a Neil. I'm going to go right here. Boop, boop, boop. I got my app. Oh, I'm trailing. He's on a rooftop. Let's go. In my mind, you think into this. Also, right away, you should spell out, Neil, wait a minute. That's part of Nakano's, guys. Okay, well, let's see what this means, whatever. But it's just, oh, she has a friend named Neil. Okay, I have a a cell phone tracker. Let's go. And they go and find him as he dies with worms in his eyes. And you end up, oh my God! No, that's dead. the thing is
0: too, when you have this on top of the roof, and Huntress and Batman show up because Huntress is going after Batman, kind of hangs out and partners up because with uh, the woman that died in the last issue of Detective Comics that she was friends with, he she was on the hunt for like you know Batman to see if he had anything to do with any of these murders or knew anything about it because the, he, she heard that like the police uh, like uh, called Mary Knox was the Bruce, lady's yeah, name, yeah, but like yep. they go on the police uh, track kind of thing talking about Bruce Wayne may have abducted a woman, so there was something like that, so she's on the hunt now, so she's teaming up with Batman, but when they get on that roof with Neil together, which is a cool dynamic duo you don't get very often with uh, Hunters and Batman, but it's his eyes, stay back, I understand everybody in the Penguin's gang is infected now yeah. because they didn't this stay is why back. I
3: thought that Penguin should have been like, get that the hell away from me! What is this? Well, she even says in this, again there's just little things, it's the subtle things, Eric, right? It's the royale with cheese here, of the idea that she says I was trailing you, Batman, because my friend, Mary Knox, she ended up getting violently murdered, and there's been a bunch of violent murders. And I knew you had taken over the tunnels, so I wanted to see if it was you. Maybe you were duped or whatever. The problem is Mary, unlike Sarah, was not murdered in the tunnels. They say it even the next deal. She was married or murdered in an alleyway. Again, everything seems forced into this narrative that I think that Mariko Tamaki needs to think things through a little more, like you said about... Lady Clayface. Maybe you could have even had a little thing. Well, the one prison overcrowded, she was just transferred there. She was doing I mean I know that you don't need it, but some of these things just feel forced just to get to that one conclusion, that one space, because even here, there's old Neil. He ends up, he's got the eye worms, he's all upset, he's dead. And oh my God, his hands are covered with blood, not his I don't even know at that point. They haven't even gotten near, and I wouldn't. And they even say, stay away. You might be infected, whatever. But right away, not his. Okay, let's see some detective work. Not just jumping to conclusions, even though it is Batman. I don't want to rely on, well, it's Batman. Well, then the whole deal to set up that beginning, the police have already been called to Bruce Wayne's residence, and you ended up having this Lydia going nuts. (laughs) She was doing her own investigating and stuff like that. And at the end, you find that you know she's dead. She's laying on the street dead. At one point, you know, it looked like maybe this was Neil. Neil ended up being that's the blood that yab on the hands and stuff like that. You would assume the way that the progression went. Um, but with that, they're seemingly going to blame bruce like oh my god oh, yeah. says oh. like he's suspicion. gonna be the
0: friggin first suspect going yeah, here and i again, actually really think that
3: idea the, the only good idea of that in my mind is it's hard for him to get an alibi when you're going around as batman exactly uh but there's also a cigarette laying there i didn't see her ever smoking no, no, that, so that's, that might have that's been a the deal. that's
0: the journalist who ran up to her
3: oh really uh, i guess she just threw it in the blood so what she just did was taint the crime scene yes. so that's that's really nice of her that's that's cool but uh i think she'll be all right e- even with that though uh again you started off this issue as oh my god bruce wayne's going to be in trouble by the law oh it's lady clayface and there's no evidence they leave oh no at the end it's going to look like bruce wayne killed this lydia
0: and so again, just, it it does put a like a spotlight on Bruce Wayne. It's gonna make a lot of his activities and movements gonna be hard to do. I just wanted Lydia to be doing that in the long run of the I, I comic series. I just
3: believe that now her ghost is doing it from beyond the grave. I just think that it's as easy as going and getting the blood sample off of old Neil's hands. And and where I thought that that might have been interesting, we're not doing this connection, which I think we already should have been doing, is the idea that this is one of Nikano's big guys. And so what's going on, especially with Mr. Worth. Bearing down on him like you better do this Somebody obviously put the the whole concrete in, but it's looking like Mr. Worth thinks Nakano is involved with that. Then you find that one of his main henchmen has this Lydia's blood on it. You know, what's going on with this? mayor doesn't have henchmen. That. He has assistants. Neil th- is a henchman. This guy is, a, but even then, remember, we thought that we were going to get the deal. Okay. Let's see. The connection is, is Neil working with Simon Saint? Like Simon Saint's completely pushed the now with this. And Nakano was just kind of there to get yelled at by Mr. Worth. Have you read the solicits? He's going to take things in his own hands or whatnot. Uh, but overall, I just don't have It's getting like a let now. There's more going on than say when Mariko Tamaki did the Wonder Woman stuff, but it's already starting to drift away from what was set up at first to get to something else and not really filling in the blanks between in my mind. So it's, I just need more focus. I need some more focus on what they're doing. And I want a little more detective work, not just, you know, Lady Clayface out of nowhere, showing up at Bruce Wayne's doorstep and saying, Oh my God, you know, it was Neil. Uh, We do go to this backup though. It's the Huntress deal where she's trying to figure out who killed Mary killed Mary Knox. And it is leading to this ex-boyfriend who beat her and again you're going to start off this it's very hard to defend a somebody who beats up anybody but let alone a girlfriend and causes her to be an agoraphobic because of all this but this is what huntress is getting towards okay we're going to look ends up mentioning me and you talk before that oh my god this has already been determined the cold case it's been yeah. probably four days since they found the body. That, that's a little too. But you're you're setting well, up the I, idea. I
0: like I have no idea what the time frame of any of this, is, especially when you get to the interrogation. Like, where were you six days ago? Two days ago? <laughs> so, I'm like, how long is she Police
3: force who ends up. I mean, there's a, another problem now. It's got them, so you can look at it being okay. It's corrupt. Something going on because a cold case after four days of a murder, a murder case that six goes cold days. in four days. No, I'm telling you, she says. At the point she's been dead five days, she wanted to know what went on. As she got, but they probably didn't find the body until the fourth day. Uh, uh, even then, there, there's a number of mishap. There it says she's only been dead five days, but with that, y- you can't think that a murder case without them ever even interviewing what should be the prime. It's nonsense, but it's just pushed so hunters can do it. I wish that it was just said. There's so many screwed up murders and. Everybody, for some reason, is centering on Sarah Worth. We set this up that I have to jump in and do this. But even so, Huntress, what is her plan by the end? Because it's to kill whoever did this, because she's not going to really the cold case and stuff. And then her just breaking into places and shooting people with bolts and then interrogating. It's not going to hold up. But she goes to this guy. And yeah, I found this. There was these reports. I know what it's like to you know, have problems. I'm always ready. She goes into this guy's apartment and waits. He shows up. She starts shooting him with bolts. He pulls a gun and then ends up pretty much making him sit there on that chair with two bolts through his shoulders. And she says, there's not much you? For him to do.
0: He's got a pin yeah. to the chair.
3: Where were you six nights ago? None of your effing business. And she's like, well, you killed my friend. It is my business. And he goes, what, two nights ago? Uh, Why doesn't she say no? I mean, this doesn't make sense. It's just a, a snafu here. This is just from one panel to the next, though. It's very bizarre to have that big of a problem of where were you six nights ago? Where was I two nights ago? What? Last night I was doing this. And by the way, tomorrow, like, what did they go? Oh, I was flying back from Vegas. Tickets over there. And says Knox paid for it. Not that it matters now. And he says that she gave him the credit card to use. We're, I don't know that we'll ever be able to prove that that's true or not, whatnot, but also so, the that's fact the thing that she didn't start out to like
0: He has three credit cards in her name, though?
3: But, but again, he says that she gave him, and that's the thing, too. She never said she didn't. She never said, I didn't give him the credit cards. I didn't do this. This is just the word. Now, the big thing is he used them after she was dead, but it's only – a couple of days and he was in Vegas. He, he, I don't think you'll ever be able to prove that though. Again, by the end, I think that Oracle is going to do a little creative accounting and, yeah. and get this guy. Plus may look into it and see that this, this guy seems like a piece of crap. So you'll probably be able to find anything. And again, but in I don't the know end that, that this,
0: he, she gave that to him. This whole thing, he could have taken out the credit cards in her name and racked up the, 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 uh, the, the amount. The, I can't think of what the word is, <laughs> the amount on the cards. Well,
3: that's the thing though, is that he ends up saying, uh, you're going to have to prove that though you get and he says she paid for it and it even seems to think like huntress kind of pushes like you forced that but whatever it goes on but the whole idea is this guy didn't kill her he, yes. he didn't kill her but you almost he's get just that he's just a piece idea. of crap
0: but he's not a murderer huntress
3: goes with the idea of like a, you know hey i'm going to hit my kid i don't know why I went that far but I mean, what yeah, <laughs> you ended up Eating my burger, you jerk kid. No, I didn't. Why did you? Oh, that's for all the other things I didn't. Like, that's all it ends up. It ends up with this vigilante going with, well, you're still a piece of crap, but things I don't know about. So I'm going to shoot you and root and toot and whatever. And then at the end just goes, well, it
0: wasn't him. So I guess I'll keep looking into it. And oh, the no. Pro- the way that she reacted, the whole thing, he was going to pull a gun on her. He, she shot him to put him down and stuff like that. And she should have beat the crap out of him more just because he was terrible to somebody that she he liked, whether that, he killed but, her or not.
3: But with that, she just met this woman and only knew her for a little. Plus, if I'm standing with a crossbow in your, you know, a crossbow in your apartment when you come home, you might react like this. I mean, he does. The whole thing is, this is what I'm saying. He's I'm just going to He's a piece of crap, so it's hard to defend him. But in a reality here, she just went, shot this guy, whatever, tried, and then just says, oh, oopsie-daisy, it wasn't you. I'm going to check in to see who it really was. Plus, and I'm going to make you life a living on. hell,
0: Oracle. Freaking check in are like, you know, credit fraud.
3: And that's fine. If he ended up doing this, I'm saying not even just this. You know, Mary Knox's credit card, but maybe he's involved in some stuff that, okay, that's something that you can look into, whatever. Uh, and that's on him. I'm just saying that he didn't murder uh, the woman. Now we just wasted a whole deal with this just so that Mariko Tamaki can say, look, uh, he, ha- he got his comeuppance here. And you have uh, – the problem is I believe of what I've seen, we're done with the Huntress backups. I think this just kind of goes from here. I think that this is kind of the end. And it'll probably – Go more of Bruce looking, and we'll find out Neil did it when he had the the brain
0: worms. Uh, because we end up not starting that crazy up. homeless guy that attacked a Penguin, like you know. Goons. No,
3: I don't think that, and it, maybe it was. And if that's it, then that's even straight. more forced, right? He is a straight. I thought so myself. Me, I'm a royal flush though. And the mission continues. It's, I, I just thought that there was a lot of nonsense in this. Where you're you're still at the point in my mind, we're still setting up the story. It already seems like she's running into some brick walls that she has to push forward in very forced ways to show us things and go. But overall, I, I thought that this book was, you know, something going on, not just Sarah Worth's murder that then seems to be involved with eye worm fungus and things like that. I thought this was more magistrate stuff and, and the inner workings of Nakano and seeing how he's been duped, even though he doesn't realize to kind of push towards the idea of needing the magistrate. And now we go off for this. Mr. Worth is going to go and start his own vigilante club and go after Batman. So I just, I think that this book needs a bit more focus. It's becoming, it's, it is still that like street level deal that I don't mind, but it's feeling Less the and less burbs. the big book of it. And it just it just annoys me. Uh, but I'm gonna give it a six out of ten overall. I think that the art is good. Coming up, we actually even have a change of art. Dan Mora, with this book seemingly going twice a month. I guess he can't keep up, but we got Begdanovich okay. uh jumping on, which, you know, I'm not a big fan of his personally, but he'll get a little Greg capullo no, looking right. art there in the in the Batman deal. So uh but yeah, what would you give it?
0: I didn't give it a 6.9 out of 10. This was a little bit of a down issue, especially because of the uh, the hunches back up with the dates that don't make any damn sense at all. Like, I, we have to go through that whole thing though for the Huntress deal. She's going to go after the first person that it, you know, it could be in her mind, the first, uh, the primary suspect. So we got to go through that. We got to see that he's not the lead and then we have to move on. So I understand that. I just wish they could get their damn day straight. Stuff with Lady Clayface. I like that as well because I like the character. It's just, I don't know why she'd be in Arkham, but seeing that other characters involved in Arkham were able to make it out of there during the assault on A Day and stuff like that. I like to know that's going on. I just hope that we get back and like this whole eyeworm worm thing that this has become come uh, you know, comes wraps around and makes a little bit more sense by the end.
3: Yeah, and uh yeah, just the deal though with it, yeah, I want I just want more focus and things like that. I'm going through, I'm telling you, just this idea of Go look for something suspicious in Gotham. Yeah, it's weird. A very odd way to force a progression of, oh, my God, I saw... And even with that, you get the eyeworms, and you might be completely right. Maybe you need something to show that these girls... Because they even... I thought it was a serial killer. I didn't know what what. But then just to then have it, like, you don't even wait any longer than one page where this guy has eyeworms. Now we're going to get the whole eyeworms of Neil. That's what he... And, you know, all that sort of thing. In the meantime, you do see that other... You know, I say henchman, Eric, for the mayor. You see that other guy that we didn't trust right away either, that we think that maybe he's, you know, a little more nefarious as well. But, oh, I don't trust him. Yeah, no. You, who would, Eric? Who would? And and how does he not have eye worms? But we're going to go to the next book, and what is that,
0: Eric? Action Comics number 1031, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, Becky Cloonan, and Michael W. Conrad, with art by Daniel Sampier, Adriana Lucas, Dave Sharp, Michael Avon Oming, and Taki Soma. Superman is trying to uncover the mystery of who these world, war world refugees are. And while the mystery deepens when a piece of source wall shows up in their possession, our Man of Steel seems to be struggling to find out if these people are Kryptonian, while well, Supergirl and Superboy have moved past that immediately and don't give a crap about it anymore. All that and a midnighter backup too. Yeah, midnighter backup. Oh my! <laughs> I just love this whole idea, though, where the Superman is really plagued with the idea. Like these refugees showed up and they were saying an ancient Kryptonian prayer. Could these be more Kryptonian people who are like you know imprisoned by Mongo all these years? He goes off. He's doing different stuff with Aquaman for whatever reason, because that doesn't make sense to me. But Superboy. Is- now we ran one test, these ain't cryptodians. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they're All right. they're on the ball. Eric. I mean they're they're some. And detesting. even John is like my goddamn dad's getting duped by a Mongol again. What is he? He's idiot. like, I'm not letting this
3: happen. I'm going up. And they're like, isn't that a little un-John-esque? No, no, no. That's smart guy-esque is what's going on there.
0: That is the biggest problem with this book. While well, I think it's doing it better right now, we have two Philip K- Kennedy Johnson Superman books in Superman and Action Comics. And both of these stories have to do with the villain duping Superman for past sins. Now,
3: I- I'll tell you, I like this story better than what so we what? got with the Shadow Breed. And I almost yeah. wish that if all things said and done, that we didn't have you're that the same story. Kind of story though, you know right? I mean? I wish that we didn't have that other story because that story really feels like you are treading water until John can become Superman when Tom Taylor jumps in, even if it wasn't going to be Tom Taylor right away. But the idea that that story seems to be the throwaway, this story's better, but it comes afterwards. So you go by your first impression of, Man, this kind of seems the same In in a weird way And you go in Because I do like this story better I do like some of the things Now, Some of the things kind of you know kind of go aside, but the idea that these you know refugees they they, they're chained up. Let's get the chains off, and they freak out. They need those. We're gonna break the
0: and that's the thing, and that is just such this weird idea where they need to have their chains on because they are these slaves of Warworld, and this is how they live. The chains come off, they are going to be tortured, possibly killed. This is their livelihood of how they stay alive. And so, when we later on in the Future State book, when we saw you know Superman briefly in that Superman Warworld series. When he says, "I'm gonna break your chains," and it became this big revolutionary thing for him, this is the like the uh, like the beginning of that whole thing. But it's like because that we can see these connections, it feels a little forced to me to see idea There's about some force these chains.
3: I like that idea because. The the thing that we got in future state, I'm going to break these chains, that ends up feeling very, you know, surface level, very generic of the idea where we don't know why, what or how. And this actually intrigues me of the idea of why don't they want is it going to be because they think that Mongols going to see them and they're in trouble, whatnot. Oh, and no. you almost get that that goes up a level in my mind, thinking of the idea, because even when there is, you know, slavery and, and things like that. There are people that are just afraid to try to break the chains because they'll end up I tried before and I got beat. I I tried that and they killed this person or whatever. So I like that, but I'm still afraid we're not going to get that, you know, more than that from Superman where Superman finds out he's trying to save people that don't necessarily understand that they want to be saved. They they only know this life or what. I don't know if it's going to keep going with that, but the thing that bothers me in this and some of the part Is the idea that they're being branded With the House of Bell. They're, they're getting the Superman symbol Branded on them And it almost seems like You're getting a disconnect with all this With everybody involved That's never ever even met Superman That he's this myth that they And oh I'm going to show him And I'm going to make him do this It just seemed like a little well, bit Well, it's one of those much. things
0: where Superman should be known, especially if in a world that everything matters. Because even when we saw like Superman being the gladiator, it's like that was an old Superman story of Superman in War World and you know being the gladiator. So if everything matters, they might still talk about Superman being this gladiator. He broke the chains back then, everybody. He might do it again. <laughs> it's almost like you know, Mongol and the war soon, Eric.
3: And this is something that we ended up talking to Philip Kennedy Johnson on uh, Twitter. That we ended up saying, you know, this whole war zone thing, as it was before, the war ended up creating war world, but then their race was and Mongol state. took it over. Mongol ended up finding out not about this war world. Not a war zone found out about it, then had to go and fight Superman, and already had fought Martian Manhunter, and couldn't get this, got a key to pretty much yeah. room, right? He started it Comics off. Presents, yeah. So it was pretty cool with that. And in my mind, this is where my head swirls around in the idea of everything matters. I do like to think that the sexiest self matters the real big stories the stories that are real important those are the ones that should be first in line to the everything matters but because Brian Michael Bendis, which we still think made a mistake and just said that Mongol was a war zone, we are completely using this everything matters understand the
0: source material no, I
3: said it was a glitch that ended up becoming a feature that is a thing that happens in computer with all this stuff where oh my god well now it's a feature because he's going to go with it and you do see setups of this. Philip Kennedy Johnson said the idea of this being different and Mongol being a war zone now and this whole war world thing, is going to find out that he didn't understand the history. But you're also pushing aside, it seems, as any sort of past history with Superman and Mon- even though Superman knows everything about it. it just it, it throws me off when you're doing all of this. But the visual of them branding, especially branding the guy I'm like, it's Smallville going on and up And this bitch, he's like branding the chest And stuff, that's a cool Visual, it's a cool thing to Almost make it so that what he's doing is Torturing them in the way of This is why you're being tortured so when Superman Shows up, oh my god, that's the thing that we Hate or what not but I don't know that and that's is the case, right? And it's also going to get
0: Superman's attention no matter what to go back to War World. Because like we saw in the last issue, there was that mysterious figure that killed all of Mongo's kids and said, look, there's something you don't know about this thing. And in order to have that work out, this Superman character is the only one who's going to be able to freaking figure it out for you. So Mongol needs Superman to come back. That hooded figure
3: is the thing that seems to push that story forward of you're actually a war zone, War World isn't what you think or remember, whatnot. But the idea, if everything matters, I could just see Mongol. And he has a bunch of guys sitting there. Remember, they have to bow and come in. One guy's a bunch just, of war suits. Like, The one guy just says... Hey, uh, Mongo, I don't know if you remember this, but anytime Superman comes to Warworld, it doesn't Shit, work it's out. Real. Why are you making billboards out of these people to come Just to Warworld? Just the War idea, World? too,
0: that the last time we saw Mongo in Bendis' run, even like, you know, when he was going to attack Earth with Warworld, Superman destroyed Warworld, and that's when we saw it again. Yeah. Like, man, they built a new one fast. And that's
3: the thing, Mark. It's such a weird idea to, hey, and like I said, I tweeted to phil kenny johnson i'll give him full credit he explained himself he got back to me yeah. I, that's awesome uh and he said well bendis kind of made it canon i'm like mm, here we go uh but the idea no, well why it's if, called a mistake why isn't a canon, canon that he blew up and destroyed war world like well, where did that canon go that canon is a dud. well Eric.
0: thankfully because bendis established the war zones where the mongols race they could just they make them just all,
3: they had new ones yeah they could just make new ones i mean they this, got a bunch of death stars on you, model this year didn't anybody learn from return of the jedi <laughs> I mean, really, you don't make another one. Make something better. These things keep getting blown up. Oh, my goodness gracious. But this issue, like I said, I like some of the things. But overall, it was like one of those where it's almost more shock and awe or pomp and circumstance with it. There's not a lot of progression. Going on here, yeah. You add the Atlanteans, where you end up having Superman, and this book again solicits. It's going to deal a lot so with them.
0: Weird. Well, yeah, we saw before, and like I forget, I don't know if it was a future kind of deal of seeing what was going to happen. The idea that Warworld was going to attack Atlantis and stuff like that. So that seemed really interesting to me. But when you have the idea that Superman came across a bunch of refugees that were coming down spaceships, being chased by war zones and a bunch of other refugees actually crashed right in the water, so Atlantis had to go and like you know box them up, put them in like an air cube and stuff like that to keep them like pseudo kind of prison. Or just to make sure they don't hurt anybody or themselves. Superman shows up, and the thing that bothers me, though, is that for whatever reason now, Atlantis, the people that are in charge here bringing Superman, like, we have Aquaman, Merc, and Volko. I'm like, I don't know why anybody would think that they're still in charge of Atlantis after everything we went with it during the Aquaman series. Even
3: the idea of when Aquaman is step aside and go, who invited Merc here? This guy killed me. He's going after... also. Just at the beginning, I, I, it threw me off a bit, uh, maybe because of this stuff with the war zoons and stuff where John's just flying. He's like, oh, man, uh, why are the war zoons taking down their own ship? At this point,
0: you kind of didn't even know what was going on. You're just throwing that out there. But yeah, Because we don't have an Aquaman book right now, I really wish they would have talked about the idea because of the democracy angle of no more kings and queens of Atlantis what we did before. I wish the idea is that Aquaman is just the go-to regent or whatever for when you have a diplomatic problem, the problem like this. They don't spell it out. This could
3: be the everything matters. He's just the yeah. king again. We don't know. We have no idea. And it is there, and it's cool to see these characters and see this interconnectivity that we're getting more in these books, but you can't just throw them in there to throw them in there. I ended up uh, Talking about this, about the idea of having, you know, Ray Palmer in the last issue where he's doing his, you know, beep, boop, boop, pressing the calculators and stuff. And it's cool to see him, but you didn't really get much out of him. That's what he does. He's got his calculator. Yep, your powers are weird. You don't really get anything out of it. But throughout all this you said john and kara they're working they're actually doing detective
0: work here and going through now with all of this they're not even doing detective work all they're doing is sitting in the Fortress of solitude with lois they ran a scan slash test of this one person and said this is in kryptonian i bet it's mongol doing some shit again stupid dad and, that, and,
3: and with that though you're going with this okay this prayer that these refugees or slaves ended up saying was it was Kryptonian, but it's a dead language called Falkiri. And nobody really knew that that much, but some people did. And then I looked and nobody left Krypton right before Superman ended up being a baby and shot up, but they came back. Like you're going through a lot of hoops to do nothing, to just say, Ooh, they're speaking this weird language and go with that. In the meantime, you end up lowest time travelers, maybe. Well, we gotta figure this out. And John and just I says, "No, we don't have to." It, it, it's Mongol. I'm going off, and you know what I mean. It just—it almost feels like Kara's saying some things now to try to make some things that don't make sense make sense, but it's not doing enough to really do that. It just ends up with her saying stuff about people leaving Krypton, space travel, all these things, because really, they should say. For as long as these people should be alive in us, space travel was completely off the board. But again, Philip Kenny Johnson threw in that thing in future state and having this all go on, it seems like he wants to have that, that he wants to take that. But it doesn't really solve that. They're just doing things. In and carol, even the whole thing. We don't
0: know what kind of generation gap there is here because even when the Daxamites left, you know, so long ago and like did their own settlement on Daxam and stuff like that, where you had these different colonies before they originally, you know, stopped doing space travel from Krypton, even though once Bendis took over space travel all the time. They're a virus of the goddamn galaxy. And that's the
3: thing. Remember, and this is pretty much it was proven this week, at least for me and you, that Philip Kennedy Johnson is going full out like the most important Everything matters is the Bendis run Not other things, it seems like he's going Full out with that, and that's his prerogative He can do whatever, he's like Bobby Brown And, and But one thing that Kara Does say, and John, they looked into the deal These people can't be Kryptonians, they're not reacting to the sun Like, like we would, so there's something else We gotta figure this out, and then John's just like, this is a dupe I, I'm gonna go off and gets mad And then, I love it where Kara's like, that's Very un-John-like, you know And blow us. I'll talk to him tonight See, what's what's going on is he's sick of seeing his dad being duped and he goes off. Now, while that's going on in Atlantis, you end up having. A piece of the source that was there. Again, the the thing
0: is, in my little barb, I said the source wall just because that's what I've been calling it all week. But the idea is we have this fragment, a stone tablet that seems to be powering the ship that these refugees came in on. But the idea says, like, you know, Volk was like, our scientists say it's an element that has never been documented, but the substance that is most closely resembles is the source. So I'm like, I always just call it a source wall. I think wall. It's, but even this, they're
3: playing it as a fabric of the source wall. But, you know, we'd have
0: to say, I don't even know what the source wall's up to nowadays. Again, it's just like it was blown apart and stuff like that. And then you remade Earth. Exactly. That's when I, I say it's a source yeah, wall because that's interesting to me. It but well. it really feels more like a totality, something like an element X or even an element 11 at this point, because it's something that is so close to source, but even more powerful that we have not documented at this point. So like, it just seems like a new wrinkle that we're going to have to look into further. The 10th metal. Eric, this is the 11th metal. That's
3: Elman X. This is the 11th medal. Uh, but even when they're doing Nth this... medal? And they end up like, hey, uh, you know, there were these Nth survivors. We have them. I mean, it's a cool visual where they're in these, you know, boxes that are underwater. So but did Superman in. kill this guy? I, I think this guy did suicide by Superman's forehead, I guess. But well, you like, end again,
0: up... Again, doesn't that mean Superman killed somebody because this, this freaking war zone man is like, you know, talking all his Mongolese. But this whole thing going through where he goes to punch Superman, just bust his hand open on Superman's face, goes to headbutt Superman, and then he just looks like his brain exploded out of the top of his head. I'm like say not so long. It's That's how
3: I think he talks. It's funny, uh, ended up just on the Patreon doing something that you really
4: love. Preacher.
3: Creature number one yep. on our DC Comics uh, back issues deal. And when you end up having that angel come down and the Santa killers comes and shoots his head and his whole back of his head just <laughs> off <laughs> and he's still talking. He's like, I never thought this would happen. I mean, I followed all the rules. Why? That's what this reminded me of. I mean, this guy's still going. He barely has a head left. Uh, but the deal is he tries to get these chains off again, these chains, and this guy doesn't want to yab him talking. And this is where, you know, this past week, Ended up talking about reptile on the Marvel podcast and they end up having some Spanish that's not translated that I wish was translated. But this I don't really need because it isn't any sort of earth language, number one. And also you get the idea they're just talking a lot of shit, right? The idea. And then at the end, it's like, you know, this is for Mongol. Uh, But that's, again, is this part of the dupe? Is this part, you know, to get him so fired up and all this going on?
0: Now, in your mind, he's saying this is for Mongol? I think that to say a
3: Mongol, I think that this is for Mongol, maybe. Because when I
0: was read the way I took it, because it's all alien Mongolese – Superman is as strong as Mongol. No,
3: I, I just thought That's what the deal with the, you know, oh, what are you, whatever, and then headbutts him. And then it's just like, oh, well, this is or you'll have to deal with Mongol, something like that, where Superman is trying to get through to him as this guy is trying to beat the shit out of Superman. Or maybe it's even like Mongol was right. You know, one of those. Hey, Superman is the strongest thing ever, and he wants to test that out because so, of that.
0: In your mind, too, is he either like you know, trying to hold up his hand to stop the bleeding, or is he giving Superman a thumbs I up think here with what's He's giving him his a hand. thumbs
3: up. You are pretty good. <laughs> Actually, like I didn't even see the thumbs up. He's like. Hey,
0: what's <laughs> up, dude? <laughs> Alehi Magobe, the Superman. <laughs>
3: now he just talks like Watto in my mind. Mundo. He gives him the thumbs up there. Yeah, but they always come here. They want my things. But with that, what do we get, Eric? You know, what do we? And then out of nowhere, Mesa think that he's a great guy. You end up like, what are we getting shut here? Up, he, what, shut up. <laughs> what are we getting overall? You end up the source that's thrown there. This is going to be the thing Something that pushes. Something that only closely resembles the source. Yeah, well, that's what pushes the whole deal with Atlantis getting involved because they even say finders keepers
0: losers. Exactly, weepers, this dude. is Atlanta stuff, right yeah, here. This Diplomatic is
3: And then they're like, "Hey, uh, by the way, Aquaman, you don't speak for Atlantis anymore." So, Yops. Uh But yeah, you end up having that, which. I guess that scene with this guy is supposed to be like, oh, there's some badass guys that want to kill themselves by smashing in the Superman. I don't know. But you end up then with this one survivor. Looks pretty cool. You know, the whole deal. She wakes up and these were the Kills guys. K-Lex. That, these were the guys that ended up the guy and girl that Superman did save and whatnot. They wake yeah. up. John's going to go and talk to them or whatnot's going to go on with that. But you end up where she wakes up. She doesn't have her chains. She freaks out. She still has the Superman you know, branding on both of her hands. She freaks out, kills Kalex. I mean, poor Kalex shows up and like, I can help you do whatever he's done. He gets destroyed uh, just so that she's there. Oh my God, what's going to happen? She looks to the heavens, she's crying. And then you do see the ceremony with Mongol where this guy and her and he gets the Smallville superman Which deal actually, right in the
1: chat you, that's I
0: intriguing really like this whole thing the idea that this is mongol's kind of thing where he has all these slaves and he is torturing people because of this woman that he's going to send there just for the idea of like you know i am sending you here as a message but you're also going to be a hate-filled message that's going to hate where you're going kind of thing this idea that mongol is their savior that like his mercy's unbound for what he does to him i really just like this progression of I, I don't how don't know it works out.
3: this is the thing though to me and yeah you've In my mind, you are using this symbol to be like the worst thing ever, like this symbol, the Superman. But I don't know. The guy who's kind of branding you and putting you in chains, I don't know. He's kind of the bad guy, and I'd never go past that. I'd be like, oh, my God, the Superman, the worst guy ever that I've ever met hates him. Maybe he's my hope. And so you had this, though, but it's a cool visual of that. But I just need somebody to say, Mongo, this never works out. Superman two weeks ago destroyed a war world. We do not have a look, lot of money. Look, left, all man. I know
0: is that in 2030, he's still fighting as a gladiator in war world. So I think it's going to work but out for Mongols. This time it may. All
3: right. He's got a better plan. War world. That that's the same plan, but I'm going to brand some people yeah. and he's gonna come to me. And again, you end up seeing her, you know, crying and upset. You see, poor K-Lex, poor KLEX done. And then will be go, fine. We go to That's the
0: one thing, like K-Lex, like he is this like weird unofficial mascot of Superman, just hanging around doing all the stuff at the Fortress. He dies I'm like... Well, you are just a little floaty robot. You can be rebuilt. You're fine. I know. It's still a shame, right? Uh, It's like when R2 gets blasted on an X when you hear that scream like,
1: oh, no. He Ah, gets all upset. You'll be fine. (laughs) Well,
0: as I saw them when they
3: came back from the Death Star run and R2 looked like he was in 80 pieces. Oh, my God. What? Ah, He'll be fine. Luke's already cheering and smiling and just leaves him. Eh, What the hell? He's a droid. He can't even go into a bar and drink. What good is he? You end up, though, with, that.
0: with all they're, they're of this, I'm shit. saying
3: everywhere, unless you go to the robot bars, Eric, and that's called the steelworks where they play harder than, you know, harder. You end up with this, though, going on where if if we stopped here, I will say we don't usually do this, but I want to just to show how much I, I'd give this a seven five for this part. But then you get to the Midnighter deal. God, I hate the Midnighter back so much. You can't separate it. You can't. I I said, I was going to ask you. You can't can separate please, that dollar the cash. That's what I'm saying. That's why we book. don't separate it. I would love to have said, let's not talk about this. This is what a lot of people did in future states. Some podcasts like, well, we'll just do the main story, not the backup. But it is a whole package that you are having to pay for. This Midnighter story is so convoluted and nonsense. It is. There's nothing good about this. And if you think there is. I beg to disagree. I I think that it is. We're getting an annual for this story next month. Next month, we're going to get a whole annual for this Midnighter story. Please. It It doesn't deserve. Anything. It doesn't deserve to be a backup here. It is a, a bullcrap story that doesn't even make much it's sense. The
0: thing is, it's just the worst part about Future State for me. Continuing on with Future State, since it is a time travel book with Midnighter coming back with the the memory chip of Andre Toulon in and his fight computer brain talking to him all the time. So he's trying to change the future. He's gonna go and try to kill Andre Toulon. But to do that first, he has to get his attention and go through a bunch of freaking guys. So what you have here is Midnighter. Asking some fist questions, killing some guys, ruining his relationship with Apollo. And all in the meantime, we find out that Andre tu- uh, Tuan, I'm going with puppet master, Andre Chojin of wish. our present time has Shiloh Norman captured and wants to study the mother box. Yeah, yeah that's it. That The stuff that he's going to
3: do to make his robots and his AI or whatever would be involved with Shiloh Norman's mother box while you also get that play That midnighter, whether or not he realizes or not, which he should, but he is starting things to work out a different way as well.
0: You know, going on this week with because, like, even I told you during the uh, the spring break special going on, where you have the Seven Soldiers of Victory, and in the last iteration of the Seven Soldiers, Grant Morrison did Shiloh Norman was a part of the Seven Soldiers, and you also have the Shiloh Norman book out this week, and you also have Shiloh Norman showing up in the backup of Action Comics. Everything's coming up, Shiloh. Sure is. It,
3: it's fine what i don't like and i know that people and he's kind of got you know a following uh michael avon oming I, I i do not like his art in this. somewhat, but Midnight, no no i've, I've never at liked one his point art. midnighter i i don't even know what you're trying to play with the time where he squatted over and he's like i don't even he i don't even know what like he a looks little like little square wolverine yeah that's what he looks like it's ridiculous and just like and as i'm reading it each page makes me less and less interested in this overall story, and at, at this point, I'm in the negative. I'm in the red.
0: But I love the art of the action comics oh, yeah, main the art's story. Great this
3: week. that. Uh, the. The Warzone ship as it crashes into the water, whatever, and it—it's so awesome, and all the things. Even and what I like about it, there, there's a lot of times that an artist, as they're going through the stuff, like, oh man, they get their right. But when you have guest stars, but when Merck and Volko and Aquaman show up, they look perfect. They look great, and you have Mongol where he's doing some real badass shit, right? But he also looks badass. I mean, he looks threatening more than a lot of times that he does, and this is separating him a bit from being. Hey, what's that dark side? Oh, it's Mongol because a lot of people end up doing that. And where Mongol is kind of a joke. So this is separating The art is great. It's really good. So overall, I told you I would have been a seven, five with just the action comics. I'm down to a seven. I go down. I have a point. I still end up liking the the action comic story. I hate to say that I'm going to go lower, because of what we already read in Superman, but you, you can't keep that out of your mind. But I'm trying to again. Be- that's the
0: thing is, I, I'm not really going to you know judge it on that. I just found it as a weird coincidence that we're telling the same story with different characters in both series going on here. But when I was going through this whole thing, the idea that Superman is just kind of going around, we have some weird Aquaman Atlanta stuff going on, but there's nothing new except for the idea of this thing that's the source where you don't get much information. You have all these refugees, but you don't understand why, and it's pretty much. This this stone tablet over here, but otherwise it's like, my God, if there's still Kryptonians out there, and it's all Superman cares about. It's all he's talking the whole thing, and there's John like he the that's, the,
3: that's the worst part that's the biggest mystery but it's everybody not everybody else in the
0: superman family has moved past they know what's going on except for even superman even lois has figured it out by now he's like all right but but i like the idea of the story though especially by the end when you see the mongol flashback and you see that the main refugee and the idea of her screaming for everything that's happened to her. and even when she's so terrified when she wakes up without her trains chains there's that is a really there's a bunch of emotion there i'm like i want to know more about this yeah, bitch killed Kayla. Yeah,
3: What'd really. You do that for? I, I think that well, he's, he's breaking the chains. I end up where and by the end of this, at least we're not going through both Superman and action comics for John to say, oh my, I don't want to see my dad not be this. And I, I'm afraid my dad's not as strong. We can deal with that nonsense in the treading water Superman now. This actually pulls it back and ends up okay. This is the book that Philip Kennedy Johnson is continuing with, and I'm getting some intriguing things that now with just one book that he's on. You know, coming up in July, I guess it starts off with the John Kent Superman book from Tom Taylor. Like, okay, you're going to have your focus. You're just doing this one book. Let's go because there's a lot of intriguing stuff in this. Even like the source or whatnot. I hope that it's not goofy nonsense but i need to know more about it but I think it's be this point i it, again, think that it, it feels, feels gonna very convoluted, big but and-
0: exactly that's what I'm, we're going to introduce something new that's just going to be weird like the totality and perpetual in my mind yeah,
3: I, I actually thought like are, are we just like are you starting up your own metal here or are we going to yeah. do this again i don't need that but it does feel big and some of the stuff feels important i'm glad that he'll be able to put his sole focus on just this And work. I
0: really hope that Soul sole focus is able to get rid of that backup.
3: I agree. I really agree. But and I,
0: I end up giving a six out of 10 on the site with us talking about it because of how much I little. do enjoy the – I'm going to get to a 6.5 out of 10. I really enjoy the art, but I hate everything about the backups. And not only this, just in every Superman backup we have, it's all garbage and only brings the overall story well, down. it
3: does. And one of the things just to end with this is the idea that a lot of these books are going to start being twice monthly. They're kind of slipping that in on the sly – you got to get rid of these backups so that people can afford both issues. If all the books that are doing that, you know, I know detective, I think is one of them. Justice league is one of them, but we like the JLD backups, So that's
0: kind of a weird one, but. I like the JLD backup. more than like, I know, just but like you, front you up.
3: can't go and throw bullshit backups and then twice a month and expect people to keep going with this. It's just, it's a real tough deal to, to think that people just have all this money, especially with the times we're in and things like that. Um, but, the big problem is it's not really telling any sort of interesting story to the point where they maybe that's it. Maybe it's like, listen, we're going to get rid of this backup, but the this story takes forever. Have an annual that nobody will buy and just be done with it. Hopefully, who's going to buy the midnighter annual? Would, would you? Air? Are you going? Are you going to talk yeah, I'm about sure that? There'll be a lot of Can people. Can you imagine want like the usually they're annual. like you know forty pages or something like that. that? please. It's just terrible. There's a lot of Midnighter fans out there. And by a lot, I mean not enough to sustain a series, but a lot. (laughs) I actually was going to ask, and I know that it's one of those things that he probably would never say Either or because he's a nice guy and doesn't want to shade anybody. But I'd love to see if Steve Orlando, who became that Midnighter guy, and some of his stuff is real convoluted if you listen to our deal. But I'd like to see what he thinks of this, if it's if it's going well for the character itself, because you're just tearing, apart, who the character well, you're tearing is apart Apollo and Midnighter in a way, like you just said, that we don't even get really a good Midnighter. It's just it's just weird and nonsense i think that midnighter there's no reason for him not to just go hey i got some problems wink wink I'm just just happy that in this
0: one, like it really feels like the first time you got a real Midnighter because for one thing, he's kicking ass in the idea that the fight computer is there to make sure that he is the greatest ass kicker of all time. But he also says door and a door opens. We haven't had that in a Midnighter book for a long time or anything dealing with an actual Midnighter's powers or abilities. Yeah, you want to hear how dumb I am. You want to hear how dumb Hmm. I am.
3: (laughs) You're going through this, right? You're going through all this stuff and then I'm like – I actually thought the one guy was Andre Trojan until the other. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what's going on with these characters. You thought a baldy scientist was Andre? I did. I thought that that was him full out. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. You got to go back and read those, watch those tread talks. I had <laughs> forgotten all the stuff because you're just giving me shit on top of shit here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Andre. And then when you see him, he looks like his head's a little squished. And he, nothing looks good in this. I, I hate to you know, tell – you know, yeah, that's Michael Avon-Oming's fans or whatnot, but he's not hitting very well here. I like the Shiloh at the end. That looks pretty cool. But uh, with that, we will go off right now. Eric, I believe that we're going to head off to some mail.
1: If you would read my mail, Jim, what want to my words would tell. But if they tried to read it, we'd hear an epic fail. But when you reach the part where opinions come, the hero will be Jim, a hero to us all. And when you read. The mail again you see the nonsense Never takes a break
3: Classic our classic song right there By Dancing Mike And we're gonna go here with the mail And we have two mails this week And if you want to be part of that mail section Email us at Comics At gmail. The link will be in the show notes. We're going to start off with J-Man. Of course, J-Man starts with, hey, Jim, what's up, Eric? What's up, J-Man? Hey, I attempted to catch up on my DC comic book reading, so now I am only a half week behind because I only read about half of what comes out this week. I listened to your feedback on my DC pull list. Thanks for that. And did some more thinking to trim back my pull list even further, Eric. That's what we do. <laughs> We're the destroyer of dreams. Here is what I came up with. Although I love the art on both Batman and Detective. Big ups to Jorge Jimenez and Dan Mora. I feel like I both series are going nowhere fast. I say they're going nowhere slow. But I they're don't say the that. Future. I kind of like them. Unless you really like the future state magistrate. Now, that's the problem. And I said that's something that DC is going to have to You know fight through are we going to avert it eventually Uh, or you know you kind of a lot of people didn't like the future state stuff and you're pushing that hard and heavy Uh, so you kind of leave some people lurching for what's going on the main Batman title is a mess with all the new tiny characters right it is a problem it is a bit and he's adding more and more I mean that's his thing and pushing towards a magistrate future state that nobody wants There is really no detective work in the series, and they have asked the concept of Bruce having a lot less money to work with. The detective comic style is jumbled mess because the mystery of what's going on is a jumbled mess. There is very little detective work, and they are pushing towards a magic future state that nobody wants. Whenever a writer wants to frame Batman or Bruce Wayne for murder, Clayface comes out of the woodwork pretending to be somebody else. What? Clayface is dead. Get Lady Clayface. Clayface isn't dead. No. He ended up at the end, and, and they ended up, and we didn't even say anything, but you saw at the very, very end of James Tynan's run, when you did have those Gotham Knights, and seemingly think that he died because of Batwoman, he ends up leaving a note on the door
0: as he left. He left it. with he Dr. Was, October. Okay.
3: Yeah, him and Dr. October going and you know, making up rides Which is I feel like we've seen crimes. him.
0: I don't think it was all Elseworld stuff, but I feel like we've seen him do stuff since then.
3: Well, we had him in something we ended up saying. We, we explained it then, but- Every time something like this pops up, it seems like they just go back to not explaining that he was still alive. Both of these titles are off my pull. Wonder Woman is going nowhere fast as well. Oh, yeah, she is going off my pull. Have fun in Valhalla, <laughs> he says. If she goes, it uh, does go to Mount Olympus or gets involved with the War of the Gods tea story, let me know. Well, I'll, I'll let you know. Because, in fact, Eric, I'm pretty much aware that by the end of next issue... As a cliffhanger, she gets to Olympus. That's just nice. a little shout out to maybe tell Jamin that maybe it is in hot water. It doesn't look like it is. It'd be funny if it was actually in boiling water and like, oh, I didn't take it literally. That'd be kind of funny, right? I wish they would go and use Diana the way a jaga was used on Thundercats, Eric. You like the jaga style? I do, do like Do you jaga. yell that chaga? Feels like obi Kenobi. Oh, really? As a spiritual guide for Yara Flora. You can still do that. You know, you could you could have that Wonder Girl is presently on my pull list for the next two issues. If they don't get to this teased War of the Gods by then, this tells is off my pull. And if if you're thinking that they're going to get that quick to that, holy moly, they would really uh, be upping the ante more than they have. Batman: Urban Legends is off my pull, Eric. This is this is misery. I don't care enough about Jason Todd, Eric. I do as an uh, as an at times hostile surrogate father to some rando kid. I also am not enjoying any of the other stories at all. Superman title to me is a lackluster version of action comics without the War World teases. Do I really want to see Cal L on War World? If they are going to depower Clark in the story, can they please just keep him on Earth? I would prefer if they D.H. Jonathan and depower Clark. They're not going to D.H. Jonathan. That seems like uh, that boat's pulled out uh, this way. on oh my here. This way, Clark can teach John how to use his powers and be a better Superman. Since this won't happen, I have no interest in war. World action is off my pull. I am not counting any limited series in this pull list. Swamp Thing and Batman Detective, The Detective, for example. So what Batman and Superman title is still on my pull list? You can't have DC Comics without Batman and Superman. Batman Superman, Eric, is on his list, right? The one that you would probably be first off of your list of all those. and. I am a full-out, you know, card-carrying Jean Luen Yang fanboy. It would never get anywhere near my list, really. I'm waiting for this. Net. Let's see what he does next, because this story—we're going to be going into it in the next section. It's a mess. Kill two birds with one stone, and I get more classic version of both characters. Do you? Because the
0: actual like you're not characters even doing anything with them.
3: No, the actual characters that are the the characters are hanging out in a satellite. You know, doing nothing. Plus, there is some multi dimensional stuff in there, which I enjoy, which also really means nothing. You're in an omniverse, and this seems like it's pulling and it dimensions. And the out thing like is, dimension. I can't even
0: say that it is an
3: omniverse. No, like, I'm it saying seems I like don't its think it's a microverse is. Yeah. within film. Yeah, that, that's my point. You have an omniverse, and you're not even playing with it, you're going with this other film like deal. I give it two thumbs down. There, traveling to keep with the through trope. the
0: different dimensions because of the burn holes in our film universe. But
3: also, those what? dimensions seemingly are set up by Autario. Eric, we'll get to him and, and the Artur. idea that he wants to grab Io. shit out and stuff. Autario, Gene Luen Yang likes to play with the comic book medium. Okay, like he is choose your own adventure issue in the terrifics, which I, I didn't quite think was so terrific myself. Issue twenty five and having dual stories play out in a strip of film. Right? Yeah. And that's the thing, that the story is all, you know, I need some substance to it, not just goofiness. And I'm a Gene Luan Fang, but yeah, Fang. The only detective I a fang. I'm, saying. I'm, a, I'm a Gene Luan Fang. I ended up combining them. The blah, only detective blah. type Bat Book I'm enjoying right now is a book called Joker about a man that's named Gordon. Book. Why can't they call the book Gordon? I, 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 I kind of well think I, 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 let me see, why don't they call it Gordon? Oh, that's right, Eric. Doing the detective stuff that Batman should
0: be doing, Same by the way. Same reason that Damien's no longer Robin in the storyline anymore, but we're having a Robin Brown and a Go new crazy. Robin costume. And, to and make the seriously, title sp- makes sense. if you are somebody that
3: likes the book, you can't get mad at that because you want more people to enjoy it and more people will grab it. Uh, by the way, why isn't Batman proactive about finding and taking down, not killing the Joker, Eric? Why isn't he? because he doesn't know about it do, right he seemingly knows that like why isn't he chasing gordon down i guess is what he's saying because gordon says he's kind of working with you know
0: gordon and like he's like he trusts gordon to do the right thing
3: i think Man's saying he would think that he'd be a little more like i'm getting involved you're not involved gordon i'm gonna go and do it but joker's out there relaxing until his next big attack on gotham now would be the perfect time is it me or is batman more reactive with criminals than proactive Eric? And i guess he's just you know he has to wait until they do the bad stuff. That is more uh, biggest problem with Batman right now. So Gordon, do the job that Batman is incapable of doing and take down your White Whale. Call me Ishmael, he says. Now he's going to go on with this where he, he uh, he's working inflation into this, and and this is the thing. He's going to give us this thirty five dollar do or die poll list because the books the are now a lot five. But the thing about this is the the idea of the poll list and why I think twenty five dollars makes it better now. It's not the books that you have on the pull list, it's the books that you can't and then you have to kind of figure out which ones are the ones that you would keep. And so when you end up having a $35, he has a pull list bigger than mine ever would be here even if I had the deal because he has The Flash for $4, Green Lantern for 5, Nightwing for 4, Wonder Girl for 4, Batman, Superman for 4, Suicide Squad for 4, Catwoman for 4 and the Joker for 6. So mm-hmm. he's got a hell of a pull list there it's very it's not quite as long as yours eric tony is on the line he wants to know where you've been by the way if dc actually did draw the line at 299 i would meet my I ideal wish. $25 or less price point with the above titles the problem is books haven't been 299 for a long time now by my math the above adds up to $35 game set and match but <laughs> He made up the rules there. He <laughs> changed those
0: game set match. This is
3: like, I'm there. I, I'm, let's go with the whole tennis mode. Keep me you. I'm like, I'm going to play you in tennis. I end up first point. I'm up 15. Left. Well, by the way, Eric, we only go 15. I win. I'm done. Uh, but yeah, that's his game set match. And that's fine. And that's the thing. It's not a which are the best books. It's how you can finagle things. And sometimes the biggest parts of that is the books that you have to leave behind because of that and just because dc ended up changing the prices of books and backups that actually makes it even harder which we try to do uh that's all for now keep up the good work and i'll see you in seven and thank J-Man you j man from half moon bay and now we'll go off to red who ended up emailing. us says hello jim and eric i hope everything's up, going well with you guys and that by the time you're reading this jim has recovered from this vaccine shot i believe i have so i'm i'm ready to go for now it's for now We'll see what comes. Doctor
0: huh? Racer might say it. You know, you get affected a week later. I don't know what's going he on. He might. I'm gambling, man, Jim. Right now, I'm. I'm
3: Originally, I was going to take a break from emailing you guys because last time I emailed you a couple weeks ago, I embarrassed myself by pulling an Eric Son of Thunder when I didn't read the back of the Festival of Heroes book. If I had read the files at the back, I would have realized that it was confirmed that Leon was indeed shoes. Eric, so uh, weird. Shoes. That being said, these last two weeks had a couple of developments that I needed to talk about. Going back to shoes, I realized last week after Poison Ivy came out of the vat and started acting like the one of the two versions that we saw in Swamp Thing that Catwoman may be one of the most important books at DC right now. I know, right? I'm telling you, is, is that you talking or is this Eric Sheck? Right now, you have Roy Harper's daughter as her protege, one of the two poison ivies walking around, and you have uh, all this magistrate stuff that it ties seems to into point the, the fear swamp state. thing as well and the yeah. green. I'm like, you're doing it all right yeah, now. We don't even know it doing, yet, right? And you also have the setups to the Fear State crossover. I never thought that Catwoman would get this kind of elevated treatment. I've been liking it since Ram V started, but now I feel like I'm being rewarded by sticking around even more. It was just that's capers it. and world building, but that's what it was. I mean, you didn't really have this connected deal on the bigger deal. Going back to Poison Ivy, do you guys think that the Queen Ivy version may have sacrificed this other Ivy in order to start her supposed reign?
0: I don't know. That's a pretty good thing to say, though. because yeah. Actually, I think this, that, that is interesting, but it really did seem that when we we're in the Green and the Swamp thing, you know, Maxi series, that yeah. that Poison Ivy, while she is the evil persona of Ivy, she was still very protective yeah, of the still, Ivy yeah. character, so I don't think she'd sell her out like that.
3: Maybe she gave uh, the other Ivy up in order to produce the drugs, Eric, the drugs. That, that could be, too. Maybe she's more involved. I, I don't know that she'd be more involved with the drugs. I think that maybe she might come for a reckoning because of all this. Last time... We saw her, she was kind of pumped up on vengeance, and she said that she's going to take over. That's why I found kind of weird to see her then in Catwoman in the vet. But now it makes a little more sense now that it's seen there. Be, we're two of them. I really liked the Star Girl special this week. So did Eric, so did I. It really captures what I've been liking about the Infinite Frontier era so far. It's respecting the past, and when I say past, I mean before the new fifty-two, and it's taking it in a new direction. I like the idea of making Green Arrow a part of the Seven Soldiers again because that was retconned after a while because you kind of needed Green Arrow to be a contemporary oh, no, that of was the Earth Justice League. Yeah, that's Green the whole Arrow. deal, everybody. And that—that that right there, I—I I give the Infinite Frontier. mwah. You know, you don't have to worry about that nonsense and stuff, uh, as far as we know right now. Leave it to Jeff Johns to find a way around that. I also like seeing the Jill version of Crimson Avenger again. I I thought that people would be pumped up for that. I always found her to be a very intriguing, tragic character, but she's been gone since the Justice Society of America disappeared. So it's great to see her again. I also enjoyed you guys covering the special on the spotlight. That would be the Patreon spotlight. I was wondering if you guys think that maybe – This lost sons, lost daughters thing that's going on in the Stargirl special Is a way of getting a new team of young heroes Like a new version of the Seven Soldiers of Victory I mean, kind of, but you're going to have them now you know in the deal and i think that they'll be
0: in that star girl book that comes out well, the just thing the is even thing, with that it, get- because what they're doing in like the star girl tv show with the idea of like star is recreating like the jsa with new younger versions yeah. of the characters well, that again got in tv show you might be able to do that because we know we're gonna have a jsa book coming out with the, the older cool heroes and even that is, and even infinity inc characters if she yeah. comes back out and wants to recreate the seven soldiers with younger versions that'd be really cool and the. Deal is, that's what he did with the JSA
3: book back in the day. You had those new characters coming in. You had the old and new together and stuff. So I do think that that's what he's going to do with the Seven Soldiers.
0: You already have something new Because you have all these great young characters right now that you don't get to play with fully because a lot of them are just hanging out at Teen Titans Academy, not doing much. And even Young Justice, that series is over and you have no idea what they're up to.
3: Yeah, and you already have Stargirl and Emiko, and it seems as if Wing and Secret are rounding up a set of younger heroes. Don't you get dynamite. That Judy Garrick name drop intrigues me. That could be another well. one of a legacy deal. I'm I'm definitely excited for the Stargirl book whenever it comes out. I'm also looking forward to this Jeff Johns, Brian Hitch, Justice Society book. If we get that and whatnot. Wondering if the guys noticed that Helena Wayne was also in that splash
0: page with Power Girl in the background where they how showed the How do you make that heroes? work from the idea of know. an Earth-2 early, like, you know, original, like, Golden Age versions of these characters that were then everything designated matters. as Earth-2? I, again, but everything matters. But yeah. how do you make that work we already have know. a contemporary Power Girl who was from Earth-2 but was brought over here? You yeah. have another one here. Even the Huntress, the daughter of Bruce Wayne and Selina Kyle – I would love to do a little thing where it is Tom King's future, where she ends up pulling a Oliver Queen and goes back in time maybe. to be this era's Huntress from the future. I don't know how and it may maybe be that's worth the
3: deal, it. and maybe that's why you know even her being set like, up, even Power Girl Catwoman.
0: is she just an older Supergirl who's mm. come back in time and like hangs out with a younger self? I don't know how it's going to work. We'll have to see.
3: This new continuity intrigues me because they have stuff like the Infinite Frontier Secret Files, where you basically confirm that Jade's death and resurrection and brightest day have happened. And you'll confirm that Roy Harper's new 52 history and pre new 52 history have been combined. You uh, then you, yet you have things like Shiloh Norman not being a public hero, but in Grant Morrison's books where he heavily featured him like Seven Soldiers and Blinal Crisis. He's public and he's known to everyone as Mr. Miracle. And sure that's is. kind of that re. You know invention or redeal of the origin i'm kind of hoping we can get some kind of history of the dcu book or a who's who Me as well uh, i ended up saying that i i thought that each family of books should have like a you know Maybe an annual or something to kind of get you up to speed with all the characters would be cool All in all i'm enjoying the books i'm reading and of course i'm enjoying you guys talking about them I always like hearing your insight even when i don't necessarily agree For example, I thought Jim was crazy for giving that first Tom Taylor Nightwing a 10 out of 10 because I I was down on it, but I liked hearing his reasoning and I understood where he's coming from. Now, that's the thing. Now, I'm liking it and Jim is down on it for reasons I understand, but it's still fun (laughs) hearing him and Eric. I just don't think it evolved ever since that first issue. I think you're getting the same issue over and over. I'm not going to reward him for that. He's taking too much time like everybody. I mean, we're talking to how many people. Times that by 80, and that's the people who claim that his Suicide Squad book was the greatest, and they were all buying it. But he ended up not getting to the story quick enough, and I, I seem like it's like his weird pacing of things is not going. You, you're getting that in the detective as well. He doesn't like to get things rolling quick. Talk about it and have things on. And what's funny, in the end, you both end up with the same score anyway. That was true. Me and you both yeah. have that same score at the end. I just – my – the thing is, I think that my score was more negative because of where I came down from and yours was more positive. Going to that, almost like an arranged marriage. I still have a suspicion that the reason why Jim is down on it now is because he was such a big heart and feels for those homeless children. That does bother me. It really does. I do have a big heart, Eric. As usual, you have something big. I'm just going to add in your, your commentary. As usual, I'm going on too long. Uh, before I go, I just uh, want to give a shout out to Jim and Matt for the rest of the story podcast. Eric gave a good suggestion. I thought, really, I mean, I hate to admit it. I thought you gave a great suggestion, <laughs> yeah. Eric. And I said it a couple times in that. I've never actually read that story before. And what he's saying is we did the what, what if deal of not what if, what was it from that crazy deal? But it was what DC Comics to, Presents? Yeah. And it was and the backup uh, Crimson Avengers. The death. Backup, what happened to the Crimson Avenger, which yeah. uh, had the death. It's funny. When was that, I was was that uh, it, DC Comics Presents 38? I think it was 38. It's weird because I do a bunch of things, and one of the things that we dealt with had the weirdest name for a book, but then they ended up changing it, but it wasn't that one. It is DC Comics Presents number 38. Check it out. And look, because you get that Crimson Avenger deal of when he got in the boat, didn't know it was a time machine at that point, Eric. It's funny when I was reading it before I listened <laughs> to the podcast. Did. I too thought someone should have made Umberto a new Crimson Adventure. It was set up. This kid who would have died without the Crimson Adventure saving him. Also, I do want to point out that how he saves America is he jumps out the window of a hospital, then goes, does a flip, hits a flagpole, and then does like three somersaults Falling and grabs style. him. It was the greatest ever. It was so great. Uh, but yeah, it would have been cool to have that Umberto become something. Well, that's uh, the thing that, is it
0: would have been cool, but the problem is the mother didn't take the Crimson Avengers advice and keep a better watch. I and mean, the kid fell out the window the next day.
3: That is probably true. Also, ended up having the cat on the windowsill that seemed to bother Matt more than the kid. I'm <laughs> like the cat. Then I, I ended up and I think that you've seen this. I ended up bringing the fact that back in the I mean, back in the day, back in the way past deal where they used to have those cages that they right. put outside the window with the babies in. He had never heard of those. I'm like, they're the most messed up thing you'll ever see. Pretty cool though. Now that Jill is back, maybe she might need a sidekick. Umberto, Eric. Now that I think about it, maybe not. I would be worried for she, a safety. She's a very dangerous character well, to here, work here's with what he anybody. Says. Now that I think of it, maybe not. I'd be worried to her safety because she's a little unstable, and those guns tell her to do uh, all again, kinds that's of the thing, things. Is all
0: of a sudden, like Wing or whatever her sidekick would be does something a little bit questionable, and then guns are it's calling over. for a freak of vengeance. Yes. The pop culture podcast was
3: great as usual. I thought my mother was the only one who referred to Adrian Paul as that sexy Frenchman. That's what he is. <laughs> I also enjoyed wait, wait, Jim and Stork's Journey Through Jupiter's Legacy. He's giving us a commercial for this month's book of the month on Patreon. They went from being appalled to really liking it. I just didn't like any of the characters. They, Eric, you know what triggers me. They were druggies. I don't <gasps> go for that. Say no. It's funny. I really was hoping that would happen. After I'm going to tell that your kids podcast. you don't go for them. Yeah, really, it's really. I What am I doing? My, my hands are tied. <laughs> they really are. And I mean, they are. I hope sometimes down the line you guys could do the second part as well. Me and Sturk had already talked about the idea down the line. We will put a bunch of the second volumes of the Book of the Month Club deal to end up being able to talk to some, though I don't know of the ones we did some reason the Fables deal was real popular with people in the Slack and, yeah. and so maybe that would go off to the Patreon as well but it really has a great payoff. Keep up the good work
0: guys. Also and- if, if you like that uh, The Rest of the Story podcast dealing with the, whatever happened to the Crimson Avenger you can go on and actually see in Infinity Inc. number 11 from back in that era. I think it was, takes place two years later. The rest of the Seven Soldiers of Victory getting together when they do finally find out about the Crimson Avenger's death because of Humberto and his mother oh, being the only one to know about it. Yeah so they only know. The Star Spanger going back and they're honestly, you know pretty much mourning a friend who's never going to be known as like you know the hero he should have been yeah
3: and uh with that i haven't decided what to do next week i haven't even looked at the books next week and there's possibility that sometimes there's not a real great connection to the deal of of that week maybe at some point we'll do that uh you know that issue as well as a little bonus because that sounds pretty cool too, and I really did enjoy. That's okay. The thing is, it's not it's not the deal.
0: feature of the story; it just happens while it continues on to ah, the okay. rest of the whatever Infinity yeah. Inc was dealing with the devil. Well, point. Then the hell with it, Eric. <laughs> I'm a
3: lazy man; I don't need that. But thank you, and that is it for Red. Thank you, Red. Also, thank you, Jamin from before, and we're gonna go up now to a little hey, special. And
0: speaking treat. of next week, we do have Batman Catwoman, but uh, like more of Helena Wayne. So if you want to go back and talk mm. about some more of the Earth Two, like golden age Helena Wayne kind of stuff. You know, I'm have because to talk to you. of what's happening with the JSA right now, you are a gold mine, you are,
3: but that actually that does tie in really, really good. So, we'll talk about that.
0: Also, this the crime syndicate's coming out. If you want to do some more with Power Ring and the crime syndicate, yeah,
3: like JLA Earth 2, yeah, well, we could. The, the only problem is, I like to flip flop back and forth between Marvel and DC, uh, but okay. if there's nothing at Marvel. Then we'll we'll do that as well because sometimes there's just not a lot and a lot of heroes reborn going on at that Marvel area, right, Eric? I don't. Well, need that, that. that's the
0: best too because they did Heroes Reborn back in like 1997. Yes, but it has nothing to do <laughs> with, with this. All. And okay, I heard they go it was all House so. of M.
3: Exactly. That's <laughs> always your pick, House of M. I actually, I brought that up the other day while we were talking because, like you said, you were the one who told me that. I explained Heroes Reborn. You were like, "That's just House of M again." I'm like, "Kind yeah, of House boss.
0: of M with a reused title."
3: Yeah, From something you know. else House of matter. Reborn It is <laughs> But yeah We'll see what's going on But I do end up Leaning on my man Eric Shea Because of his vast knowledge Of reading comics Most of his life But yeah uh, We'll see what's going on And if we can't find anything else That Helena Rain- Wayne stuff That really That really feels like That would be pretty good And again That's just a Podcast that we do on the Patreon that we get Each week's books and if there's something like A deep cut something introduced and it's a really Why I thought that it would be pretty cool is Because we have this infinite frontier And we are kind of Melding things together and we're throwing them together. And you and gr- got that and great DC like that.
0: Universe Infinite Frontier app going on where you yeah,
3: get yeah. all of these great stories. Yep. So we end up where we go into something a little more in depth, like we were just talking about the Crimson Avenger, how he ended up dying. And then that was in the Stargirl special. So that's just a little bit of something that we do on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Weird Science, Eric. Uh, but we're going to go up now, like I started to say, Michael G Sorry. ended up doing, oh, it was me that went on, uh, where he is going to review. Uh, Ruby, Justice League, number two, and then we'll be back with more books ourselves.
4: Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, this month's edition of the Crossover Corner section of the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. I am your host, Michael, and I am very excited uh, to be talking about the issue we have here, uh, which is Ruby, Justice League, number two. I hope you all had a great month filled with great comics. I know that's not always the case, but hopefully it was this time. Uh, And I tell you, I really like this issue. So, without further ado, let's go right into it. So, Ruby Justice League, number two, written by Margaret Bennett, with art by Stephanie Pepper, colors by Hi-Fi, letters by Gabriella Downey, cover artist Mirka Andolfo, and editor Andrew Marino. Now, as with the Ruby Justice League issues, they combine uh, two of the digital chapters that are released beforehand. Uh, So, we start off here with chapter number three, The Ice Princess and the Batboy. Now, right off the bat, I'm inclined to like this issue a lot because it focuses a lot on my favorite character of Ruby, uh, Weiss Schnee, who is basically the archetypical, you know, as the title says, Ice Princess character who starts off the show as kind of mean and off-putting and doesn't want to have any friends and thinks she's better than everybody, but as the show progresses and through the power of friendship, she, you know, her icy heart slowly starts to melt and she becomes a nicer person. It's a kind of a cliche character arc, but it's one that I really like. Uh, And also a quick note here, uh, so the four main, uh, Ruby characters are based off of, uh, fairy tale characters. So Ruby is basically Red Riding Hood, Yang is Cinderella, Blake is Belle, and obviously Weiss is the Snow Queen, Elsa from Frozen, basically, which it's one of my favorite Disney movies, so it's probably why I like Weiss so much, and she even kind of looks like Elsa and acts like her a bit to a point. Uh, but anyways, we start off here at Schnee Manor, where Weiss is having a very bad time at one of her dad's soirees. Uh, and in the first issue, we can see that all the background party gore characters are basically just black silhouettes. Now, you could say that's just lazy art on the part of Stephanie Pepper, but I'm prefer to think of it as an homage to the first season of Ruby, where because of the limited animation they had, they had to cut corners, and one of the things they did was have all the background characters be just black cutouts. So, you know, if that choice was intentional, good on them. If it's not, well, I'll just choose to think of it that way. Uh, and yeah, so you see Weiss here at the party having a bad time, but she does find one interesting guest in the form of Bruce Wayne, who is... Kind of like he is in the main DC continuity. He's a, a, a rich heir orphan to over here. It's a a very prosperous dust company, and Weiss immediately thinks that oh, he's just here because my dad wants to set us up to further his you know business ventures. You know what better way than to have his daughter be with the only heir to a major company? Um, and Bruce, you know over here he you know he's playing the part of I guess the you know, suave playboy, um, and the two do start to hit it off pretty well. They even share, share some hot chocolate together, uh, which Bruce is courtesy of his guardian, which they never really say his name, but it's basically Alfred. Uh, and I really like Bruce's design here. He really looks pretty pretty suave himself with his top hat and his nice coat and, uh, and uh, suit. And the two bond, and, you know, Weiss finally finds someone that she can spend time with uh, because she doesn't feel at home uh, with her family. And you can see hear clearly that the the um the story takes place uh, within the timeline of the third season of the show, uh, because we see that she has grown as a character, uh, but it takes place before the events that happened at at, at, uh, at Schnee Manor in season four, and then suddenly uh, in the middle of the party, uh, a guest claims that he's been robbed. Mister Albin says that someone stole his pocket watch, and immediately starts blaming Bruce Wayne and knocks off his top hat to reveal that he is a bat faunus. Which is pretty cool, you know. Have Batman be a bat Faunus, that works. That's a that's a good idea to uh, to include him in the Ruby universe. Uh and in this world, of course, Faunus who are half human, half animals, are treated as sort of second class citizens. Uh and even Weiss in the first season of the show had that view of them as well. But through her friendship with Blake, who is a Faunus as well, uh, she starts to see that, yeah, maybe Maybe we shouldn't be treating a whole class of people like they're less than. Maybe that's a bad idea. Uh, And she immediately starts to try and defend Bruce, saying, no, he was with me the whole time. He couldn't have stolen it. And this is really where we get our, our big clue, as if we didn't get it before, that Weiss's dad is not the best guy. And not just because he looks like Colonel Sanders, either. I tell you, I don't trust anyone who looks like that. What's he hiding with that chicken recipe of his? I don't trust it. But yeah, he basically goes to Weiss and says, Oh, you, you thought I was going to set you up with him? <laughs> I wouldn't sell you into marriage the fondest for all the money in the world. Just a total, total creep. But Weiss and Bruce decide to join together to try and find who did steal the pocket watch. Bri- uh, Weiss reveals that her semblance is that she can make glyphs, which basically makes her kind of like a mage character from a video game. Um, they never really specify what they exactly do, except for just cause damage. Uh, ice damage, I guess. Uh, and Bruce reveals that his semblance, which is very cool and very appropriate for Batman, is that he basically has detective vision from the Arkham games. Uh, he's able to look into the world and basically see patterns and puzzles that are highlighted. Uh, so very 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 cool way to... And I always appreciate it when they uh, concentrate on the detective side of Batman, which is not something you see a lot of, and is really center stage here. So anyways, they go to the par- through the party goers and try and see who would have stolen it, and they finally focus on a one Mr. Lloyd. Uh, and it's discovered that the pocket watch was actually hiding a unstable dust core uh, that is banned in the kingdoms, and that Mr. Lloyd wanted to steal to kind of get an upper hand in his business dealings. Uh... And Bruce whistles to make a chandelier fall to block his path before he can escape. Um I guess it's a bad thing, you know, any mean, so- sonar or the, the sound of his the whistling in me fall I don't know. Um uh, but all is well that ends well and Weiss decides that, you know what, I'm getting the hell out of here and her and Bruce just go off together to Beacon Academy, when that leads us to chapter four, The New Team Ruby. Now The thing I love most about this part of it is that you have all our characters gathering together in front of Beacon Academy, and the banter between them is really fantastic. And I mean, that's what you really want in a crossover like this. You want to see the different characters from the different franchises. You know, what would it be like if they met? What would they say? How would they react? And that's what you get here. You also get a lot of exposition in the plot because, like it or not, you have to keep the plot moving forward. And the plot is definitely the less interesting part of this. But it's intriguing enough, uh, and that exposition comes in the form of Professor Ospin, who, to be fair, pretty much is just there to give exposition in the show, too. Uh, he gets a little more, you know, deeper background after the third season, but for the first part of the show, he's just there to explain the lore and the larger story. And as the members of Team Ruby and the Justice League characters gather around at the front of Beacon, uh, you can already see some fun little... Uh, Little interactions happening here where uh, Bruce meets Diana and immediately they start to flirt together, which causes Yang to, you know, encourage Ruby to flirt more with, uh, with Clark. And you saw that last issue a bit. Uh, but. Professor Ospin comes out and says it's time to discuss what's happening, uh, you know, the major threat they're facing. So Beacon Academy is empty, uh, and they don't want to allow the students to come back because someone has been making hunters and huntresses across the four kingdoms disappear. Uh, and he even mentions that uh, Team Juniper, who are uh, other characters in the show, um, they've all been kidnapped as well. Um, and the characters kind of just, you know, compare notes on what's been going on with them, uh, over the past few issues, you know, the neon grim that brainwashed Clark in the first issue, the brainwashed sea monster that Blake and Diana had to fight off. Uh, and the funny thing there is that Weiss asked Bruce, hey, use your power and uh, put all those clues together and, and, and tell us what's happening. He's like, eh, that's that's really not, not, not enough <laughs> to, to find out what's going on. Uh, but before that, you get a nice little section where uh, Margaret Bennett really just breaks down on what each of the individual characters can do, what their powers are, what their weapons are, uh, which we already kind of got with the DC characters, but we didn't get with the Ruby characters. You know, someone who watches the show would already know all this, but it's nice that they put that here to, you know, kind of get readers who are here for the DC characters and not necessarily Ruby fans. You know, this is here for them to, to kind of follow what's going on, which you could argue is a little too late to be in a second issue. You know, some they might have already fallen off in the first issue. Uh, but then again you can just make your first issue exposition and recap on Ruby either you got to you know make both fans happy and i think this this does so yeah if, if you're wondering about that you know the second issue really does do a good job of bringing dc fans into the Ruby universe. Uh, so you have Ruby who explains that her semblance is super speed, which makes her something of a speedster, you know, comparable to, like, The Flash. Uh, and she has this badass scythe called Crescent Rose. Uh, Yang, as we saw last issue, her semblance is that she can absorb the uh, damage she takes from an enemy and throw it right back at them, as her weapons are gauntlets called Ember Celica. Uh, then you got Blake, who awkwardly <laughs> introduces her own thing, uh, which she has... Um, A whip called Gamble Shroud. And her semblance is that she can make shadow clones of herself. Uh, And she awkwardly introduces Diana as well. Uh, This is Diana. She's a princess from the Bird of Paradise Islands. And she is an automaton. Yeah, that's how we could talk. Uh, And this is a line that made me laugh out loud when I was reading it when uh, Diana says, If you're wondering, I do have a soul. (laughs) that's that's good to know uh and she explains that her semblance is basically the weapons she has so a tiara to keep my mind clear a lasso to make the truth known and gauntlets to defend all living things from harm and then turns to weiss who's looking like oh with anime face in the background and she just says well bruce has bad ears and bruce looks at her like really that's all you got?" She comes back, Well, you don't have guns that defend all living things from harm now, do you? And Bruce shows us that he does actually have a pretty badass weapon in his own right, Batwing, a giant axe that basically has you know, batarangs instead of blades, and he says that that's also a gift from his guardian, and Yang's looking at that axe like, Oh, I really want to meet your guardian. he you can make me something as cool. Um and Weiss introduces herself. Uh, she has a rapier named Mirdenaster, and of course her semblance is that she can make glyphs, and with all that done, it's time to, now that they've all been gathered together, split them up again uh, as they follow different leads happening across the land to try and solve the mystery of the missing uh, Huntsmen and Huntresses and the Neon Grimm. Uh, So you have one team composed of Bruce and Ruby who are going to go off to the Faunus Quarter to uh, investigate uh, a new speedster, um, which is Obviously going to be a Flash character. I'm not sure which Flash. Could be Barry, could be Wally, could be Jesse Quick. Um, I know who've read ahead with the digital issues probably know that by now, but I don't. Uh, and uh, Weiss is a little bit disappointed that uh, she doesn't get to be with Bruce and decides to ask Clark if she wants to go with him, with her to investigate uh, the uh, Weiss's uh, father's company because she thinks there could be a political uh, side of this uh, mystery to which Clark just super speeds away uh, you know come on Clark really you don't want to partner up with Weiss hey you're lost uh, but Diana is there to offer her help and says I will help you friend Weiss You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice happy Diana right? they're always willing to help uh, and Weiss just says, uh, sure, I will I guess I'll be with the robot. Uh, not too sure, but let's go. And that leaves Blake with Clark and the two just stare at each other. I don't know why they chose to make Clark kind of a – he seems to be the most inconsistent character in this whole thing. Sometimes in the first issue, he was kind of a yokel, uh, you know, hillbilly. In this one, he just seems like kind of a antisocial dude just standing in the background not saying anything. Uh, but uh, yang comes in and uh, pulls Clark and Blake together and you know she shes she always has something to say and says uh, I guess that means the boisterous blonde and the shy brunettes get the waterfront uh, as they go to the waterfront to uh, investigate uh, the missing huntsman and so yeah the, our team is off and that'll lead into the next issue where I'm sure we're gonna get uh, each chapters gonna focus on one of those pairings I'm a little sad to see them split up so fast after they just got together but I understand that you can not have an issue where eight characters are constantly bantering even though i i would really enjoy that uh i gave this issue a 9.5 out of 10 i really enjoyed it i mean i laughed out loud at parts of it and that's how you know i really liked an issue and yeah maybe there's not really that much of a a big plot happening right now but i'm sure it's going to come and you know I'm okay with an issue that just wants to have our characters interacting. I think that's, you know, that's kind of what you read comics for. You know, rarely is the comic where the, the big sprawling story is the most interesting part. If anything, it's, it's always just confusing and completely breaks continuity. Not that there's much continuity to break here because this clearly takes place outside of it, but yeah, a a really fun issue all around. Um, the art is great. I was a little taken aback when I saw that they uh, had switched artists after the first issue, which was Anike, and now it's uh, Stephanie Pepper, who I had never heard of before, but I really like what she did here. She really kept up um kept up with what Annika had done in the first season, and it's a pretty seamless transition. I wouldn't have even noticed really had I not seen uh the name change. Uh and it looks like she's pretty new too, so I'm excited to see You know, what she has planned for the future, if she does anything else at DC, I'd be all for it. Uh, and Margaret Bennett as a writer, um, I read her Batwoman run. Uh, I thought it was okay. Uh, it started off pretty good with the, uh, Sophia. I don't know why I say it like that, but uh, uh, yeah, that arc was pretty fun, but it kind of just went nowhere towards the end. And I know she uh, wrote the uh, the Bombshell series, which I have not read, but after reading this, really makes me want to want to check that out. Uh, she clearly has a, a a really good understanding of the Ruby world, and uh, she's really good at writing the Ruby characters. So uh, again, hoping this will continue. I'm excited to keep reading it see if they can keep up this quality uh and again I'm just gonna step up my soapbox here and ask everyone listening if you don't if you aren't watching Ruby Really check it out. The first episode is only 16 minutes and all the episodes are kind of short. Uh, Really, really fun show. Uh, But yeah, I guess that'll do it for me this month. I will be back next month with issue number three. Uh, If you want to hear more from me, uh, check out the weird science Patreon where you can hear me on the uh, comic book movie show I do with Jim um, and, uh, yeah, I guess that'll do it for me and uh I will throw you on back to Jim and Eric. This program is brought
3: to you by the Hulu original series Modoc. I can't stop talking about this show. It's the craziest, funniest, and wildest thing I've seen in a long time. Modoc is a supervillain voiced by the incredible Pat Noswald. Oh yeah, did I mention Modoc stands for Mental Organism Designed Only for Killing? For Modoc, the only thing harder than ruling the planet is running a family. Get ready to discover that not all villains are super. This show has an amazing cast with Patton as MODOK, along with Amy Garcia, Ben Schwartz, Melissa Fumero, Wendy McClendon-Coovey, Beck Bennett, John Daly, Sam Richardson, and celebrity cameos as some of your favorite Marvel heroes. Marvel's MODOK, all episodes now streaming only on Hulu.
1: myself is getting old sometimes i like to quit does eric even give a shit hanging around him and just all over town eric shea and monday's always get me down
3: Eric, there you go. A little tribute. That is a quick entry into the little carpenters for you. And we end up having two books at this section. I thought that was longer than that was. That threw me off there. I felt like hey, you just cut it short right there for whatever no, reason. No, no, it ended up that was it. I thought that there was more to that, uh but there wasn't. So here we are, right? It's just into like it. this podcast. Yes, yes, just like that. It, no, I thought you were going to say, just like God cut me short, Eric. He broke the mold, he did. Uh, But we're going to go into these two books here in this section. We end up having Batman Superman and Robin in this section. We're going to start with Batman Superman number 18 written by Gene Luen Yang and art by Ivan Rice and Jose Luis, Danny, Mickey and Jonas Trindade, Sabine Rich and Seda Temafonte. Gene Luen Yang, you have two. I didn't realize. Did you realize there were two artists on this, like two full art teams? No, I did not realize. It, It looks really good throughout. Uh, Jin Lan Yang continues. I like it. It it has its own style, but it's very busy. Jin Lan Yang continues telling his Silver Age, like Batman and Superman story. And while that allows for some fun, I think it's already gone on way too long. While the two timelines converge more in a silly way at times, our main heroes from our main Earth are just sitting up there in the satellite, chilling with the villain, Octorio. It all looks great and is certainly (laughs) unique but i am just not enjoying it much more uh personally and i'm telling you a tour i o just doesn't see it it has to be said a different way it just doesn't flow not like at it's all. supposed to be kind of a joke like almost like you know it's supposed to be clever I'm just going with Otorio. I'm just going with it because I want it that's to be better? something. Otorio, it just does not sound like Arturio. anything. Yeah, Otorio, Otorio, like when they're there, they're like, "Hey, give me a break with your films like that." I I have fun with. Oh, them.
0: those I, Italian alien robot. I was reading it,
3: and and I think that what it is. I, this is me. I think that he's a take on Fellini back in the day, Eric, for all of you, oh, Fellini movie huh? buffs. Otorio, hey. Uh, but with that, like I said, you end up having Batman and Superman, world's finest, Eric. They're up in a satellite wrapped in film and shit and things going on and people plucking getting stuff out. Getting affected by kryptonite until out, they're not. Getting affected by kryptonite until they're not. Then you pull out a Phantom <laughs> Zone crystal. I mean, really, what is really the when it? Atorio! Yes, <laughs> I
0: got I got the Our know. book ended, our book ended, like, deal of what we're dealing with with the actual world's finest of r Zero, going to this Wayne satellite deal to find this whole thing. The Altor IO has plucked off a Kryptonite <laughs> ring off of, Say you know, early. off of the Lex Luthor. I'm not doing it. And now it's using that against our Man of Steel. Batman gets rid of it you know attacks you know with arturio and then this whole thing. batman's uh whole like helmet gets cracked so he has to go further to the satellite so he can survive but before that happens oh my god arturio has pulled out a phantom <laughs> zone crystal <laughs> you couldn't like, do it again what the fuck
3: is that? and that's the thing like it's like hey uh you know can i get a hold of you oracle what should i do Get your ass deeper in. I'm like, we're not doing anything with this. We're we're not doing. And then you have this deal where so I, I really said do you, hope
0: you care about what's going on with the, you know, the world, the world of tomorrow, Superman, and freaking whatever the other one is. I forget what the worlds are called in this. Like it's like the Knights, the, yeah, the, the Knights. Fat that's and what Robbins,
3: it was Knights. Uh, the Knights, but that's with it. Where I'm reading this, I even sent you a, a message that now I'm thinking that Otorio, he's just awesome. Uh, from south park he's just there to create all the different adam sandler movies like it's so goofy but the goofiness isn't in my mind where it should be as well and not even that where you have a goofiness will make the regular story mean something more and that to me is the biggest problem where you have our heroes from our world up there on that satellite and they're just kind of there and you have altorio is like you know, given this narration of a script and how things should work out in a storytelling way, but then we find out as this issue goes that this is just more about making a perfect world. Well, it's that, it's almost that, a that doesn't go it's, well with me with the film motif and things exactly, like that. Exactly, the
0: whole thing is we have the I.O. Cr- trying to create the auteur. perfect world through film for whatever reason, which is an actual you know microverse of whatever it is. But a bunch of them, and ones that he does not like, he cuts them. He has Final Cut. He gets rid of them right there. Leaves them on the freaking editing room floor but it's very convergence in that way. Or even the planets that were trying to go against Perpetual when she was destroying the multiverse before, then who was going to go with her to save their world? Because in this, we have a, another world of Dr. Adams, another Lex Luthor, who is going through the different burn holes of these worlds, trying to give Martha Wayne all the tech and the things to create the perfect metropolis, the perfect world, so that their world can survive and leave all the other ones in the dust.
3: Yeah, and, and you end up having the Dr. Adams deal with the idea, well, I'm from all these different things, like you said. What I need, though, is... You get away, like, you're in the regular story here, you know, what's going on with the film strips and these burn holes and things like that, and you're, you're going and you're using that to be able to show, like, a Silver Age deal, a Batman, or Robin, the, a holy, you know, holy mackerel. I don't know what he'd say. That really is actually a saying, so it doesn't make sense. But, you know, holy Superman, whatever. But you're not doing anything, like, in my mind, the concept is you have this director... He thinks i gotta go this i want to see where he's upset about like tropes of superman oh no everybody does that you, you got to be different or what it's just something that would be more film like within what we're doing because then you just pull out and you just have arturio and he's like hey i grabbed this phantom zone crystal i got that as a prop in the sci-fi world and whatnot and it's starting to not really mean anything to me i have some chuckles While it's going on But this starts to get so silly And over the top Where I do want Autorio To come in and say No, no, no This crap We need a rewrite We need to do something But you're not even getting Because he's not Involved in it, he's just outside. And then you have Dr. Adam Luther, like, oh man, we got to make the perfect world. That's why we make one a heaven, one a hell. Well, but that's, that's the not thing the is, perfect deal either. Underst-
0: I don't understand the whole concept of why we have all this film that was wrapped around the Wayne satellite to begin with. Like, is it giving them power? Who, where does Autor Io come from? Even so with this right projectionist army that goes on here, we find out in this issue, what his motivations are in creating the perfect storyline, the perfect world that he can. But with all these different wraps of film going on the satellite. I don't know what that's doing. The greatest part about the story, though, is while this is going on, this might be his final, like, you know, what he ultimately wants to do. His film is running like ravage behind his back while he's busy with our world's finest. And they're going through and this, jumping portals, doing all these different things, trying to find out what is going on. So things are, like, unraveling around him, even though IO seems to be jumping back and forth with his, you know – with what he wants to like, like focus on, whether it's our Superman and Batman or this film's Superman and Batman. And I
3: think that because this is Batman, Superman, and the way Gene Wenyang writes, I think that in the end, the idea is the perfect world is one that has both Batman and Superman. That That's going to be, in my mind, the concept of this, that you can't get just rid of the darkness by getting rid of like Batman and Gotham. Because then Metropolis is, oh my god, even Batman in this says... Your metropolis is so great. You have Jim Gordon there or whatever. I just think that what we end up finding out is the most perfect world is our regular one. Yeah, it has a little blemishes. It's not exactly fully polished. But
0: you need a Batman and a Superman. Well, again, the world's fine. We won't know that though, because that Metropolis that's so great in that you know Superman world, we don't know if that like ha- what it would originally look like, because Doctor Adam and Martha Wayne have been altering it with different technology to the point where it is so great. So I don't know what it would normally would have been. But that's what Doctor Adam
3: thinks that the ideas make a heaven and a hell. We have the heaven, and that'll be the ba- but it's going to be the tutorial like- again.
0: He's been grabbing this from all these different worlds, so I don't even know that this is affecting Batman's world or it's just a shitty world because it's a Batman
3: world. Well, he does end up saying that what you ended up doing, it's spelled out in the one thing, that all you guys are doing is making a heaven and a hell. It ends up spelling out that without But there's without so many the different Superman. worlds. But I'm saying they're just dealing with these two right now. These are these two worlds, and they're in the Superman one, and I think it is even Dr. Adam that deal uh, with him saying – You know, we made this one the best one because this is the one I thought would work. But I got to prove to you that this is what's going on. And they go through another burn hole. I just think at the end, all these things are wiped out.
0: Oh, when they go through the, the burn hole, though, they come to Earth Zero. They actually come out into where we are. But He says, I want to yeah. prove to you that this is really going on. They look like little guys there, right? They and do, they and through. I'm really actually worried because, you know, while the film works to jump between that, I really feel that they're going to come out here like the Atom or like the Ant-Man or something like that, just little people in this Earth per, like, Prime like Zero And they Earth do zero come through, world. like
3: you said, behind Artura, uh I was going to say Auteur oh, I'm not going to deal with it, but it is there where you get that burn hole and come through. Now, the other thing that I think you're, you're trying to be
0: clever about this with this burn hole. And I don't know where that Phantom Zone crystal comes from. I know
3: Well, he says. He grabbed it out of a sci-fi world that had a prop that said this is where you can do whatever you want. And yet he's just doing this. But in the regular story, I think it's just a setup. up. The idea that a Batman's world without Superman is too dark and a Superman's deal, people will take advantage of the light. They always have to have a Batman. And it's just taking way too long to do this. But you do have fun with, you know, especially Robin. That, that's kind of the fun deal. You get a little Jimmy here. But in my mind, these burn holes, everything should be. Because once you take one thing out, you're gonna, you take a Batman out of a world There's not just going to be One there Where Martha Like it, They'd be all over They'd be everything That's supposed to be But where is the basis Of what should be And shouldn't be You know what I'm saying Like who says that This isn't The the one that has a Martha? It just Ends up getting convoluted Just to have These moments here With you know A golden age Superman And a silver age Batman To go through All this stuff And have their little comments And have the things But when you get this You start really Getting convoluted with stuff. You even have the part where somebody's like, "Oh, with Martha, what did you say, Martha?" Yeah, what
0: did you say? Here that we name? go. <laughs>
3: <And> it's a, <laughs> but it's a little different. But still, you have that. It's all I thought of. I think Gene Luen Yang's having some Zach fun. Zack Snyder has ruined the name exactly. Martha. Everyone about the Martha. Uh but yeah, then you have Bane, Alfred. You know, he ends up pressing a button, and you do end up seeing tubes in the back. But then you get real silly, where you know you have this Bruce Wayne in this non-Batman Brucey. world. Where uh, I'm scared to
0: backstab mommies. Mama. Like I-, I love her idea. Well, in a world where I- <laughs> Thomas Wayne is killed, but Martha Wayne exi- like you know survives, and so does Bruce. Bruce becomes a little bitch boy, mama's boy. He is,
3: and, and he
0: becomes <laughs> developmentally slow. I
3: just love the idea that Martha really at points I think she thinks that she's doing the right thing. Listen, you're Look, afraid really of comes the monsters. She off as Raina of Creel to me in this. Yeah, she does. And and the problem, though, is then you pull it back where She's like, oh, my God, what have I done? What have you done? You just made your son a bizarro two-face. And he no, ends up – that's the thing. Up- it's
0: a Bruce-Zaro. Yeah, a Bruce-Zaro two-face. A Bruce-Zaro two- And even the idea where it does it's start out – too much. I really kind of, I eat, how do you have an injection to make somebody a bizarro, which <laughs> I'm going to go – I can't say bat-Zaro because it's not in the bat, so it's going to be Bruce-Zaro for me. But the idea is that – when it runs its course through his thing, but only on one side of his body. So now he's a two-faced Bruce Zaro who speaks from the Bruce side and the Bruce Zaro side. And like, you know, it ba- has backwards bizarro talk. I'm like, you've just made the worst character ever. <laughs>
3: so great. Well, the only thing that I thought was cool is that, that doc- uh, Dr. Adam, the Luther gives her that. Yeah. So you can go with the idea that he's always trying to do that. But, this oh, yeah, is he definitely, gives her all the technology. This is definitely the failed version though. This is definitely like, I'll give her this. It ain't that good. And
0: and just mommy's gonna help you, little Brucey Oh no! And then he just... Like- I just... Yeah, I just... For some reason, I don't even know why it doesn't. It makes just as much sense, I guess. But for whatever reason, I wish it was a Solomon Grundy serum. Which I'm telling you, that doesn't make any sense. Neither does Bizarro thing. But like, for whatever reason, when you inject Brucey with a Bizarro serum and he starts talking Bizarro talk, so he could be as strong as Superman to fight off this whole thing, would he say and "Born like, on a Friday" because it's the Bizarro Solomon? No, would you do no, that now? No, because you, it's you not a Bizarro. Se- it would just be a just Solomon saying, in my mind. Maybe it
3: was both. Yeah. But yeah, so. Some- <laughs> Wasn't.
0: okay, but yeah, he's just it, a no. I'm saying a it girl. makes just amount of amount of sense, none at all. So it's like there's no reason for that to happen. But I don't know why it bothers me that they made him a Bizarro. I, I just didn't like it at the end. But, but and it. thing is, not even a clone Bizarro, a Bizarro World Bizarro. Oh, yes, <laughs> but again,
3: I don't mind. Like the idea where Doctor he which is Luther again says, "I'm not from this. I'm from all over the place. I'm traveling around. I grab some stuff or whatnot." But that's just the you know, that's the MacGuffin of being able to do whatever you want. Like, aha, I have a Phantom Zone crystal. Ah! They're all yelling. Even at the one point where Batman is there at the very beginning, when we have our Batman and Robin, and you're getting that Otorio deal, like, hey, you know, we have this, and Superman, he can't do the kryptonite. Then Batman goes out of script, and that pisses him off again. But do one or other. When does another. he
0: say he gets that Phantom Zone crystal from the sci fi world? Because I'm going through and I can't find he it. He says it. It might be at the very end where he ends up. He says
3: that I got a Phantom Zone crystal. Yeah, ah. he says that. It, it, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll find it as we go. But. Uh, I did like the art. I did like the art with all this. I thought that it's, you may not like it as much. It's very the thing much. Is,
0: I, I really don't like the Arturo like IO stuff because it's so Arturo. busy with all the film everywhere and stuff like that. But like when we have Superman fighting Bruce Zaro and stuff like that, I do think at that point in time when we're actually like getting to the meat of the battle, I think that part looks really good. Yep, It's right at the beginning. When Superman okay. first yells, a Phantom
3: Zone crystal, because he goes, I'm sure our heroes will recognize this particular prop. It's from one of the science fiction worlds in my movie
0: or in my okay, machine. So maybe, or maybe it's one of those things because I just didn't remember him saying that because then it just jumps to like, you know, you have an entire story after he says that. And at the end, A oh, Phantom yeah, zone it crystal. It but they're
3: kind of coming in at this deal. But he's even. Yeah. And he says, it's as, as strangely adventurous, strange adventures as they come? A venom zone crystal. Superman yells it. And then Batman ends up, you know, doing his deal. But they go off to the deal. They have to get lex out of prison jimmy's there but then you end up having bane alfred show up you end up where yeah batman and robin go up and recognize this is our stairs all they have to do is follow the stairs and open up and come out there and martha's there to shoot batman shoots him in the shoulder he goes down but but what ends up happening later is when i love you don't shoot me when batman ends up confronting again uh, you know, mommy. He says, "You know, it's me.
0: I'm Bruce." Because she says, "I'm just trying to do this for my son." All I of just... a sudden, Martha Wayne is not evil anymore. Oh my God, Bruce! That's all it took. Well, you have <laughs> done like what is it? Where you didn't turn over to your side and see Bruce? You just turn. I'm just saying, you just became Ray of Creole. Experimented on your son right there to help you continue your evil ways. And now, all of a sudden, oh my God, a more muscular version of my son who wears a bat mask. I am so sorry for everything I did. <laughs> (laughs) Wait a minute. You're not afraid of stuff. And you're pretty bulky.
3: Oh, my God. Be like you and your mom coming. You have Eric, you and your twin son, Derek. She just does all the shit to Derek. And then you go. But mom, I'm here. Oh, my God. What have I done? You know what the hell you did? You did it to your son. Now what you just story? have another I've seen son. i story
0: somewhere else. I don't know. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Actually, you, know, you know what it is? It's actually, I can't even think of what it's called. It's a horror movie where like one of the, like the brothers, twin brothers were accused of a crime like that his brother did, a twin brother, and was put into an asylum for years and then breaks out. And at the end, the whole thing is he never did it. So when he breaks out, he actually ends up, ends up killing his brother, who is the mass murderer at the end. The mother's so like, oh, thank God you, you, we got rid of that kid. Like, you know, Derek over there. I can't remember his name. And he's like, but I'm Derek. Dun, dun, dun. I'm telling you,
3: I'm just thinking about Steve, the <laughs> two deals movie? in The American Dad, and also the weird Bart at one point. I mean, it happens yeah. all the time. But with Hugo. all this, you end he's up with the evil with, twin. Yeah, yeah, the evil <laughs> twin. Uh, and then you end up, but again, there was a switcheroo at the switcheroo. You end up where, oh, my God, you know, Lex, the Dr. Adam Lex. Was the movie. Okay, Dr. Adam Lex, he's going to run off. He's going to find that burn. In the whole, you know, mausoleum of where there should be the grave of Martha, he jumps yeah, through to prove to spot. everyone, listen, I'm I'm begging you, I'm telling you, we have to do this, we have to make the best world, they're going to erase them all and we'll all be dead, oh my goodness, and then he jumps through that burn that ends up, for some reason, ends up in our deal, in the satellite where everybody <laughs> is, and he's yelling about his Phantom Zone crystal. There you go, and phantom crystal. What is that? I don't know. I don't even know the reaction of it. And even then, you you get a uh, a Gordon who shows up. Why is he here in in Metropolis? Well, I don't know, but he's walking with a nice gait. I like the cut of his jib. He's not afraid.
0: The idea that, Gordon, that he is a more confident commissioner in this world because he hasn't had to deal with assholes disappearing on him when he's talking exactly. to
3: him. Exactly. <laughs> I'm telling you, the only thing that would be better is his neck doesn't hurt from always turning around to see where the hell Batman went. Uh, So all of this, don't you think there should be the story where Gordon just doesn't
0: keep his eye off of Batman? Like he's walking weird to always have him in view. I'm done. I want a thing where he has cameras all over the rooftop and stuff like that, and he goes and sees the way he runs off into it. Just the laughter. Ha ha, gotcha.
3: He just runs off real quick. He lays down, puts a blanket over him. He's just hiding uh,
0: behind an air duct before he can wait for Gordon I'm to go waiting, back inside. waiting,
3: waiting, I'm waiting for days at times. Gordon's just there puzzled. But yeah, I'm you, you end up having, aren't, you know, that. And, and through this too is like, Batman and uh, Batman and Superman, what I think Gene Luan Yang is trying to do in this is to give us a origin of Batman and Superman becoming partners, but not giving us an origin. This is the way, because we're seeing these in the film deal where you can see them become partners, even
0: at the point, hey, way to go, partner. I'm the partner. There's Robin all upset. Look, right now, Super- Superman's calling everybody partner. He might, he might as well be a Western character at this point.
3: Hey there, pilgrims. You end partner. up where on, even say it, Robin says pilgrims. You end up where he the partners. At points, I'm telling you, this gets to points where there's slight things that happen. I'm like, this should be a Neil Adams book. There's some goofy parts where I'm like, it really feels like Neil Adams nonsense and those things. So it's not as bad. But by the end, I, I really just want this to end. I just want to get to something that means more. Uh, yeah, because and you're actually I'm not dealing with our own that, characters that yeah, we want to deal with. I want to deal with our characters, I want to deal in our world, and I want to see what they're going because on. Because it's in not an infinite even frontier. it doesn't even
0: make itself feel big in an infinite frontier of an omniverse because this feels outside of it in a smaller, non-consequential yeah, form. You pretty much set that up with this film and stuff
3: that these aren't Earths, they're film strips and they're a archive. And you even make, the, even film.
0: even the author I O owe is a silly thing with his projectionist. I'm like, every second like every step of the way of creating the story, you just made something that was silly and said, Let's go with that.
3: Yeah, and, and that's fine, I guess, but that's fine for. Might as well do you know, Film Freak. Just do three issues. Just, I, I'm telling you, this guy is Film Freak. That's who he dreams of when he goes to sleep. Film yeah, Freak's three, dead now. Three R.I.P. issues would be okay. This seemingly ends with an epilogue in August. We're still going to go through all of summer with this story. I I don't get why we're spending this much time on this. The first story, it's an arc. and it's more of, but it doesn't, it feels like it should just be half a thing, like a quick story story. Th- um people seem to love it at first they went all on with the idea of this intertwining you know story whatever and i think that they're afraid to back away from it i think they're afraid to now say the
0: greatest thing that that first issue had going for it was its weird way of telling the story with both stories going on at the same time that was the gimmick and now it's over and it it, yeah and you still try
3: to do it with the films and the but at this point like i said i'm i'm not very high on this And when I look at the reviews, it's just like it's almost like people are afraid to say like, well, it's kinda going long. I did love it at first. It's almost even what Red was saying and we were saying about, I love that first Nightwing, but I'm not gonna then just go by that and say, well, if I go down now, people are gonna be pissed at me or whatnot. I just think that this story, it doesn't have the substance that it needs to keep going like this, and the gimmick's done. And I always love some fun Silver Age stuff, but I need But it's not even real Silver more. Age stuff. No, and it just doesn't feel big. It really doesn't. I'm the
0: lowest. I gave it a six. So I'm at a six as well at this one because like, it seems like we're moving to at least some new interesting territory with going to actually Earth Zero outside of the film stock. Like you're doing some interesting stuff where you're explaining why this is going on with the Luthers and the Martha Waynes and stuff. You were at least doing that. I still don't like the way the story's being told or the characters involved because it's just the same trick over and over again, the same gimmick. And I'm just kind of over this whole thing when I just really want to deal with the actual Batman, Superman, who are just showing up and acting like punks here while we just bring out the next gimmick for tour Io. It's like Kryptonite, Phantom Zone, Crystal. What next? And it doesn't really matter because you can just pull anything out of this fucking That's ass. That's
3: what I'm saying. That's all it is with that. Not. You know, there's even a, somebody who gave it a 10 out of 10. I'm like, how can you give this one issue a 10 out of 10? And then I look and they've given like the last 15 10 out of 10s, including Looney Tunes number 260. Arcs. Golden oh, Age of yeah. Comics. There you go. It is. It's always a golden age until you leave it and then these same people then say that the next phase is the golden age that we desperately needed even though they already gave 10 out of 10s for everything before i don't get it eric i really don't i gave it a six though like you said as well i think that the art i like the art a little more than you but like you said at least we end up where everything seems to be converging on that satellite with the characters that we want to have
0: and maybe at this point in time, I have hope that it might pick up now that we're actually going to do something in the main universe where things actually matter. And it's funny, too, because sometimes you get a story like this, and I'll say, well, we can't really rate it very well
3: because you may end up having a twist. And what I don't, there's no twist here. We see exactly what's going on. It's just like, okay, you get these two film strip worlds and you got the dimensions, but in an infinite frontier, you said it. In An Infinite Frontier, where we are dealing with stuff, you don't have to get silly now. You can actually do stuff that matters in a way, even kind of in this vein, but make it mean something and make it worth, you know, getting and whatnot. Uh, but we're going to go to the next book, which I do like. I think you do as well. What is it? That's
0: Robin Number 2, written by Joshua Williamson, with art by Gleb Malinkoff, Melnikoff. I don't know why I screwed it up at each and every issue, but Melnikov, Luis Guerrero, and Troy Petiri. Damian Wayne isn't dead. But he's only got two lives left, as we are told with the rules of the Lazarus Island, where everyone gets three lives there to cut loose. And the tournament only starts when everyone has lost a life. With this knowledge, Damian proceeds to kill everyone he can before Ravager takes him around, shows him the sights, and wants the son of Batman to have a little fun. I think that everybody should just
3: kill themselves right away. Let's get this tournament going. And I'd love to be the one. I'd be the asshole who's there, and I'm treating this whole first death. As the contest, I end up wearing myself out like, oh, my God, I was the last one to die. And then again, how do you get that last guy to die? Did they have to commit suicide, Eric? I guess the other people are back. So, But even yeah. with that, I'm like, I'm the last guy to get the first death. Oh, man. I'm, the... And then they kill me and I'm done. I, yeah. I never even did anything. That's like the regular season, the first step. Then you get to the playoffs there. But in this playoffs, you can end up defaulting and leaving. I, I, I'm telling you, the rules end up being very odd.
0: The idea of everybody has to die once and hopefully it does I don't know. The whole thing is the first life is like training camp and then the season begins.
3: Yeah, but that's the thing is like it's not really training camp because even Damien, his training camp was over before he even knew there was training camp. Sure And again, it was his big mouth. But still, the idea that you end up making it, it's such a weird – thing where damien oh my god he got his heart pulled out you said that you thought it was going to be that flatline makes you believe it's really happening. but you deal. know i still Karen- think I, I was right with the idea that she learned from all their mistakes and end up getting better with that instead of of, you know, the whole thing. I don't know,
0: you can't really say that because you don't get that information in this whole thing. I do like the idea that she is the protege of Lord Deathman. Oh, I don't think we're going to get anything
3: more with her and and her ability. I think she's just going to go with it. I think he thinks that we already explained this when she says, I've learned from all of the failures of the people who taught me and that I killed. But even then, the idea of this going in and then you have, like, you, you were hoping that maybe this would be a cool ability. Damien thought that he had died. And to the point where but like if you, you believe you, you, you it, you
0: do. And I'm telling you, it's almost like if you die in a dream, you de- die in real life. Where she has it's this, Freddy like you know, this, exactly. Where she puts out this hallucination, or the idea that you were, like you know, you have seen yourself die. You believe yourself dead to the point where you actually die because you physically believe it.
3: Yeah, but instead, this is Lazarus Island, where we're kind of given an explanation through Ravager of people heal. You know, and and it's kind of an ambiguous deal, whatever they even say you get the one the, and yeah, they didn't really explain it all, but we'll go with it. Later on, Damien does go and look into it and they find a Lazarus pit, which I know you probably groaned when you saw it. That seems to be fueling all this. But it's also the reason for this is-
0: tournament. I, I kind of like that. Like the thing is, it's Lazarus, the League of Lazarus. It's Lazarus Island. If there wasn't a Lazarus Pit on here, I guess it kind of would be a letdown. Even though I don't want everybody to be resurrected through and the now Lazarus. And this pit. is
3: like the biggest Lazarus Pit ever. Yeah. And then you still have in the background of Talia and Bruce did not tell Damien about this, so he's trying to investigate things. Ores. I do think, yeah, I do think that this is all to bring back Alfred. That's why I think we get the Alfred, you know, of the
0: mind and things like that. I think that this is where we'll find him. Which I really hope that is the case because I miss Alfred. And my thing is, even if it does or doesn't happen, because I don't know if DC is going to be wanting to bring him back after all the, you know, shit they put into making sure that alfred died for no goddamn reason but it was for 5g and then that didn't happen so like this whole idea that we've been pushing it where alfred's dead and how much it has bothered damien i actually really love alfred of the mind who's there to freaking be like the jiminy cricket on you know damien's shoulder i love that i hope that if and when
3: they do bring back alfred he doesn't just run back to Batman to be the butler I would love him coming back not letting anybody know and him just hanging out with Damien and helping Damien where he thinks and almost instead of the Jiminy Cricket of the you know on the shoulder of the mind you just get out for doing the same thing where he's going to say like okay you're the one who needs m- the most help I'm going to be with you and we're going to figure some things out that'd be pretty cool. Uh, but in this, you're you're going to get the rules. You're going to get that ravager is there. Yeah, you're going to get exposition done. She's checking out things,
0: there. She she's on well, then the she, you she know, didn't run her mouth, and then she actually heard what Mother Soul had to say and wasn't lying dead. Well, for I know. I'm a while. saying,
3: but she's not even interested. When when it comes down to the tournament, you end up – if you win, you're immortal. You have all this with that going – she's not interested in that. She just wants to be there to figure out. She has some investigation going on. Well, she on.
0: looks like she's going after Respawn, which seems weird. Like, is she just going after because Respawn's almost stealing the family moniker? It's
3: funny, too, when they're going through the deal, and you do get a little rundown of some of these characters or whatnot. And you ruined it for me because when she's like, oh, and look at Respawn. You see what he's up to, like almost like with the thing, and I'm like – I now see more of Deadpool and Spawn than I yeah. see of Deathstroke, and I'm like, uh, uh, is she meaning that, or is she? But she seems to just be going with the Deathstroke deal. But really, it's like. I'm here at this all, you know, pretty much this crazy tournament that only happens every hundred years because that guy has the laundry that my dad usually like, likes. Well, that's it's the so thing weird. is, like,
0: I don't even know what we're doing with this way this works because you have all the chains going off, like, spawn and for the respawn. But, like, the whole thing when Damien asked, like, what are you doing here? Did you do, like Deathstroke? It's like, keep Deathstroke out of this. I'm here. Like, I'm not here for the tournament. Living forever seems boring to me, but. I have other interests. And then you just have Respawn killing a guy right there. I'm like, so is it? That's all it is? This weird, like uh, a like it, character that could doesn't it be matter. be crazy
3: at all? that, you know, they, there's DC and they're like, you know what? You know what people love is that Kid Cable over there at the moment that people love and people didn't and then they're like this is actually a young clone of that like she's looking into that maybe but when she well, said one of
0: those weird things is with the idea of respawn not only just being a video game name of coming back from the dead and stuff like that but it could be grant wilson as well the original ravager who has come back after infinite frontier it'd be weird for him to come back as respawn and
3: not you know say anything but with that Just like Roy, maybe there is a deal that you could play with, like a somebody with a regenerative factor and things like that, where how the Infinite Frontier affects it and whatnot. But this could be a young—I don't know. But when she says he's new, real piece of work, his moves are chaotic, undisciplined, but dangerous. Dressed like you know, and now, like I said, you—I'm looking. I'm like, is she hinting that it's (laughs) like Spawn and Deadpool because? That doesn't really the look thing like Deathstroke. Except the mask, that, that
0: line down the yeah, mask, just the line. That's it. Not even the eye holes. Just that line. The eye holes are Spider-Man. I mean, I'm looking at this. It <laughs> or looks spawn. like. Yeah, I'm like, it's Spawn, Spider-Man.
3: What are you going with here? What's going on? Uh But then you get, you know, double XL.
0: Man, and that's the that thing is, uh, when, when we go through the roster, like Respawn is why Ravager is here. We do fun. But when we go through the roster of people that were going to be in this tournament, like, you know, Mortal Kombat roster stuff, when you have Double XL, who just seems to be a little kid with a power punch, I'm like, yeah, you're not doing it for me. Flatline, at least she's the protege of Lord Deathman. I can get behind that. And the Black Swan, a bow reader who took the role of the White Swan but got a bit too lost in the character. Like She killed everyone in her troop and a whole audience. The art of killing as, her da- as a dancer, you got the drop on her once, but it won't happen again. I'm sitting there like, I don't care about I don't, Black yeah, Swan. And that's the thing. It's funny because <laughs> we, <I> will.
3: <laughs> we go on and on about James, like even James Tyne and too many characters and going whatnot. And, and we kind of make a – But a bunch of them have hit, right? You you go, and then there's too many or whatnot. But then I go, and I'm like, this is like Joshua Williamson to me. Like, why didn't they bring up the Batman of Japan here? Because that's more interesting to me than Black Swan. Or make sure we know it's Raptor or something. Because (laughs) when he goes down, and people will say, well, there's the TV show, Jim, or whatever. I mean, I'm looking at these. I'm like, this is just like the blood work. You know, when we had him, and then we got double XL, flatline, like – Now, Lord Deathman is why that's interesting. But the character herself, we don't really know.
0: But that's the only reason. Black Swan. That that and she was able to kill Damien. That's really the only thing right now. Yeah, but
3: he even spells it out that he didn't know that you can go full out. He even says, if if I end up fighting when I know what the rules are now, you're done. And I could agree with that maybe. But Black Swan. She still killed his ass. I'm telling you, Black Swan, I, I fell asleep three times during this narration of what her power. Really? Like, I care about that. Also, I started like. Where's, Killing like, is her dance, where's Jim. Where's Zaz? Like, it, it seemed to me like these were more... I know that there's villains and She heroes, does the
0: lambata on your heart.
3: Just because she's a ballerina that killed, you know, tons of people. I don't know how she makes a fighting tournament like this, but you're just going. I also have a bit of a problem where I don't know that you should allow the entourage to come with a hero or villain. To this island you're ending up Really you know they're not Involved you should not this is the Kumite here and you're adding everybody Else you got your brother, sister XXL has this whole entourage That comes and hypes him up It seemed like too much like why are they Invited this is what happened on the Sixers back in the day where you had AI and his Entourage and Stackhouse, Jerry Stackhouse There was almost a war, Eric, you don't need That shit, but with all of that They're not real interesting, <laughs> that's all I'm getting But we to. do
0: have Connor
3: Hawk here, so at least you have That going yeah, on. Yeah, and you leave that for the end But then you're getting real ambiguous with it You haven't, it would seem as if he Possibly with the Infinite Frontier Or whatnot, came back and Doesn't really have his full memories, is able to be Controlled, that this isn't quite Him I know he kills freaking right Raptor here, and I'm all about that yeah, I wish that he said
0: Raptor, too, with that, but Me I too. think I see Soyulac. He does feel a little small. Oh, yeah, Soyulac's there, but doesn't he seem almost like He almost seems like very a, small. Like a street, like Raptor, like somebody who took over the Raptor persona, like a younger kid on the streets you know what? for whatever that reason. That would be cool. That would actually be cool, and have him be a little quicker. Like for what, all, he found, Eric, is all, all he I'm found trying was to get a to. hoodie, a mask, and Soyulac, and that's it. Yeah.
3: He, he, he could be, I would call, I'm trying to think of how I would go with this. I'd call him Vince Carter- Probably the best Raptor of all time, Eric. That's a little sports knowledge so. for you. I am right. But yeah, so you have that, and that's the intriguing thing we wanted to know about Connor what's going on. And they, all oh, the League of Shadows, oh, that's kind of connected with the Lazarus. Yeah, I go all this, all that. The problem with this issue, while I still like it,
0: you don't do much. No. It's a walking tour. It's an exposition dump, but doesn't do enough in that exposition to make you really care about what's going on, because even the characters I show you are the lamest versions of anybody you could show me at this point in time in my mind. And
3: the problem I have, and it's just a personal bias, and I can't get over it because of 100 issues of Flash, usually the beginnings of these stories of Joshua Williamson are way stronger than how you end them, and we're kind of dilly-dallying right now, so I want to get to it. But I'm enjoying it enough, but then you end up setting up some real badass stuff, right? You end up where even Ravager, who's there and wants to look after Damien. I'll train you. You'll train me? Train me, yeah, Son of the bat here, bitch. And then she's like, <laughs> no, no, no. But then she ends up seeing his duffel bag and sees his manga. And that's like almost like looking into that's his personal. soul. You end up and he gets upset. And, and Josh Williamson writes this really well.
0: It was high school DXD. I don't want anybody to know I read that either.
3: <laughs> no, it ends up being Ayakashi Triangle, Eric. You don't know about that, but, boy, I you don't. can't read that on the bus. It's really good, though. But
0: <laughs> yeah, end up telling you, it's real over the
3: top. Uh, but you end up having Damien there. And I like that because Damien does. This is where I give you know full props to Joshua Williamson because he is getting that deal, what we need from Damien at this point. You can't just have him you know, gruff and, and obnoxious and I'm mean and I'm bad, whatever. You do have to show that. Oh, yeah. There's some serious chinks in the armor that everybody is, you know, looking at right now to see what's underneath. Yeah. And in all of our deal with Damon, he is a nice kid who was raised awfully and trying to do, but also always thinks the world's against him. Now he's in a tournament and he, no, where no, no. it is. He's Everybody's better against than the world. <laughs> and, and he, yeah. But he also has that side that is nice and is loyal and better and ravager sees that here and i think ravager already had kind of known that that might be the deal but she doesn't want he's already lost the life he doesn't seem to be able to you know get with the program here of what to do she fills him in what mother soul said and all that stuff going on but yeah going forward with this she wants to train him but then she realizes that he needs, uh, you know, you end it with he needs to have a
0: little fun. Damien, oh, I'm telling you, not only fun, that, but, but this whole thing where we have Ravager and Damien teaming up, and she's taking a shine to Damien, wants to do like, you know, be, do right by him, maybe train him, just pretty much be by his side. And when that's not happening, you have the girl that killed Damien Flatline teaming up with him, and it seems like she wants to be close to Damien as they, you know, inspect the League of Lazarus to see the world's biggest Lazarus pit we have here, and the idea that they have to keep feeding it to get the the uh, the achievement unlocked that they want from the whole thing. I don't understand and what that means. But
3: that would be where you would get the the idea of three deaths Like you have that first death to me That's just a bonus death to try to, you know Amp up the things with the deaths I don't know But they end up like, oh, the biggest Lazarus pit I've ever seen And oh my god, we gotta do that But I do even like Flatline teaming up with Damien As Damien's sneaking around trying to find things As you then have them leave this And he gets caught in a a net that Ravager set up Like there's some cool things here and then, But by the end, you're setting up this badass deal and whatnot, and I don't know how well served for me it's that, hey, I just want you to come to the other side of the island.
0: I don't go there. There's cannibals on that side. I watch Gilgan's Island. I know what happens.
3: <laughs> and they will get you. And then the next thing, Gilligan will have to marry the princess of the cannibals. So you end up where they go. And again, it, it's a nice deal, and I like what Ravager is trying to do. But now are we going to have fun and games next issue? I want to
0: get to some meat and cheese of the story. Well, some meat and cheese might start happening because we did a little like, you know, detective work in the night. But for the most part, once Damien healed himself up, had learned the rules, he pretty much killed everybody that had three lives still right there. It's because he's an asshole. Because then he's
3: like, you know, I want she says, Sneak I here we are. this is where everybody's hanging out. This is where we're having fun. You have double XL. He's there playing the video games. You have what I hope is root beer, Eric. I don't know. Uh, but matter. she wants to My teach. She wants to, to teach silent. him to have fun. That's okay. But you kind of are in a fighting tournament to the death and maybe you should do this later maybe you should hope that both of you survive and do that i but- do hope
0: they do talk about what we had in the deathstroke book with the idea in that new continuity since everything matters i don't know how it's going to work anymore but where deathstroke had gone the nightwing the train ravager and be a part of the teen titans stuff like that where you do have that connection with rose and dick and stuff like that where she knows so you have you're know, pretty much dick's brother you know for with Damian Wayne here, you can have that connection where you can, you know, like, you know, take the, she- the, she- the force field down, the armor down a little bit to let her in. I just think that what this is, yeah, and I thought that Joshua Williamson, I gave him
3: props, you were already doing it. Found the manga. Oh man, you're not as gruff. You're not, a, you know, as tough as you say. I realize that you like some things, you know. That, and then when you go to this, though, I think it's just going to be this next issue of, okay, let's play the volleyballs. And then they shoot the volleyball up, somebody serves it, and Damian stabs it with a knife. And then they go, that was the only volleyball we We had. We were trying to
0: recreate Top Gun. What are you doing?
3: And then, okay, let's play the video games. He ends up punching out double X. Yeah, I did this. Like, we're just going to see these forced tropes. Uh, Again, it's going to go back to the Damien being that, in a way, that's almost a victory lap in my mind, that you're forcing the situation here of them all having fun on the other side of the island. I liked how it was a little more subtle with finding the manga. Maybe even, like you said, talking. Rose talking to Damien like listen We're not as different as you think like you know Bring in the Nightwing stuff and and that would be Better served in my mind than going to the Fun side of the island so that you Can teach Damien to be you know have Some fun the day before they go To the death tournament I don't know Uh, But we'll have this all going Down but overall I think the art's really good. Oh, the art's amazing. I like a lot of the things. I like the Connor Hawk bit to kind of just have him there. And at least we know he's a focus, which he should be. And also Damien trying to react to dying at the hands of Flatline and being real pissed off about it. I because like not She's rules. cool looking. I do like her a lot. And I like them together. And I like Damien's great with anybody his age. This is the problem. I need, like,
0: need Damien to go up against the Batman of Japan, though, just because. that be cool. I think that you're going to end up two deaths and it's going to be Ravager versus
3: Damien. And Ravager has already said that she didn't want to be involved in this. But what will they do? I That'll be down the line. But what I like and kind of upsets me, because the idea of the Super Sons is not to be now, you realize, again, how fun it is to have Damien with some characters his own age because of the fact that he'll never admit that he's anywhere near like anybody his own age. That's the fun stuff. The fun stuff wasn't John and Damien because of Superman, Batman. That It was that Damien was smaller and John was younger. And Damien thinks that he's so mature. Like there was a really good connection of that. And you kind of get that in this as well, which I do like. Uh, what'd you get this?
0: I ended up giving this a seven out of 10. I'm so interested in this book. I thought this was a down issue for what it did, because even when it like it explains to the rules, it's not all that intriguing and then just showed you around the island with the other competitors and the other competitors for the most part, besides for flatline and Connor Hawk and Ravager, who we already know about the majority of the rest, there's kind of losers that I don't care about. I don't think that even them explaining double XL to me or black Swan, like you didn't do anything. to make say, I like there. these characters. He's got
3: the AI entourage, Eric, you know what happens then if he gets pulled over with drugs or a gun, they'll take the fall. That's the entourage's whole deal of that. Eric. With that, are you I'm, your kids' on rush? No, I'm not involved. I'm telling you, I'm the yeah. I'm at home. I don't know what's going. I have to look a blind eye. I told you, my hands are tied here. With this old, though, I'm going to be way more positive than you. I'm going seven point eight. I almost went to an eight, but when you said that, is that it is way true, positive? I need more. Well, it is. I'm getting towards an it's eight. less than one. Okay, eight, I'm giving. Okay. Eight. But in, in the <laughs> whole scheme of things, Way is, more in my mind. I mean, the difference between an eight and a seven is, is a big deal in this game we play because if you don't notice this, most of these sites and podcasts, they only have a three-point scale. So it is a little bit different. But yeah, I, I like this. I do. I like seeing game- this would still be on my polis, all that. I'm going all for that because I really think that next issue I need more. I need that upwards progression. If we're just going to have you know kids just want to have fun, that'd be okay for people who. Oh man, I love seeing Damien you know do the funds and have the laughs or whatever. I want to get through this tournament. And what you said would only be the third issue at that point. I know, but I'm saying why waste that in this tournament deal where you're you're going into this as being this big thing? But setup is. What's the setup of, we're going to play volleyball, whatever. If you don't set, I'm saying, we don't know what's going to happen. But to me, you've set up here, and now you're just going to have fun because I think Joshua Williamson wants to say, look, I get Damien. He's not just gruff. scruffy. He can get the ex- exterior down, but we've seen that all along. So I'm, I'm worried that we're just going to get nonsense. Like I said, Damien, they're going to play kickball and he's going to shoot
0: the ball because, you know, he thinks it's a bomb or something stupid. I like to think that you I I like the idea that you think that this is just meatballs on the other side of the island. That's all. Look at it.
3: (laughs) I mean, I I see this. There's people dancing. There's two people playing volleyball without a damn net. I mean, what are they doing, Eric? You can't have it that way. I mean does we'll, we'll this go, hey everybody, let's go and have I'll set and you spike it in my face. They're just going right at each other. It's nonsense. An then you have a little sunbathing yeah, at night, I don't get you have a little You're video game. Where's Jim? the power coming from? I don't know. Also, that antenna looks like it's like nineteen sixty eight or possibly the old Odyssey game system and then somebody yelling. All right, I got beer or whatever. I don't know. This the guy in the front there looks like he's ate too much chili and he's gonna shit his pants is what he looks like. I just worry about, you know, all of this of I gotta teach you to have fun. And I just worry we're gonna take a whole issue to kind of just do it. It's about time right. somebody teaches him to have and, fun. And Jim. with that you have the, the rules, which they're not as confusing, but they are I don't know why they seem more confusing of what you should have from a tour you have like three this. Lives. You got three lives. The first one though, doesn't matter because that's just to die to set up the tournament to begin. So everybody has to die. Then you get two more lives, but you can bail out before the third because if you don't, if you go the third all the way, you end You're up dying. dying for real. So it yeah. just ends up being a little more convoluted than I would like. But I'm still, you know, positive about this and, and want to see what happens. But that's it for that section of books. And from here, we're going to go off to our man Clay, who has his digital spotlight, and then we'll return with the last section with Harley Quinn and Teen Titans Academy.
2: Hello, and welcome to the DC Digital Spotlight here at the Weird Science DC Podcast. Of course, I am your host, Clay. And this week, we got four books to talk about. Four, only because me and Jim talked about it, and we think that with DC basically giving me the giant middle finger throughout all of the uh dc digital first content being taken away we're gonna take it back we're gonna go ahead and take it back i do know that mr miracle was on the patreon spotlight if you want to hear eric and jim's thoughts on that you can go check that out but i am going to give my own opinion here i have not listened to theirs yet i want it to be fresh when i talk about it and from here on out uh the other issues i don't know how long this is going to be let me take a quick gander if they even show it uh no it may be a maxi series it may be a mini series i'm t- not entirely sure but we will be talking about it here from here on out on the digital spotlights but mr miracle is not the only thing we're going to be talking about of course we are going to be talking about the 4th issue of the batman and scooby-doo mysteries the 5th issue is not going to be until march so there will be a break on that Uh, Truth and Justice, number 13, and Legends of the Dark Knight, number 9. So let's go ahead and jump right into this. I will go, let's let's go ahead and do worst to best, I would have to say. I don't know. This is a really weird week. I will be completely honest with all of these digital firsts that we're going to be talking about. I am pretty low on all of them. Um, just because, well, you know what, let's just go ahead and probably, in my opinion, the worst one would have to be Legends of the Dark Knight number nine. This is, of course, written by Brandon Thomas. It's part one of the cons- uh consultant. Sorry, can't talk today. The art is Giannis Milo is that is his last is his first name in his last name that is weird and then uh colors Jordy Belair, letters uh deron bennett uh so this is technically chapter nine part one of course last issue was only a two-parter instead of a six-parter like the very first arc i think they just wanted to do that to get people uh to stay on to the series this did not help them whatsoever um, Mr. Thomas Brandon Thomas whatever your name is um I am not familiar with your writing I hope you can do better with the rest of these uh we start off with a Gotham blimp uh crashing down into Gotham uh, it's still in the air but you see uh these uh these kids along with Batman being tied up in this blimp but he is able to break free and he throws a batarang and it basically is able to cut all of their um their the ropes that has their ho- their hands tied behind their backs it's able to bounce off of each wall while uh, simultaneously cutting their ropes and he tells them okay follow me they run to the door and they're like how are we supposed to do this and batman's like oh just follow me and they're like how are you going to save us all? And he's like, "I'm Batman." And they all jump, and they're all like free falling, and all of a sudden they have kites, like these little handheld like glider things. There is no like y- y- you give you get no context on how they have these. They just all of a sudden have them. So very confusing right off the bat. Here, uh, you j- they land onto the ground and. The dialogue is horrendous, and especially with this next page, not necessarily this one right here where you see them all landing, but it's just like uh, they see some sort of like symbol or whatever within the flames of this blimp, and they're like, well, what is that? And Batman's like, oh, that is a letter in the Martian alphabet. I think it's 11. And they're like, oh, well, my birthday's today, and I turned 11. Oh, me too, me too. Oh, by the way, it's really weird for what just happened, but happy birthday, everyone. And then they leave. Batman is in the Batmobile, and he is driving away. He is talking to Alfred, but Alfred is not responding. But he's still answering as though Alfred is responding. He says, uh, he starts off and it's it's supposed to show that they're in the middle of a conversation, which totally is understandable. This happens in comics all the time. You jump into a conversation when you flip the page, but then there's an actual conversation with it here. There is no conversation with it whatsoever. Uh, he starts off very sure. Uh, I recognized it from the library of the Watchtower. Understood. Heading to the cave to look into something. Think there's something more. Yes. As soon as you can like there is no response from alfred that should be like giving those answers and then he's like uh penny one do you read but then again we get into more dialogue that just makes zero sense throughout this entire thing i don't know exactly what is go excuse me going on batman is looking at his computer all of a sudden he says that someone uh is not alone with Martian I'm guessing because that's when I saw Martian on the other page when I flipped it it's just there's so many things happening here that literally make no sense with the dialogue that is put in it is genuinely as if what was what was that one meme that basically came out recently where this guy was like oh I want to see if I can make a Batman story but have like a robot write it or whatever and it was like a computer-generated Batman story. That's what this feels like. And then they just they just drew the art to go with that Batman story. That's how bad this is. I enjoy the art, like I I really like the look of Martian Manhunter here. And prior, I really did enjoy the look for Batman, like in the beginning of the story. But overall, this is just crap. Like basically, he he is able to fight off whatever this alien was that is attached to Martian Manhunter when he is teleporting into the bat cave they fight it off they fend it off or whatever they shake hands they're like okay good everybody's okay hey by the way i saw this alphabet what is it he's like oh well uh i haven't seen that since the silver age the martian silver age or whatever and it had something to do with like magical spells and then Batman's like, oh, well, I assume that somebody's taken the Martian calendar and using it to uh, stage a series of murders. Like, what? We did not get that at all in this issue whatsoever. And it teases Calendar Man and it says next holiday of death. I don't know what the hell just happened. I, 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 if you're confused by the way I'm reviewing it, that's exactly how everything goes down. Like, legitimately. Now, I will say this, Oh well, I was going to say this actually looks like it should have been a part of when uh, DC Future State is going on. But I see that they're advertising the trades for DC Future State that are coming out this summer. I am so confused by how this is going to take place. It says here next, keep reading Legends of the Dark Knight number 10, the consultant finale. So this is, again, only a two parter. Batman and the Martian Manhunter have discovered that that Julian Day, aka the Calendar Man, is behind these crimes. All inspired by the Martian calendar, his intention to honor an ancient Martian death god and absorb its power. Batman and Martian Manhunter will need to pull together their resources to stop his final ritual from happening. That's interesting, I guess. Like, you instead of going like intergalactic, like just think of it like, oh well. You know, thinking of like the Aztec calendar, the Mayan calendar and things like that, how different it could be and maybe Calendar Man playing along with it. eh, Yeah, I can kind of see that. But going like this, I just need more context. It's so weird. There's there's no meat to this story. It's just very, very plain and poorly, poorly written. Uh, I could not go higher than a four on this. Unfortunately, it is. It is just God awful. Uh, But yeah, yeah. Next on my list of horrible books this week, unfortunately, would have to be Truth and Justice. Truth and Justice, number nine. This is a digital first. It is a story with Batwoman. Uh, It is part one, uh, Quiet Getaway. And this story is written by Grace Ellis. Artist is Maria Laura Sanapo. Colorist is Wendy Broom, and letterer is Becca Carey. So we see that Batwoman is driving off somewhere. She's having flashbacks of probably something that had happened uh, in a recent night of her being Batwoman. She's basically fighting this person that I have no clue who it is, but uh, she basically is not all there. She She's basically like getting tired and she's wanting to go out. She's wanting to, you know, have a few days out in a cabin or whatever. And so she's getting away from Gotham and she is calling, who is she calling? She's calling Maggie and just letting her know like, Hey, I'm about to lose cell phone service. Uh, If you want to talk while I am uh, heading that way, just let me know. Or if you want to meet me there, it's whatever. But she's not answering. So she's just leaving a voicemail. Uh, And you, again, see these flashbacks that she is just not doing great. You know, she is probably, you know, she just needs a day off. And so she goes into this place called uh, Shale Pass. uh, And on her way into this town, uh, she sees this, like, just blur, this black blur, this shadowy figure. And it runs past her uh, while she's in her car. She gets freaked out and she's like, huh, okay, whatever. And then she stops by this bar and she is hitting on this bartender. This bartender is uh, telling her about this legend because she wants to know like, hey, what was this, you know, this thing? Have you ever seen it? Uh, Dark shadowy red eyes, whatever. And this woman, this bartender is telling Kate, oh yeah, it's, just a local legend. Uh none of your business, really. Like, like just the dialogue between them was very weird. Uh and I'm guessing the bartender clearly knows something more than what she is saying. But basically it comes to basically say that this is a legend, uh and Batwoman's like, well, I am on my you know, I I am off the clock. I'm not really working. But, yeah, just for the tourist, you know, in me, go ahead and tell me the legend. And she doesn't really give her any information just for the fact that, like, it's, uh, what'd she say? She says, uh, don't, well, uh, when she, when she, this bartender basically hustles her into giving her more money in order to tell this legend. And so, uh, She basically just says, oh, it's this thing that is around here. Some TV crews try to come by every once in a while to get the story as well. But again, not really any information just for the fact that this thing is a legend and it's a dark shadowy figure. Then there's a giant crash outside. Everybody runs out and Kate's car is completely totaled. And so Kate is clearly like, "Okay, well, now I'm interested There's nothing here. And I understand that these digital issues are a bit smaller in length as far as the feel because they're only half pages. You can only do so much with a half page, whether it be a rectangle uh, panel or like maybe a rectangle panel with three panels inside of it. Like it's just they're very what's the word I'm look- limited they're very limited to what they need to do but I have read some of these truth and justice uh issues that are really really good I loved the superman stories and I heard a lot of people were enjoying the robin and red hood stories I need to go back to check those out uh I've I've been periodically like going in and out of these stories but I I don't know I honestly don't know what it is uh, with this week. It just was not great for these two issues. Um, for this one, the art was okay. Like, I I didn't have a problem with the art whatsoever. This time, it was just the dialogue. Uh, the writing wasn't horrible. It was just the lack of content within it. So here, I'm not going to be as harsh as I was with The Legends of the Dark Knight. I would give this about a 6, uh, 6.65, because there just wasn't anything there. Now. If I, you know, we read this as an entire arc, we could probably see there's a little bit more context. We have to remember that these arcs usually will probably be about three or four issues digitally, and then they print as one issue. So we'll see how it goes. We have to judge it as a full one-shot at that point. So we'll see how it goes within the next three weeks. But with that... Let's go ahead and jump into something that is a little bit better, not by much. And that would be Batman Scooby-Doo Mysteries, Chapter 4, Going Bats, Part 2, written by Sholy Fish, uh, artist by Randy Elliott, colorist by Silvana Brise, letterer Sadia Timofonte. So again, this whole story about how there's a ghost in the Batcave, they may have their secret identities, uh The Scooby gang is there to help this. Basically, this is an this is a legitimate episode of Scooby-Doo. And this I actually enjoyed because it did take me back to like the sim- like the simple moments of Scooby-Doo about how like there was even a moment. I can't remember if it was last uh episode or even in this issue. uh, Velma is like, oh, well, usually when there's a ghost, there's this or this and this. And there's a moment where the ghost comes back and they notice that Scooby's ears hurt right before the uh, ghost showed up. And then all the bats started to go crazy and they weren't necessarily going near Scooby, the gang and Batman. And the reason why is because Batman was having a uh, he had an ultrasonic uh, tablet or something. Uh, near him that basically prevented the bats from going close to them and attacking them. And that's when Velma's like, oh, well, that would totally make sense. The There has to be some sort of ultrasonic that the ghost is using that is hurting Scooby's ears. Batman's like, of course, that's brilliant. Uh, let's try to see what would be the, you know, what is it that it that has this ultrasonic? Fred thinks that it was... Uh, something in the mystery machine, you know, somebody sabotaging it to to mess with Batman. But then they're like, oh, well, nobody knew we were going into this, the Batcave because we even didn't know until right before. So they're like, oh, well, it must be the trophy. They see the trophy that they took from Joker. And apparently Joker was planning all of this out because they look inside and they do see an ultrasonic device in there. Uh, with the hologram projector to make the ghost. Uh, it's a little weird that Joker would think about like creating this like ruse of a ghost, but it is Scooby-Doo. So I'll go with it. And so we do get to see uh, some of the background of Joker and his goons trying to go after Batman. And so when they finally get to the place where the Batcave is, Batman or Robin are prepared. Joker doesn't like this, so he runs away. Uh, and they basically just attack them. Um, the Penny, the uh, Mr. Freeze gun, the uh, the replica T-Rex that's in the Batcave, they just end up, you know, they stop the bad guys. And here, uh, at the very end, is literally just like the first few pages of the last issue where they were actually capturing Joker. And they're like, oh, this seems like a little déjà vu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, the the issue is over. You know, again, they just have you know their their goodbyes plus uh, plus the uh, uh, what should we call it the the whole gig with the Scooby snacks. So this one was again. I, I really get to enjoy these because of just the usual the 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 fact that this is a. Targeted audience book with kids and having those voices in my head, I can always just sit down and genuinely not think too much about this book. Uh, Some of the stuff can be a little cheesy, some of the stuff can not make that much sense, but it is a Saturday morning cartoon show, you know. So, with this, I would have to give this a seven out of 10. Now, our final issue, like I said before, we are going to be reviewing Mr. Miracle. This one I actually did have a little bit of fun with. Uh this new uh miracle though, Mr. Miracle, his name. Uh, let me go try to find it real quick. Uh shoot, shoot. I don't remember his name. Uh uh th- 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 Thaddeus Brown was the last one. I know they reveal it here later because that's the big part of the plot. Uh, The big part of the plot is whether uh, Mr. Miracle should actually reveal himself, uh, like his identity or whatever. So here, let me actually look for it. Uh, His name is uh, Shiloh Norman. That's what it is. So we start off with this basically Red Bull... Uh, stunt. Uh, it just feels like a Red Bull commercial. Not necessarily Red Bull commercial, but you, you guys have seen like how they got the guy to fall out of Earth's orbit or whatever. Uh, it was sponsored by Red Bull. They do a whole bunch of stunts. That's what this basically feels like. Uh, Mr. Miracle is falling from literally Earth's orbit uh, going at a mock speed of 1.3 uh, crashing into Earth uh, with titanium chains. He has a mother box, which I think is actually just embedded into his suit. And, you know, the mother box has like a little bit of a personality, but not really. It's still very monotone uh, from what I read. And I do enjoy the parts of the mother box, uh, you know, because they, they genuinely, you can see that it, that there is a, Symbiotic relationship there, and I do enjoy that. But uh, Norman he basically escapes at the last second of this. Uh, I can't exactly tell you what it was, I think it was just a piece of a ship that he was attached to falling uh, into Earth orbit. Um, but it was a massive hit. The worst, you know, uh, what does he say? Uh, his agent says. Uh, The pay-per-view numbers are through the roof. We had a 25% increase in buys of the pay-per-view the moment he dropped out of the plane. He is na- his name was trending, number one, uh, for three hours on major social media platforms. The whole shebang, right? But his agent does talk to him afterward. And they're like, okay, so that stunt was good and your stunts are always good. But your stunts are always good for those moments. You were never somebody who is keeps getting into the news. And he's like, I think the next big thing is to show who you really are. And it does play a lot on him being an African-American, but it was very tone deaf of this agent whose name is, I believe, uh, is it Vox or, or what is it? Shoot. Um, his name is, oh man, what is it? Uh, uh, shoot i can't remember what his name is uh and they say it here also i am just horrible at remembering these things uh, um t- 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 let's see here his name is cuz i know he like yells at him uh vito sorry vito is his name his agent is uh he he's like oh well i am half italian and half jewish but i had to pretend to be fully italian or fully Jewish, depending on the uh, bad part of town that I was in. And he's like, oh, but you mean the black part of town. That's what you mean by bad part of town, right? He's like, don't mince my words, whatever. And he he flies off uh, in being angry or whatever. Um, I will say also, this art is immaculate. I love this artist. I don't know who it is. His name is uh, Fiko o- Osid. Osid? Um, O S S I D. Uh, but the writer is Brandon Easton, and the colorist is Rico Renzi, with uh, Rob Lay as letterer. I really dug this art. I absolutely love it. Now, I will say, one of the big things that pulled me into wanting to read this story to begin with was the fact that this new Mister Miracle had like almost a. Spawn-like look with his cape, and I was like, that looks awesome. I just want him to wear that all the time. He doesn't necessarily do it all the time in this issue, but the art still makes him look really, really cool. He looks very menacing in this in this area, or this part of the book, where he is capturing some sort of arsonist or um, uh, bomb expert or whatever. Uh, but when he captures him, he tells m- the mother box to basically say, Hey, uh, give me some extra shielding and do all this other stuff. And the mother box malfunctions and he- it isn't able to go the full capacity of which, uh, Norman was asking. So, uh, thankfully his suit is reinforced with all this other stuff. And so, uh, mother box reassures him like, Hey, at least you had this, but, He does talk to one of the firefighters uh, that helped him later on um, that night, and it's a woman. Her name is, uh, what is her name? Her name is Denise uh, Dorian, D-O-R-I-A-N, I I guess. Yeah. Um, But it's really funny because he immediately calls Vito and was like, hey, I need you to set up. Uh, an NDA protocol it's time to get uh, my personal life in order and he basically sets up a date with this person and Mr. Miracle in this reiteration of the character is seen a lot like a huge celebrity so he's wanting to have this firefighter sign an NDA saying that hey you're going to meet the real Mr. Miracle not in the suit And you can't tell anybody about it, basically. So when they go, well, right before they go on this date, uh, Mr. Miracle goes on this live television show. And they're about to show him, like, all of these, like, fan reactions and everything from the day of his stunt. And something malfunctions and somebody calls him a liar. uh, And all of these, like, just it, it looks like somebody who is threatening him is basically what comes up on the screen. Uh, they they cut the show and Vito and Norman talk about it. And there's a moment where Norman is like blaming Vito because Vito was wanting him to like show his real face. And that's basically what the, uh, the person that was threatening, uh, basically saying like, you're a fake, you need to show your face or whatever. And so, of course, uh, Shiloh goes into this whole thing about how you know his family his his grandmother was really a person that really hoped that life would get better as an african american and and she calls it what did she say she says uh they had such faith that good white folk would eventually do the right thing and he basically says i kind of have the same wishes and it is a little heavy-handed. I will say this. Uh, they don't mince words here. Uh, they they show the protests from last year, uh, the signs that I can't breathe, um, say her name, all of these different things, which does not bother me whatsoever. Uh, my thing is I want them to show more personal stuff and i know i know it's hard i know it's definitely harder um but everybody is jumping straight towards the george floyd and all of these other protests that were happening i want them to focus less on that and i i know i'll probably get in trouble for this and and jim if you want to cut this you can definitely do it uh, but the big part of this is wanting to push this for this character. And I totally get it. But the only thing that I don't get is he, he of course throws in the story of him, um, you know, passing any white woman um, if he's alone or with a group of people or well if she is alone or a group of people or in a crowded space, they always hold their purse. They always clench their purse. Um, Very stereotypical, unfortunately. But the one thing that I don't agree with th- with this character, with sh- uh, Shiloh Norman, he goes on this date and it is 100 percent about him. And you can say, oh, yeah, that's Hollywood. He's an actor. He's going to be a little bit more uh, on the selfish side and is, uh, more cocky and uh, self-indulging, I guess you could say. But he is wanting to get his life in order, but his life in order means getting to brag about who he is about life and everything. And even this woman is like, well, there's not really much to say here. Like you just want to talk about yourself. Uh, and you're, you're not really much without the costume basically. And he gets mad and he kind of like gets angry or whatever towards her. And she walks away. uh, Shiloh then goes to his apartment, is is he gets a phone call from Vito. Vito is saying, Hey, by the way, um, all of your big accounts have been frozen, something is going on. And he gets angry at Vito, but then at the last second, there is some sort of explosion uh near him. He's in a dark alley, like near his apartment. He actually goes to his apartment where it has been completely torn up. Uh there is a uh, like a whole bunch of spray paint with thief liar uh uh false hero uh replacement interloper and the mother box is saying that there is uh there is an energy reading outside of his apartment uh and it says protection uh, precautions are necessary uh and The person that breaks in here is, of course, a new entity into the comics, a new character. It says, uh, well, Shiloh says, who are you? And he says, the true inheritor of the Mr. Miracle Mantle, the only child of Scott and Barta Free. And his name is N apostrophe V I R. So never. And his last name is free. So never free is his name. It says and i am here to wipe your stain from the race of the un- of the face of the universe next the battle for the mantle <sighs> you know i like i said i i don't have a problem with the obvious uh tones that are in this book the message that it's sending i want a little bit more about this character now of course i did in fact miss the the backups for the future state stuff. So that's why I wasn't able to really get his character then, but I'm wanting to know like, yeah, his grandmother had faith in humanity at one point. Like what is his stance? Because it's not necessarily shown to us, you know? And as far as these, uh, th- this narrative of, of the Black Lives Matter, the, the showing of the protests and everything else, those are super important and that will always be important. But I want to see more from it other than the same recycled stuff, because we, I think if we're going to move in a positive way, you need to show more than what is just the biggest thing. Because there's smaller things that people aren't talking about, which is which need just as much push, or that need just as much of a voice, you know. So I will say that is another thing that I I kind of want to see, and I kind of want to hope uh, for that being expanded in this series. So I will I will see how that goes for sure. But overall, I like the art. The writing was okay. Uh, it wasn't a horrible issue i just I'm not a big fan of uh Shiloh Norman. He is kind of a dick to be completely honest. so we will see we will see how this goes right now I'm giving this a seven five It is not a horrible book, but it is not the greatest thing I have ever read either so Seven Five for me here, which is the uh I guess on a positive note, probably the best book. Uh, Of this digital spotlight. But with that, guys, thank you so much for taking your time to listen to the digital spotlight. If you have any questions, uh, of course, let me know uh, in the mail section of the Weird Science DC podcast. Of course, you can reach them at Weird Science uh, DC. Wait, wait, Weird Science at the Weird Science DC podcast. At gmail.com. I probably got that wrong. It'll actually be in the show notes. Jim will definitely be able to help you there. Um, I have been listening to the mail every single week. So thank you guys for uh, reaching out and, and telling me that I'm doing a great job. I feel validated. Thank you so much. But I'm not going to waste any more of Eric and Jim's time. So, of course, you can always find me at Fanboy Clay on Twitter. At, on my bio, you can find the link tree to all of my other shows. You already know them. So I will see you guys next week.
1: Well, he stares into the mirror moosing up his hair. Close kisses to himself and he really thinks that he is tear. Well, that's just every shape. Looking for a starscream or maybe a hot cap. Spends all his money buying all that crap. Well,
3: that's just Eric Shea. That is Eric Shea, and you're with me here. We have two more books as we talked about earlier, and it is Harley and Teen Titans Academy. Now, Eric, I want to ask you you are a big slash Converters fan. I dare you. Um, what is your favorite? What, what is your favorite Transformer? Because I have a quiz for you here in a minute. What, who's your favorite? Just tell me. I don't know who my favorite one is off okay. the top of my head. I'm a really big fan of Astro what are these Train. kids. <laughs> what is that? Here, I'm going to give you a quiz. Who is this Transformer? Which one is that?
0: You are right. It's Optimus Primal. the thing. I'm primal. sitting here, Mike. There's no way that he has any idea what's going on with anything it's he's Optimus going to ask primal, me about. It's Optimus Primal,
3: Eric. Oh, yes. Now, who is this? Who's that one? I don't know. Eric, you're an idiot. I just told you it was Optimus Primal. It's the same sound, Eric. It's just all up there. Here's that. That's Star, Star Scream and right. Waspinator are probably that my favorite Star style that I think about scream. it. We just did Starscream. Did you hear that? Now, which one is this? That is Cash Regitron. That's a new one that I made up. It turns from a cash register into a milk truck into a mailbox, Eric. It's a triple change, right? You got that? Which one is this? Which Transformer? That is a little girl who worries about the environment, Eric. That's what that is. It's not a Transformer. Come on now. This is why our, our whole world's going down in a dumpster. We're starting with Harley Quinn number three, Eric. Did you like that little quiz? Which one's this?
0: I'm just sitting here. I'm like, I really wish there was something that Jim liked that I could make fun of, but he doesn't like anything. I like you, Eric.
3: That's what. You you can't make fun of yourself, can you? I Constantly.
0: Which which one is
3: this? That is Eric Shea crying himself to bed at night. That's called cryotron, is what I like to call it, Eric. And you do it every night. You convert from a, a... a brash podcaster into a very selfless and sensitive man. That is the transformation. Of I last, would love. Last part of the name is Tron. I I don't know. I don't know the rules here. Cryotron. That's a pretty good one, right? Cash register Tron. Cash register Tron. And that's what I say. Speaking of which, Tron still is one of the worst movies ever. Oh, Eric. It's boring. It's boring. Wh- which one's this? which You're is this? boring. Which one is this Transformer? <laughs> You're right, Eric. That's called the chili slide. See, I'm mixing it in with the old game of farts. We're going to start with Harley Quinn, number three, Eric. It's written by Stephanie Phillips, with art by Riley Rossmo, Ivan Placencia, and, and World Design. What would this be, Eric? <laughs> That would be DC coming a to. Podcaster
0: stalling. That
3: is DC coming to their senses and transforming this art into something I can look at without crying, Eric. Back to the Cryotron. Harley Quinn sets up her Clowns Anonymous meeting. And from the start, it just felt like the wrong thing to do with what's going on with Hugo Strange and his SAFE program. Well, I was right, as everyone but Harley is rounded up and taken away, and now it's time for Harley to suit up. Oh no, Kevin. Suit up and go get a little strange for herself, and she Ew. probably will fight Hugo as well. Good <laughs> joke. <well. laughs> uh, yeah, I'm telling you, what what happens if I'm there and I'm a former clown? I, I know you're going to make a former. joke about that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and somebody says, "Hey, by the way, Harley Quinn Let's has all this get little one spot. meeting. Let's all get in one spot. With somebody who used to be, you know, the the doll, the mall of the Joker, and it's going to work out. This seems like a setup through and through. It
0: seems like one of those things that we always talk about—the idea where you like, you you win a prize if you come to the police station. That's exactly it.
3: Yeah, you and you get there, and they're like." Where's my $5,000? Oh, no, no. You owe $20,000. You have a warrant for your arrest. <laughs> in back child support. Your dad won a couple of those, right? Did he win some of them lotteries? But yeah, it's like one <laughs> yes. of those where- yes, he you won end a up. lot of those. Or I'm telling you right now, I see it and all, all the time. No expenses paid trip to county. <laughs> I yeah, really. <laughs> you get bed and breakfast. You end up where I have this idea where you do see in the penny power, that's what we call our little circular thing they throw out. Uh, occasionally, you will see like they have that you know once every certain deal where you can take any drugs that you have laying around your house and these are i guess prescription drugs that maybe your granny was taking she unfortunately passed or you stopped taking that you know and some reason somebody out my somebody out there is just going to have a bottle of Percocet that they're not dipping into now and again but you yeah, and i always think that's a setup you also have that hey no questions asked turn in your guns i'm like no 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 that's got to be a setup and this seems
0: worse like, that you would get together in well, one thankfully, place Thankfully, the majority of the clans that are still in high and i say like you know thankfully and stuff like that but these are all f- terrible people that i don't trust and should be rounded up in my mind just not under the you know the care of hugo strange and his lobotomy sessions but you have all these clans for the most part they're t- like i'm not going to that shit hardly gets like four people to show up for a freaking self-help group and the worst part about the idea is harley quinn former psychiatrist somebody who actually did group therapy sessions at arkham asylum and one-on-ones she has no idea how to lead this group it's like a whole new concept to her i'm like what are you talking about this is the one character that should be good at this i saw a lot of reviews saying basically oh my god this
3: is great we get to see the psychiatrist harley no no you don't and this is where i thought that stephanie stephanie phillips at one point was ending up Doing a good job but then remember at that one point me and you both like she's jumping back and forth between character like okay this is the wild and crazy you know hey we're the wild and crazy harley then there's the psychiatrist deal and whatnot and this, you get that again, like, you're trying to mix and match this crazy flighty, goofy Harley with the idea, oh my god, I gotta get the cards. and I, But that doesn't work well and it's the always, character. And the thing is, work. she is
0: trying to help people with the reforming and, like, the idea of being hunted, at because they are former clowns, like her, who was taken advantage of, of the Joker or Punchline, whatever you want to do. She has been there. She can be somebody who helps, but it really is just set up in like, a church basement, like it's an AA meeting where you get some coffee and some donuts, and she, she is completely flustered when she drops her notes. I'm like, she, it's actually she has never done this before yeah, ends this up getting is actually mad all you did notes. before.
3: And and that's the thing. What I wish was the idea that before this goes on, she says to Kevin, Hey Kev, you know, I did this a lot, you know, and but I'm I'm out of you know, I I I'm out, out of, of practice. practice. I haven't done this yeah. in a while. I think I should start out with a joke. Then you can have the fun. The joke's not going to hit. She's like, okay, well, let's get into this. But she is somebody. And then she turns that chair around and starts talking the kids down to their level. Start doing pop culture references. Start doing things. Saying Even if she says to Kevin, like, hey, Kevin, you know, some of the psychiatry stuff, that ended up making me kind of lose my mind and I ended up going the wrong way. But this is my way back, whatnot. But you just have this Harley that seems like it's her first day on that job, which seems weird. But I'm going to ask you, does it take you – to follow the Joker to be considered a clown Or like in real life All it takes is a bunch of really awful tattoos you're a clown <laughs> Because this guy at the beginning Who's pretty much being tortured by Hugo Strange here He's got as bad a tattoo I know that Kevins are worse
0: Kevin but is worse.
3: I don't even know that that's a beard and not tattooed my... on because it's purple and it might be dyed. But I'm saying, look at this guy's tattoo. Like, everybody with these weird
0: tattoos and stuff. At least this guy can go on a job interview and nobody's going to know he does, has the that Joker and some true. spades and clubs. Well, so tattooed on his chest Kevin and stomach and, and the Joker out, on right? his belly
3: button. I even like that they mention, you know, that the, the weird and awful tattoos with Kevin stuff like that. But with that... Kevin's trying to help getting you have this back and forth and this
0: varicose veins on that I, guy I on the know, operating table disgusting
3: he should be being operated on but not just because he's a clown uh, but also I think that that's I'm supposed worried to be, that he might have diabetes actually and what going I'm untreated. thinking is in a weird way but you have the Riley Ross mallard I think that that's supposed to be showing you that dye chemical that they're putting into him because that's green as well as it goes i just think it's he's unhealthy he needs to be well, looked at he by doesn't a real look like he's actually <laughs> in the best <laughs> of health he really doesn't I, I think that that tattoo artist might have been sharing needles but you end up where overall
0: just not much happens here
3: you end up where well, hardly, even you're the spending idea a lot of, the of drug. setup
0: and stuff even the idea of the drug that Hugo Strange is using and how he's not getting the effects that he wants out of this and we're going to have to reformulate the drug that's being coming in. And it's going to take a little while from the supplier and stuff like that. You have this basic idea of like, I don't know exactly what Hugo Strange is doing, but all he's doing, I know right now, is not working. So this is the only little bit of setup that we have going forward because – once the whole thing moves past, you know, all these clowns that he's working on and not getting the reaction of this drug that he wants, it's off to Harley in a group meeting where it just becomes the rest of the issue. A big old full out action scene but once you get past as well, you know, Harley not being able to psychiatrist this, these people. Psychiatry. Uh, yeah. Also,
3: with that, you ended up having mentioned in the mail and we have said it on the podcast where you end up getting the Catwoman book. All of a sudden, that, that keeps being elevated and elevated. It's like, oh, my God, this is real important. We've talked about this on a bunch of books and we brought up this book even hardly this takes a step back in my mind for some reason the things that are going on with hugo seem i don't know with one issue it seems well, to the separate it's just silly to begin that's with that's what I'm the, saying. Break, break like and not even break worse fully
0: and, release hugo strange out of arkham asylum to like to be in charge of your safe program to bring all these clowns and and reformat like reform them but i'm like why would you like we talked about it last issue this is the the greatest leap there is so it doesn't make any sense and i can't get past that concept yeah
3: and with that i would have liked the idea instead of harley having her little group sessions there i would have liked to have seen maybe that hugo is you know doing a little mind you know brainwash type deal with he has a support thing and harley's like that's not how you do it and she tries to save him right away but this is like Weird experiments that we don't quite understand. Hey, you got to get these drugs. I need a little bit of a variation. It's going to take time. Well, tell them that the incentive is to get it quickly. It's starting to get away. It's it's It started silly. You had a bad foundation of sand there, and now it's getting sillier with the idea that I'm like, I don't know that the magistrate stuff in Nakano and anybody would be into this. So I'm not even going to consider this. As important as it was. But at least give me a Harley. I like Harley. And I li- I love seeing when she does the psychiatry and, and reminds people of how smart she is. But in this, she's doing nothing. She's failing, just yelling to people. I have a PhD. I have a PhD. And the jokes I don't I a hit. goddamn PhD. I, I always say, my favorite, it's even with Deadpool and stuff, I like the... You know, the pop culture references. So that's what I was hoping. Like, you'd even get this is set up to almost have like a one flew over the cuckoo's nest reference, things like that. But you don't, you, you spend a lot of time with the joke of why didn't anybody show up? Oh, they're fashionably late, but you don't do it for that. But then people show up. And then we go into it just to see that there is a mole in this to end up. oh Lockwood yeah yeah and, and not even checking into this it's as you sting. go in and it's a sting and all of a sudden you have these orderlies come in everybody's knocking heads Spitting out blood. They well, get even when captured. you get this whole big
0: thing of fighting everybody, Harley getting knocked out, getting reawoken out of nowhere, chasing after the van that's taking everybody away, including Kevin, where she then gets knocked out into the sewers, goes down into the sewers, only to find out, like a lady clayface the detective, it seems like we may have more escapees from Arkham during a day, and they all just went to the sewers because she's confronted by Solomon Grundy. Yeah,
3: but even before that, you have to have her running away from the ghost of the past, Erica. It's that one spread. It's okay. Um but well, yeah, she with runs that, because the they have the narration,
0: the inner, inner narration of the, the idea of what a true smile is, and while this is our through thing going on, it doesn't work for out. You me know what I didn't, like out. A smile, I, I didn't have on my face? A Eric. I didn't
3: mean, have I ended up where it just went too long. This concept seemed like it seemed clever at one point, but when it gets on the paper, like, what is a smile? Some smiles are this, some smiles are that. You have dead people that end up being experimented, and they had a smile, but there's different smiles. I'm like, All right. I I just want to see what's going on here. Smiles might be complicated,
0: but a giant zombie-like monster snarling at you in the sewer? Well, that's pretty fucking straightforward. And I'm like, I don't even
3: like, but uh, I don't mind solomon grundy being there we'll see what that goes with and what
0: happens but again it would add a little extra flavor to this and give harley a bit of muscle to go against the safe program and hugo strange if she is able to calm this beast and i thought that at, at some point something
3: would happen to kevin that she's so she's gonna go try to save kevin and all that but in the end you don't even want him to save. He's but so it just this doesn't feel big I anymore did, and it's not fun to me and i hate the art i mean there's all uh, those the line oh, like- up The thing is,
0: I have been enjoying the Harley Quinn series to the point where I can get over Riley Rossman's art. I don't like it. I never will like it. But this issue, because nothing's really happening, and the Harley character just feels so forced to go in this direction of being not being able to do the one thing that she should be able to do. It's like all I could focus on was the art because nothing else was really happening here. And it was a gigantic action scene from one scene to another where you go from the group home or the group therapy to the outside, then a freaking big old chase scene. It is this gigantic action scene that I just don't like the way it looks, and that's the majority of the book. I agree.
3: And and with that, when you end up having even the you know the dupe, oh my god, Lockhart, it's you. You can't even tell from before. Like you see him, his face. He's got a it's hoodie a lock on.
0: Lockwood and, and a hoodie. Yeah,
3: and and so you're like, all right, I didn't even know because the art is is pretty bad. When you go down the line where everybody's talking, at one point there's a lady who she doesn't have. A tet, why is she more horrific than anybody else? It looks like she has two mouths. Also, everybody looks like they're related in a really bad way when you see these faces. Like, even the everybody does, I just what do you mean in a bad way? Like, they're all inbred, yeah. I'm telling you, like, in a bad way. Like, I could sit there and say that you and your sister you look alike, but in I, a bad in a way, bad way. <laughs> and just <laughs> I'm looking at this lady where you end up where everybody goes, and that's when Harley's like, Well, I have uh, jokes, screw these cards, and throws them down. And I would have liked, just a joke would have been that she throws the cards down. You just see, there's no writing on them. They're just playing cards anyway that she was trying to pretend she had. I don't know. I want some laughs here. And this lady, I don't know what's going on with her face. It's so weird. And then you just, I I just, nonsense. So, yeah, by the end of it, I'm giving an FU five. I, I just, there's nothing here that was enjoyable to me at all. Especially because, like you
0: said, nothing really goes except that Look, like the only thing that solomon grundy and the idea that you're getting a little bit information about what hugo strange is doing but yeah. it's just the basic well, concepts you say, don't yeah. even know you
3: get hugo he's doing experiments i'm afraid that that's all we are going to get because of yeah. the idea of he's doing bad experiments and then just nothingness to get kevin and these people and harley fields response hey, and then kevin. And then all of a sudden, Solomon Grundy—you don't really get much. I don't think that this is a book right now that's worth getting month to month. It's just not
0: anything. And that's the thing. That is, I as much as I've been enjoying it up to this point, which I'm saying, it's only the third issue at this point. But I, uh, I wouldn't be getting this book just because of how much I don't like the yeah, art. Yeah, the art is a thing that's going to be a sticking
3: point with us. And I've tried. And to I'm at like, a five out of ten you know, with
0: you on yeah. the whole thing. Actually, the thing is, I'm not a Fu five. I am just, I just a, I, like a
3: regular five. I'm right at an now. Fu just because of the art. I just want this art to change. And we do, I believe, have an annual or a story coming up that stephanie phillips is going to be doing that isn't riley rossimo art it's going to be another person filling oh, boy, in it's doing amazing. the art and I, I have a feeling that we at least we'll be able to enjoy it uh but yeah that's there's just not much to talk about in this book i feel like you know we, we should talk more but there's really nothing there's nothingness here it drives me nuts but what is the last book of the podcast
0: Teen Titans Academy number three, written by Tim Sheridan, with art by Rafa Sandoval, Jordi Tarragona, Max Rayner, Alejandro Sanchez, Alex Sinclair, and Rob Lee. The suicide squad, with the help of Red X, infiltrates Titans Tower to kidnap Bolt, but with the rest of the academy coming together and Red X changing his mind out of nowhere about helping the squad, it looks like Task Force X has bitten off more than they can chew. Ultimately, though, there was nothing to this issue beyond the cool concept of the school coming together and the bat Pack getting on the case of who Red X really is.
3: Yeah, and, and we're kind of going, again, with Harley. We're sitting there talking about it. And we didn't really like it. But, oh, my God, this cliffhanger, that looks cool.
0: You know what I mean. Last thing is the idea of the bad pack. Those were the most interesting characters. One of the Teen Titans characters, like the Academy characters, were put out there because these were Gotham kids, and that's all we really knew. They wore some like Batman, like you know, T-shirts. One looks like you know he might be a man bat, and even you know Brat Girl. She's got the little pointed hair thing, like. These were cool things that I wanted to know more about, but they just been sitting in the background. So when you have the like, I just thought they were a bunch of street kids that wanted to play superhero, but now that I found out that they're a detective club, I'm like, yes, I want to know yeah, more I about it. I love kid
3: detective clubs. I mean, right? <laughs> you know what this is? <laughs> the Hardy Boys go, well, Let's do this. That's Nancy Drew, Eric. She oh. transforms into a girl from a detective. You end up though with that is what I was gonna say about the Harley. And and I'll go back and some people will be driven nuts, but it's something that you used to say about the robert van diddy hawkman deal where you kind of meander a bit and then you get a, a cliffhanger that's real cool and and yeah. then you go to the next it happens a lot with like a dan, dan jurgens, jurgens that all the time batman yeah. beyond uh, you know batman beyond mark sailor moon mark will will appreciate that and that's the problem is is that you can't keep just having issues that the best part is that last cliffhanger page and then we get to the next issue and then again The best part is the next cliffhanger page. And this whole thing with red X has made this book almost that because while you're going through the book, you're just going to meander about because you don't want to reveal who it is just yet because you have all these issues and it's getting so long in the truth of this story of going on and getting little hints. And people seem to like this a little more than us, but I see on Twitter, but there's, Oh my God, you're doing so much with the characters And, and you're not. In fact, Next month, annuals month, they end up having instead of an annual, the Teen Titans Academy yearbook, where it seemingly is just going to be pages with character profiles and things like that, because there are way too many characters in this, and you need to tell people what they're all about. I would like it more in a story. You get well, Bolt that's the thing. There, is, which is I, cool. I,
0: we say that, and Bolt is cool because you do get a little bit of backstory. But even when you do that, though, like, and then I lost my legs, like. You skipped over the most interesting part of her backstory, and we just moved on. When she's on and reading the
3: Speed Force equation and stuff
0: like yeah. that, yeah, that's... Well, not even, even that whole thing where it ties into the idea where, for, out of nowhere, she just has Johnny Quick's or Jesse Quick's Speed Force equation, which she memorized, and was able to access the Speed Force when nobody else in her family could, when they just, like, all look into the Speed Force square. I'm like, tying that in is a great way to have her as a speedster. I love that, Or even in the beginning, when the actual old-school Titans are going off on a mission, and they're talking about the idea of, like, who Red X really is, and, like, I think it might be Billy bats and you and like because red x he doesn't have any powers i'm like sit down i was like you tell me that billy fucking captain uh, like you know uh, captain shazam doesn't have any powers the idea though that they talk about his powers are wonky and as soon as they say that they move on and i'm like this is the most interesting thing that's been going on right now. I need you to talk more about this. I'm angry that you're not. And like, even with this whole thing where every issue is a a red herring about who Red X is, there's nothing going on in this whole thing. You don't even have Billy Batson barely doing anything. We have no idea what's going on with the rest of the Shazam family, especially if his powers are wonky. And then we just move on. And like, even when you have to feature Bolt, who was a cool character who we saw in the suicide squad and future state, that is cool. We're going to get a little bit, but then they, Pass over the backstory that they're telling, like yeah, we get the speed force equation, cool. And then I lost my legs. But no, 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 no. Let's let's focus on that because I want to know more about how that happened. But we just gloss over everything that we want to deal with. We kind of gloss over, like I'll ah, we'll save that for later. And even when we get into this book, last issue we had the bookends of Red X chasing after Bolt, and then she runs into the Suicide Squad. I'm like, all right, we're gonna get into this whole thing. And then when you start this, the Suicide Squad aren't even at that part of the story yet. No, and with
3: this. You have a lot of characters. Like it's so weird. You have these characters behind the, the Titans. There, they're there they're on that ship. They're talking about this. Could it be Billy Batson? No, his powers aren't reliable now. Oh, we have all this going on. And I'm looking. I'm like, I'm more so much more interested in these kids. And and just think of what's being left on the table here instead of a full out duping and red herring of who Red X is. That's not getting me because I don't care. I don't care about red X. Some people do. That's fine. I think they'd like this more, but the idea where you end up and it's, it's like this, you have the school with heroes and things that is such a, you know, a, a fountain of stories and cool interactions and things like that. But you're putting it on this red X stuff where, I don't know why. I don't know why you're doing that right away. Maybe if this would have been down the line, I need to know these kids. I need to know the characters, especially with this being a mystery, then maybe we would be able to kind of play along. But the way he's playing it, he's not letting you play along at all because he keeps duping you, and I've given up even caring. I don't care. I want to know more. That's why I think the brat. you have the bat pack deal. I like that. I like the idea that we're going to be able to get some characters that we haven't seen yet and have some fun, but I don't care if they're looking into red X or they're looking into, you know, the, the Gotham worm zombies. I just want to see some characters and I want them to interact and you kind of get this here, but not enough. And like you said, even when you go back, which I like that you get a bolt origin, you tie it in Jesse, you get the whole equation, stuff like that. But Tim Sheridan doesn't seem to realize what the cool things would be for a comic book reader who wants to know these characters. He then just pushes that all aside. You get a mention that's going to set up his, his Shazam miniseries deal, but you just throw out where Billy's powers aren't working or whatever. And you even said, does he realize there's a Shazam family? Do you realize the rock of the Like all these things going on where he just seems to have a weird pacing. And I well, said,
0: what's that? Even though the thing is where I want to know more about this, and eventually we will because they're just leading, but I just don't like the way that it's being like, you know, slowly drawn out when these are the most important things. And when you actually take the time, to like, all right, we have the upper classmen of the Teen Titans, the younger heroes. We have the, like the the old school Teen Titans who are the headmaster of this whole thing. And you have this different aspects. but you know, oh no. It seems like out of nowhere, he was just told that Lobo and Crush are going to have their own book and together. So, so we have to get Crush out of here. So out of nowhere, this issue, without having any reason behind it, Crush is like, Fuck you guys. I'm not my father. What, what 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 happened, Crush? I don't know what happened. Like, we weren't even talking about he this. He
3: seems to not understand fully the idea that anybody who's going to be able to talk to Crush about things could be Roundhouse, who just says, family issues? Yeah, leave me alone. Like, it, Like no, no, no. The, especially when you are a team at one point, and then you go off and have a hundred different kids or whatever. It's like going to camp, and you, you have your next-door neighbor there. You tend to gravitate towards them and be – but she just fully, leave me alone, whatever. I think Roundhouse would be one of the Amico would be another, you know, the idea that they'd be able to talk to her. And she's so over the top to just get her out of the deal. And what I think is, especially with this dupe and the Red X stuff and the pacing and all that, you do have Tim Sheridan that is a, you know, cartoon guy. And stuff like that. He ends up being a director and a writer of cartoons and stuff. And this seems to be very big on, you know, the cartoon titans, Young Justice, all that stuff as well. I think somebody has to remind him that these books come out once a month, not once a week. And he's doing this and it's going to end up taking us a half a year before we even get to the idea of who re- that that's not. That should be the month of a cartoon. Y- you got to do something more than this. This is just at the end of every issue, you're like. I guess they're not Red X. Let's see who's the next one. And in this, like you said, even the timing is off. With the Suicide Squad and things like that, but they show up because
0: even when we do get in, we have Red X like you know help them infiltrate Titans Tower. and We have you know people come to the rescue once you know boat seems to be getting attacked. Like you know we have the kids come together, which is great with Gorilla Greg and Summer Zahid, and Stitch there doing the Titans together. It's a great little moment. It's my favorite part yep, of the book. It is the best. And part. And you have this great part going on, but it's like in the background, I don't understand why he's doing these certain things. Like at the end, it's uh like when Warp shows up, the, the Suicide Squad. I know it was before that red x out of nowhere, like yeah i guess i'm not with you guys anymore i'm all about the teen titans and i'm like why you should just go off and kill them then well that's the thing is you know peacemaker starts beating the shit out of them but even at the end it's like okay we have to come up with a way that suicide squad gets out of here because now they're over their heads and then you have warp show up and i love i say i love this but like it's very frustrating because it's pretty much the like the most cliche things like warp i thought you were dead nope okay because warp died well before like you know a freaking flashpoint and stuff like that and has not been around so here's this warp oh my god infinite frontier everything matters warps back for whatever reason are you dead nope all right let's get out of here and
3: i forgive me because i don't remember the big girl's name on the suicide Calabra? yeah collabra i was gonna call her Calabra, which i guess would have worked out anyway but with that I don't think Tim Sheridan gets that character either because she is not. She doesn't somebody, do anything not, in this. But she yells a couple lines that, to me, end up like you don't even know what this character is. I think she has the one she's like, "Good enough for me." When he says no, yeah. but when they're fighting, she ends up saying something, and I wish I could find it. That seems like oh, it's uh, when you end up stopping Bolt, who falls out of the chair, and she says, "Not so fast, without your little blades, are you?" That's not her. We don't know much about Galabra, but that does not seem like no. her. Like, she would maybe make a, I don't even think she'd joke about this. And it just, what are you doing? It seems, the thing is, we don't
0: have it much, but it seems way too mean spirits for the I'm character saying, that we've seen intuitionally. And this weirdest
3: thing that we like, there's where you go why we're liking the Suicide Squad book, maybe more than some people, is because. I can see that and say that's not her in character after. But these Titans. Clever's a
0: gigantic hulking woman who, in my mind, is a, a victim of circumstances. there against her will. And she's making a joke about it because how terrible her life is right now in every the situation that she's been forced into. To shade at a crippled girl. <laughs> at a handicapped girl with no legs. I'm like, that, that's not the Clever I know. I, you know, I'm no rightist. But I'm telling
3: you, you get roundhouse. Going against, now we have some things because both of them are very similar in the jokey deal or whatnot. And they might even like kind of look at each other. They're going to fight. They say a couple of things, the shade funny stuff and go, you're okay, kid. And walk away. That would be bad. But this idea of making fun of a girl who doesn't have legs is not that character. And that threw me off right away. Now, the, one of the big things you end up having. Like Connor. I would have
0: done a Forrest Gump reference about Lieutenant Dan if I was clever.
3: Something like that. I mean, anything. But even then, I don't know if still. Like, even if you think that she's like, hey, look at Lieutenant Dan over here. Maybe that would have been funny. It still feels mean spirited though. I actually think that she would have picked her up and put her in that I don't know. But you have Connor, he ends up seeing, you know, a placard. He's there. You even have some of the time when they show up, you know, the, the teens are, like, oh man, what's going on? You know, what are you doing? And that's fine. You don't get enough of it. But what I don't like is that Amanda Waller then says, you know, you guys got to do this, start killing, thrilling and killing. We can't do that. These are kids. Hey, Talon,
0: you're crazy. They'll it seems weird people. too about Talon for what we've had so far in the Suicide Squad book where we needed Talon. We need to get him, like, you know, in, under Amanda Waller's control, but he still doesn't know who he is, what he can do. Just planting a brain bomb in him doesn't feel like the idea that he would even, like, know about what he could do at this point to put him on a mission just to say, hey, Talon, go start killing these kids and then crush listeners or damn mine because that's this the guy is. The- wouldn't you? I mean, this is a thing where you, you have
3: heroes here in Team Titans Academy. Talon. Is mindlessly, seemingly going off the wall, and is going to kill everybody he can get a hold of. Crush ends up grabbing him and flips out, and they're like, "Crush, Crush, stop, stop! Fuck you!" Like that. That's not like they even act like. Oh my god, I'm gosh, not my god. dad. That's
0: what you're going to say, weren't you?
3: I would say that. Thank you for trying to save some kids, but whoa, you know, calm down a bit. Even then, I don't even think I'd say the come down a bit. I'd say just settle down. I know that I mean this is the suicide squad attacking kids and she ends up getting upset and attacking talent. They're like, oh my god, everybody's like, Oh, holy crap, what's she doing? She's gonna go too far to make her then leave so ridiculously i mean pretty much you should just say in this he ended up having you know the whole deal with hey i thought you were dead nope just go hey where's crush i don't know she might be in her solo book now it's the most <laughs> convoluted force way to get her out of this in the middle of a fight where kids are about to die and then you make her like i don't need your effing shit and goes off i quit all right well you know sayonara i i don't know and even then afterwards you get that Man, I wish that Crush was still here. Nobody's going to be able to replace her. I'm like, just wait till that mini series is
0: done. Agreed. She'll be back. I really do hope that she comes back and like, you know, be, has a family with the Teen Titans and stuff like that cuz she can't deal with the you one know that what she the has. the funny
3: thing is now that I'm thinking about it because uh, Mariko Tamaki and that starts next week, I believe. You end up yes. with the idea where she has to leave, right? She doesn't really have to. I mean, really, but no. but you also in the back end of it, you probably can't have the idea that Oh, my God, where's Emika? Why isn't she helping? Where's Roundhouse? Because she quit and said, everybody, you know, go up yourself. So that makes it so that nobody will go and help her either. But it's so forced. It's just as forced as, nope, I didn't die. And then through all of oh, this, warp. you get this back and forth with Red X, where them Red X is talking to Peacemaker. Uh, oh, man, you know, you, you still don't have to do what you have to be told. And you're doing this. We should go and get those brain bombs. We should go and get Amanda Waller, all of that. I want peace. Keep it. Shut up. I mean, just shut up with your nonsense. You're a kid. Get out of here. But in the end, it's like, ooh, they flip-flopped, and here's the Titans. And what is this going to end up being? Red X showing that the Titans can come together. I, I, I don't know.
0: I'm telling you, I don't even understand his motivation and whole thing. But the whole thing is bookend with the idea that Raven it might be becoming the unkindness way earlier than we ever thought because she is having premonitions of something big and bad coming, and she believes that it's the original Teen Titans' fault for whatever's going to happen to them in the in the long run.
3: And then Stitch is drinking coffee that's actually cocoa.
0: I actually like Stitch. So like, well, oh, I said, man, there's nothing I like not this to this like, set like set about Stitch. She's so, like a weird inanimate object more. from the life. You know
3: what I mean? And then you have characters that you still don't know if one of them might be Red X where you're talking, man, I think it's this. I think it's that. Oh, man. Well, girl. again,
0: everybody that we have talked about who could be Red X, anybody who has had any kind of the red herring put on them, when all of our kids come together and do the Titans together with Gorilla Greg in the forefront which he looks scary and awesome at the same time, you don't have any of the characters that you think might be Red X right there. Because and Red because X is on there, and because you have to
3: play it up with all there's that, there's no deal. Matt Price,
0: there's no Billy you know? Bass, so there's you can't no Brick, check it there's off. no Dane.
3: You know, you, you have that, so he wants to keep going with this. I just don't like know that why that one kid
0: might be Dane, but I don't know because the haircut seems we, different. We've to me. We said this
3: before, and you know,
0: the book just starts off
3: and whatnot. But we're saying it; I'll say it every time. What's going to happen if you found out Red X was said character? Is there <gasps> anything that you're going to? Yeah, are you oh going to gasp? Are we going to have a reaction video on YouTube? Oh my goodness, it can't be Gorilla Greg. You know, it can't be. <laughs> so, all of this, like, what's gonna end up with that? Are we then going to just because Mendo seems like, Oh you know, that's pretty cool, I'll get that. Is he just gonna go
0: off to the suicide Look, squad? I don't even understand how anybody knows about Red X Do or we how have they call a Red here? X mask at a freaking dude from a ferry. Which it was somehow the original mask because Nightwing said so.
3: I, I actually wanna see some class. I you know, especially with you. I <laughs> mean really class. Uh, I want to see some of the stuff between the characters not dealing with, oh, my God, Red X, Red X, Red X. Oh, no, Suicide Squad. Suicide. Like, I want to actually see them in the classroom doing some stuff, see who becomes friends. I want school-time shenanigans in this because that's the fun of the setup. That's why you set it up as an academy with all these young new heroes and stuff. But then you get there, forget all about that. We're just chasing down who is and isn't Red X. And, yeah, you even have the, brat, uh, the bat pack and X marks the
0: spot. Mega Bad Brat Girl and Chupacabra in their own detective club, and this Pretty is the greatest cool, thing right? in this book, besides for the, all the Titans together stuff, that we're not going to get. Uh, and we'll see. I'm looking forward to it because I think those
3: characters all look cool. I like them buttons there. Look at that; he looks like Savage Dragon, right? You got it all A going bit. on. Uh,
0: but that would be at least that'd be something. Knew, did anybody ever know that they needed an albino savage track? Yeah, now we do, Eric. And also, he has the high
3: tops on, like I used to wear as a kid. He looks like uh-huh. a short kid too, so I'll go with that, Eric. I wore the high tops. I didn't have any sort of laces in there, like Run DMC. I was cool, Eric, is what I thought. Oh, nobody else seems is that to, what you're do? Nobody with? remembers that how cool I was. Tanya's there always to expose <laughs> that to my kids. I'm like, yeah, I had a lot of friends, and Tanya's like, I look around, she's shaking, no. What are you talking about there mohawk and she had a mohawk air. Yeah. that that shade i i throw she scared me at one point i i, I don't know mohawk what do you mean
4: yesterday mo- <laughs> now she scares me a different.
3: <laughs> <way>. but mohawks <laughs> that's a little too much on the On the fringe, yeah, poor Mister T. I heard out I'm like, what? She listens to Susie and the Banshees. At that point, I thought it was like sock squeeze because you had an ex in there. I didn't understand it. in the Banshees, I'm like, (laughs) I don't know what's going on. And then I heard she listened to Concrete Blonde. I didn't talk to her for two years, Eric, because there she had amazing taste. (laughs) You couldn't handle it. No, no, no. uh but overall, I I see these characters.
0: You end up saying Gorilla Greg, awesome
3: looking, right when he's there. Right.
0: they come together. Even Summers a uh, Heat right there, and like you know, they like Stitch right there as the three main coming to the like the aid of everybody else. You have everybody in the background, but these are the three ones that I'm focusing on because right now I like them the best outside of the brat, pa- uh, the backpack. And I'm like, I want to call you them you the brat big, pack as well. I know, but I think it's – I never did until you just started saying I can't that. But
3: I, I still think I see Rob Lowe over there in the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna come. Out. Oh my god, nobody invited Charlie like, Sheen to this one though.
0: You have them right there, right in the forefront for what you're doing. At the end, you have the backpack together. I'm like, these are the characters that right now I care about out of the new group of kids. I want to see more. You know, obviously, I care about Billy Batson, and especially with what you said at the beginning of the book. And we're not getting that into that freaking miniseries, so I guess I have to hold That's off. the
3: setup. And it's weird. Like, you set up that by giving something little tidbit of interesting thing to go. Then like, we have to set the up idea, the crush like,
0: them, But – even the talk, though, of like, I think it might be Billy Batson because Red X doesn't have any powers, but, but Billy has powers. Yeah, but they're one – like, it's a really forced idea. Like, you're supposed to be a, a detective yourself raised by the world's greatest detective dick. What is this bullshit suspect list you have yeah, going I on know, here?
3: I know. Well, you have some kids in the background. There's Stitch, Eric. Yeah, you got uh, – but yeah, with, with this, there's cool characters. Some we don't know yet, but they look cool. They, we end up having stuff like – Red X. Yeah, Maybe. We end up having it be funny. They're like, couldn't you change the color or something? She's like, "Eh, I kind of like it. Um, With that, though, we we like round like roundhouse and some of these and even Kid Flash and Emiko. They're not doing a lot here, but we do like them. And I want to know more about the school and what goes on and how they teach them. But we're never going to that. Well, even the
0: old t- Titans say, "I think they're running shot, They don't even know much about the school."
3: Yeah, and that's weird, you know. And oh, did we bite off more than we control? Like, what have yes, you bitten? The answer off? is yes, Donna. All we see is too many characters and not much of schooling going on. I mean, is this where it's summertime? Like, you has no class? I have no Ooh. idea. I want to, I want to see the classes. I want to see the kids and I want to have the idea
0: where we have Superboy here. What did we get out of that Superboy being in Titans Academy, which he was not supposed to go there. Like nothing came of that situation, which is very disappointing. It is very disappointing. And yeah, through all of this, it just, that's the, that's
3: the biggest thing. Less of this book stinks. You know, I'm not going to say, Oh, this is the worst, whatever. It's more disappointing than anything because of the potential with these kids and what you could do. And yet you're so centered on this Red X stuff, that
0: the like, last I really time I checked, I can't
3: the, find anybody who cares. Uh,
0: really, I man. In, in the next issue, if Kid Flash doesn't talk about the idea that he went up against Superboy in the Suicide Squad to somebody, I'm going to be furious because like this is a gigantic thing. That people are upset that Superboy Connor Kent has been taken by Amanda Waller, and nobody's doing shit about it. Now you have it in the front the forefront because Kid Flash has seen it. I need to know well, what's going to happen from Kid this. also isn't Kid
3: Flash talking to Bolt? And finding out what the heck's going on with that and hey, how do you add this? You're not – like you just throw things in here. I don't here. think Kid
0: Flash knows about the speed force equation, I mean, honestly. But
3: I'm saying he must wonder how she's doing this and that like even the idea like what's going on? Like I never with was the told about of his you his powers, there was a
0: whole other school of speedsters. He's used to a shit ton yeah, of speedsters. I, I
3: don't think that he's used to just one showing up and he has no idea that nobody's ever talked about before. I just would like to maybe add them – kind of talking a little and say, hey, what's going on? You got to come to some of our meetings. I mean, you look pretty cool with them blades. Uh, but with all this, again, if if you, I, I just, that's the thing. Just say you found out, just out of the craziness, it's Emiko, is Red X.
0: Well, actually, I say that because I don't remember seeing her, but paging through, she was right well, here I'm at just the fight to suicide squad. So, yeah.
3: Just say it is, it's Roundhouse. again. You know, okay. he's a little big to be that, but, you know, we'll you kind of just go abilities. with Emiko. Okay, it's Emiko. What happens then? Like, what happens when they find out who Red X is? Are they just upset with Red X because you kind of went behind our back and were doing some nonsense and upset us? Are they saying, well, you let the suicide squad in? Yeah, but I helped out, whatever. It's so, like, generic of what Red X is even done or doing that I don't know well, what for- the reaction would be
0: before they find out where red x is i believe i think that causes that giant explosion that kills a bunch of people but like also they unleashed the four horsemen and from what we saw i think it was in 2027 it looks like red x was locked up ever since well, when they again, found out who he they was They
3: end up with that idea then that you know well and red x locked themselves up said they took that because they wanted to prove that we I, it's just like you're starting this now to get to that later i can only assume that that later might not even be this red x that it changes around or whatnot because i don't get after this what you say at the end like does red x stay in this book because you yeah, have tim sharon who seems to be enthralled with this red x to just have an arc and then go push maybe suicide squad whatnot but i i don't get like the concept of How I'm going to be wowed by who it is and then what you go from there because if you just end up wasting all this time at the beginning when you're trying to get people involved in your book instead of going through the whole thing and having classes and stuff you're dealing with this just to say okay you're arrested and off they go I just don't get it I don't get the concept of going full out and just a weird deal where you end up having even a crossover with the Suicide Squad in the beginning of your run as well. Seemed like you just didn't have enough. Seems to like do it should anything. have been
0: way cooler. Well,
3: It should be, but also it's the idea where you have red X and well, what are you going to do with red X at the Titan Titans Academy? Well, I don't really know. I need the Suicide Squad so we can do a little more. It just seems weird. And then that whole deal. Well, you shouldn't listen to the Amanda Waller and you should do It's just nonsense. So with that, I'm actually giving this a 5.5. 5. Uh, I like the art for the most part, and oh, some the of the parts I like. I like, but and this is what this book's about. Like we keep saying, I like Bolt's story, or but you don't get enough the the cool things you leave about really enjoy more. You hear about Billy Batson. I'm gonna okay. We're gonna to have to wait till we get to the mini series. You end up having in the weird deal where Crush leaves and kind of goes against her character. All these Very things forced. are mischaracterizations of characters we already know and then we're not getting enough of the new characters to really go except like that's why the, the stupid thing with stitch oh this is good coffee that's also cocoa like i said good coffee like i'm stitch like okay mouth. i'm like okay i'm like can't even taste and any of the, that's character work that's making me like the character that's why right now Gorilla Greg because of what we saw and my favorite character because and then also the Bat Pack at the end because they look cool I mean there there's nothing going on in this book right now and I hope that changes I hope it does because these are some really cool characters that you can introduce and start going with as well as having Teen Titans, Titans, all these all rolled up in the one, but we're not getting anything. But what would you give it?
0: And it's because of those things that you just said, that things that you like, and the idea that I really enjoy the art and stuff like that, that I did give it to a 6 out of 10. But ultimately though, I, I'm very disappointed with the Suicide Squad outcome, because we did nothing with that, and the whole turn of events was, hey, I guess I'm with the Teen Titans and not you guys, even though I just let you in to go kidnap Bolt for no real reason. I'm like, y- you did nothing with the character, and I don't understand where you're going forward with this. Were
3: we supposed to get a light bulb moment there where we're like, oh, now I get it? Because there was none. And then you end up, wait a minute, you're dead. Nope. All right. Now, like I I said. I'd say Warp's inconsequential, honestly. It's just, hey, Warp's not dead anymore. Again, to
0: do that because you have no other way to figure this out is ridiculous. I don't even know if anybody remembers Warp anymore. It just could be a new character as far as anybody's concerned. really,
3: really. Uh, With that, though, I guess when I'm in a good mood, it could be a six. But when I'm in a bad mood, 5.5, Eric. What I'm saying is it's always a (laughs) 5.5. All right. What is your book of the week, Eric? I know what it is. I liked it. My so. book of the week
0: is Star Girl Spring Break Special number one. So
3: crazy. I just want to reiterate, and I, I was going to say at the beginning, and I, I'm glad that this is both of our books of the week here, is the Star Girl Spring Break Special. It, whether or not you go over and listen to us talk about it on the Patreon spotlight, we'd love that, Eric. That, that would be great. Yeah, be great. But even if you don't go and buy the book, It is really good. And the idea of it being a goofy spring break special might lead you to believe it's not as important as it is. It's really good, it and I think it's important, and you should go. That's I'm saying. Eric says it's the most important, important and it's book very good. ever. He'll say that every <laughs> book. I'm going with him here. I agree. It is the most important book this week. It is, and it's really, really good. It has great art and a really cool story that ties in a lot of Infinite Frontier concepts. Well, that's the thing. That. Too,
0: outside of Infinite Frontier itself with the books you know, coming out and stuff well, that, will be. So far, it's one of the most important books to Infinite Frontier and what that means going forward in the DC universe. And I just
3: wanted to let everybody know because it was on the spotlight. But if you want to hear my man, Eric Shea, wow the socks off you, Eric. I don't wear socks. You couldn't do that. You wow something else off of me, Eric. I just want the frown on my face is what I mean. Yeah. Go over to patreon.com slash weird science. That's where we talked about that and the new Mr. Miracle as well. But. What is coming up next week? Well, two of these books again will be on the Patreon spotlight again. Patreon.com/slash Weird Science. You got Batman number one hundred and nine. I don't know Eric, but I heard that there might be seven hundred new characters introduced. Oh it might be right, yeah,
0: but we're looking forward to it. Batman's a big book, so we'll see. I want to know why Mister Freeze is selling drugs. I want to know that it's. Oh probably- wait, no, that's not that. that that's Urban Legends, yes. isn't it? Yeah, I believe that that is that. Well, that's the uh, worst part because I just looked at the Batman cover and I swore in the background where it looks, Batman's punching outside and state that in the background looks it was a really small thing I was looking at that it was Mister Freeze. It does mess you up though with all of these crazy Gotham books. With all these it? crazy bat all books. All these crazy the bat books. I heard
3: people say that they don't understand why we have all the bat books, Eric. That is why. That is why. But, yeah, you get more of the Peacemaker stuff. We ended That's up, the thing. As I'm looking at now, it's Peacekeeper 1. Peacekeeper now. Was saying there. Peacemaker like everybody was getting those confused. But, yeah, you see that. We have Batman Catwoman number four. Uh, that's cool. I mean, we're liking that book of Tom King deal <laughs> it more is cool. than a lot. It's weird, though, for me. I don't know. If you said what. It's issue five. Uh, this says uh, in the deal, it does say four, so they messed up. I was going to say, it seems like we've gone beyond four for some reason, but that's why. They end up having this marked off uh wrong. Eric, we'll go to the next one, which is crime syndicate number four. Uh, I hope that that's right, but you end up having that more. Uh, we need a little more from that book. We need something. And a it's a powering bit issue, more. so I look forward yeah, to it. So, and we also want to know, you know, what's going on with all that. We talked about that the last issue. We have Crush and Lobo number one. The number one Mariko Tamaki, a book with Crush and Lobo. I read that canceled. Deal where they have that on the infinite app if it's available in what country you live in uh they already have like a crush one-shot story by mariko tamaki i did not like the way she had her characterization of crush so i think or hope that she gets that a little bit better we have greenlander number three your man eric shea liked that last issue a lot and, and i hope that i love this one as well on as we get john stewart going off to them Dark sectors, Eric, and then the Battery done and all that Justice League number 62 Eric, that's coming up really quick, right? We have that story with Naomi and then the backup with the JLD That we really enjoy, so we go Next to Bat, or Man Bat Number 5, I was going to say Batman again Man Bat number 5 I believe that is the end. I believe that oh, no, this it is, is over a five. a weird freaking five issue. Dude. Yeah, yeah. I cannot keep these things straight, but I do believe that that's the <laughs> end. So we'll see. I'm telling you, I think that everything's like a 17 issue deal. What is Swamp Thing? We, ten issues? Uh, Swamp Thing is ten. We have Suicide yeah. Squad number four, so that's a book that we're liking, and then we also have a Swamp Thing number four, which you said was ten issues, and that's that. But if you want to listen to all of those, including the two. That will be on the Patreon spotlight. Go to patreon.com slash weird science. But that's it, Eric. That is it for the podcast. I'm glad that you enjoyed yourself tonight. Right? You I did? did. What do we say at the end never of never. the podcast, Eric? Everybody have a great week. week. Keep it weird. weird. And we'll see you in seven. We'll see you in seven. All right.
4: the killing see
0: you on the sevens it's just that easy wrong turn home wrong turn home wrong turn home wrong turn rocking the house you see i'm the cat and you the fish when i show up in your town the street will run red my pad you will be a ball throw your hands in the air wave like there's no problem if you like horror movies and wrong turn everybody say right on wrong turn home right on
1: wrong turn home
0: right on
1: wrong turn home
0: right
2: on wrong turn home I got 99 problems, nothing is one.
1: Damn, that shit was dope.